You know what really pisses me off? You know, I'm a single guy. I don't have a lot of time to, you know, cook food when I get off work sometimes. So, like, I'll get off late sometimes. And, like, the last thing I want to do is, like, prep a meal. It takes time, you know. You got to get the ingredients together, and then you got to put it all together in something, and then you got to bake it, and you got to wait and eat. I just want to eat when I get home. So I'll buy, like, these cheap dinners, like, in a bag and just, like, throw them in a pot and cook them, or I'll get uh, these meals. Now, I got this thing. It's a banquet meal. I hadn't gotten one of these banquet meals in a long time. and They're cheap. They're, like, a dollar. So that's awesome. Real cheap. And, uh, you know, usually it's, like, chicken nuggets and, like, macaroni or some kind of, like, I don't know, cheap uh, fish sticks with, like, uh, a brownie or some bullshit or whatever the fuck they're, you know, feeding people these days out of these fucking boxes. So I get this meal, and first off, I don't know why I get it. I'm looking at it now. It's disgusting. It's called Cheesy Smothered Charbroiled Patty, and it looks like a uh, beef patty that somebody threw up on. This cheesy smothered sauce just looks like fucking vomit. And then it comes with these, like, processed, uh, these fake mashed potatoes. Disgusting. I don't know why I bought this thing. And the patty's made with pork and turkey which yeah a hybrid of meat so yeah that's that's uh, natural uh, disgusting anyway so i buy this thing because it's a dollar and it's quick and you know usually you just throw something in there for four minutes and you take it out and you're good to go but no not with banquet banquet they oh my god check this shit out they want you to cut a slit in film cover over potatoes so that's fine cool whatever here's a cut Bam, now microwave it two and a half minutes. You know what? If that was the whole fucking process, that's awesome. But it's not. No, they keep going with it. So step number two, now I've got to rotate the patty a half a turn. So now this this patty's already fucking piping hot. And now I gotta find some utensil to like rotate this thing half a turn. And half a turn in patty land, I don't know what the fuck that is. What's a half a turn when it comes to a patty? I don't I don't even understand that. Am I is this fucking geometry now, or am I just am I just come on seriously? This can't be as simple as as just fucking throwing it in the microwave and cooking it. No, you can't do that. Can't make it easy on me. Then they want me to spoon sauce over the patty and then stir the potatoes. So now I've got to figure out: Do I want to use the same spoon? to pour this sauce over the patty and then wash it off or should I use two utensils because maybe I don't want cheese sauce in my fucking potatoes, you know? Maybe I don't want that fucking vomit in my potatoes. Maybe I want my fucking virgin potatoes. I don't want them spoiled by that fucking vomit cheese sauce. But no, now I've got to figure out if I'm going to use two utensils or if I'm going to just wash off this. So it's just more, it's just more headache. Then they want me to replace the film. So they want me to put the film back over this thing. They probably don't want you to be able to see it anymore because it looks disgusting. You should probably eat this shit blindfolded. Seriously, it should come with a fucking blindfold. This shit should come with a fucking blindfold and like a package of Tums too for like after you fucking digest this shit. Because it's fucking disgusting. Anyway, then they want you to microwave it an additional one to two minutes. So now you got to wait even longer. To microwave after you, uh, you throw it in the fucking microwave, you gotta wait another additional one to two minutes. They get it's your choice. They're like one to two minutes, whatever, an extra sixty seconds or not, whatever. Fuck it. They don't, you know. It's like give me a definitive fucking time. I need to put this thing in here. This is what I get for a fucking dollar. You know what? That's what you get. That you get what you pay for. It's a fucking dollar, and they end up fucking you with these fucking instructions. So now, now, okay, step number three. Now I gotta let it stand for two minutes. And then they put this in all caps. Carefully remove as product will be hot. So now I've got to find a pot holder so I can take this fine cuisine out of the microwave, cause god forbid I touch it with my actual hands, because then I get vomit cheese sauce ripping the flesh off my fucking arms step number four check that product is cooked thoroughly they've got a picture of somebody holding a meat thermometer 
in their hands. So now for a dollar meal, I'm supposed to have a meat thermometer on hand to be able to stick into this patty that costs them like 50 fucking cents. I'm supposed to put a meat thermometer in this patty and they want you to check that it reaches 165 degrees as measured by a food thermometer in several spots. Hey, I want you to think about this. Think about this really quick. Okay, this thing costs a dollar. Check this out. Check this out. They're making a profit on this fucking thing. It costs a whole dollar. Okay, I mean, how much does this packaging cost? Like they got the cardboard packaging. It comes in the tray. It's got the film. How much does that cost? And then you got the price of these potatoes and the meat and then that fucking vomit cheese sauce. How much does this thing really cost that they're making a profit on? How much is that food? Oh my God, this is fucked up. And I'm putting this in my body. What the fuck am I doing? Oh my God. Oh my God. I feel sick. Episode 60. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Jake, you're a little loud. That's Whoa. My, that's my fault. Ah. Is that better? Yeah. How's it sound? Little talk again. How does it sound? Sounds perfect, Frank. You're here this. You're here this week. How do you sound? Uh, probably about okay. I think. Eh, turn you up a little bit. Try it again. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That sounded good. Real professional yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> I like how we're doing it on the fly. Yeah, I like Frank's testing there. Hey, Frank, could you uh, test your vocals? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a shitty rap video. Well, the quality is always crap, but testing, you know, we're just one, going two. for the volume. So an inaudible yeah. grunt probably do. Sibilus, Sibilus. All right. So yeah, last week we gave Frank a little bit of shit about showing up late, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's he do this week? Right? Shows up early. Shows up early. He shows up early, and see, so, yeah, I walk down the stairs, and he's ready, and he's he's got like this uh, fucking grin on his face. He shows up early, and he's giving he's flipping me off as I walk into the room, flipping me off. And, and the first thing out of my mouth, first thing out of my mouth is like, I showed up five minutes early. We were supposed to meet at two o'clock. I show up at one fifty-five. I come downstairs, and Frank's here, and he's throwing up the middle fingers. Like he's fucking Kid Rock or whatever the fuck. And so then I'm like, Frank, it's not about getting here fucking, you know, beating me to the punch. It's just about showing up on time. I don't think you get it. I don't think you get it, Frank. <laughs> well, like Jake said, uh, you guys kind of called the fact that I was going to be here early this week. You're so predictable, though. You're so predictable. Right, right. You know what I mean? You know, okay, see, you're so predictable. I, I mean, Jake even texted me. He's like, yeah, yeah. Frank's going to show up early. Yeah. He's going to no, show up early. Exactly. But that knowing that, then... You fucking knew 
for almost a week. Yeah. You had all that time to think of the perfect comeback to what you knew I was going to do. <laughs> yeah, I said no. No, 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 no. how much shit we the gave perfect Brian comeback. The perfect comeback right. would have been like the per- the, how I would have looked at it. Yeah. If you were calling me out on this shit and maybe I would have deserved it, it would have been like a bigger F you if I would have just been like, you know what? I'm going to show up even later than that. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to fight fire with fire, you motherfucker. <laughs> shit, you no. think I show up late now? I'm going to show up fucking late. Every fucking week. Yeah, fuck you. That would have been my fucking perfect comeback. Five minutes more every time. Exactly. But but the flip of it is, okay, if I did it in five increment, five minute increments, it kind of be progressive enough to where it wouldn't be bad. But like if I showed up, I mean, last week I was pretty fucking late. I mean, 15, 20 minutes. It doesn't, I don't give a shit anyway. We we talked about that. Like I really don't care. Yeah, I know. I know. But, um, you're a lock in the show, man. I mean, if I fucking piss you off, like, boop, Frank disappears. He's like a god. None, so. of, this, none of this matters anyway. It's Frank. Frank's last week anyway. It's Frank's last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Frank's not coming back it's next week. It's the Frank send-off episode. It is. <laughs> this is your last week, Frank. How did it feel? No, how did it feel to be uh, part of this? <laughs> I should do that at the very end. No, it's good, man. I like being here. No, we like having you here. Yeah, I'm, we're, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, but Frank's not coming back next week. So what are we doing? We're having, uh, hopefully, we're ha- hoping to have uh, Jared Gafford, one of our listeners on the show. Yeah, a little Ooh. bit of a podcast crossover, Crossover right? with the uh, Joe Schmo comic show. And I'm hoping that we can get uh, Jacob Harmon. He's another leftover Army listener uh, on here to talk about some Power Rangers shit. Yeah, go, go Power Rangers. Exactly. Go, go cool. Jacob Harmon. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, we give you a lot of shit, Frank, but I don't care. I mean, we guys, we got here at 2 o'clock. We're not recording until 3 o'clock. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter, whatever. Yeah. It, you, you saved me this week because I was a little hungry. You know, I went to, I went to Taco Bell, took, uh, partook of the, uh, Taco Bell breakfast. And, you know, before you give me shit for taking part of the Taco Bell breakfast, if you do, <laughs> you know, they got the AM crunch wrap and what they do is they take this burrito and then they like slather it in all the worst things you could ever fucking eat there. It's like they, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, it's like they've packed this thing in with just some, it's like, it's like, uh, something that's gonna, t- you know, it's time released to kill you oh. because it's like all the fried shit and like the worst shit they could ever put in this thing. What is it? It's like a, uh, uh like a filler or, like, like, well, they've got like the, okay, they got the eggs, they got the cheese, they got the steak, or you can get the sausage or the bacon, yeah. and then they've also got in there like uh, crispy hash brown, a hash brown yeah. too, and then they wrap it, and it's just like all the worst things. I don't go there for that because I think like if I have like a heavy breakfast like that with fried shit, it fucking makes me like for the rest of the day I just feel like shit. So I go there and I get they've got the you can get the grilled burrito. Uh, it like sausage or bacon, and you can get it what they call fresco style, which is the healthier one, where they take out the okay. cheese and they put in like the tomatoes and the onions and maybe I think it's cilantro or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I get. I, I can't. I, I you know I'm sure I would love it if like if I fucking ate like the regular you know Taco Bell fucking breakfast menu with uh, with the uh, hash browns and all that shit. I would probably just love it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for it later. I'm gonna feel like shit for the rest of the day. Yeah, I am super lactose intolerant. So I, I hardly ever go to Taco Bell because it's cheese everything. So that alternative okay. sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, it's the fresco menu, and if you get it grilled, it's a little bit cheaper. But, man, it's 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 actually really good, and you can get the picante sauce on it if you want to. Not too bad. Yeah, we just turned into a fucking Taco Bell podcast. <laughs> can I um, – you got something, Frank? I'm sorry. Well, I was, only thing I was going to say about it was um, I used to try to be good. Like if I was traveling somewhere, I didn't want to have the real heavy thing either. Yeah. So I'd stop by Subway right after they started doing breakfasty type things. Yeah, yeah. And they had like a egg white and some other stuff, veggies and stuff mm-hmm. on a wrap. And I was getting that for a while till I went to this one right off the interstate uh, and uh, – 
I went in there and I, I kind of knew how they're supposed to like heat up certain things. Um, I was preoccupied, but the gal was more interested in being on her phone than making my sandwich right. So when I got it, mm-hmm. the egg was cold and at that fucking creep me out i haven't been able to go back and do that breakfast you know when that kind of stuff happens to me in today's day and age i tweet that shit directly at the restaurant i take a picture of it and like if it's like taco bell or you get bad kfc or whatever tweet like take a picture of that nasty ass shit and tweet it right at the fucking corporation how do you portray cold though you know what i mean you want frank to put on like a jacket and like a you know what i mean like and when when uh (laughs) (laughs) do a vine (laughs) where it's snowing yeah oh my god the best vine i ever fucking saw and i'm gonna it's a, those vines are like the six yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I was watching Tosh.0, mm-hmm. and these guys went to Staples, right? Okay. And uh, they, they were like, oh, my God, this place is called Staples, and they sell Staples. I wonder if that works everywhere. <laughs> they showed this one guy running through the parking lot of a Dick's Sporting Goods. He's like, hurry, come on, let's go. Let's get inside. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> fucking hilarious. That's that is, awesome. That is hilarious. Speaking of like social media stuff, there's this thing going on called jugging that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I work at a grocery store, so this is actually a big nuisance for me. Right. People record themselves spiking gallons of milk and then put it on their like social media. Like spiking, try- like uh, like a football player yeah. after he does a oh touchdown. They preferably try to make it look like they're like tripping or something, or mm-hmm. they don't mean to do it. But most of the time, they just they just spike the shit on the ground and record it and then put it on their Facebook and stuff. What's your stance on this? Since you work at a grocery, are you like promoting this? Or no, you're I'm saying, not fucking promoting. knock it off. I, I wanted to bring up a, a really good mom in the area where where my store is where um. She caught her daughter with the video on her Facebook mm-hmm. and then hours later brought her back to the store, recorded her giving an apology to the manager that was on duty, mm-hmm. and then put that on her Facebook, yeah. which I thought was really great. Nice. That's yeah. pretty cool. Everyone at the store was laughing at it the next day because they sure. said she, she did it like really not serious at first. You know how kids do the... I'm sorry. Yeah. And they like made her do it again <laughs> until that's awesome. You know what I did is like, I think I was like seven or eight years old. You know what I, I stole from a grocery store when oh. I was like a little kid. Dun, dun, dun. But okay. Can you give me a break? Because what I stole, I stole, uh, I stole like three or four or five packages of, uh, garbage pail kids. Oh, there you go. That's the same kind of thievery <laughs> I was into at that age. It was yeah. the Marvel Unlimited series or whatever, the first one. Oh. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. So, dun, dun, dun. um, yeah, I did the whole stupid intro. <laughs> Usually I have a good intro. I didn't know what else to do, so I had just eaten that meal, and I just wanted to bitch about it. So I'm sorry about that whole thing. But I want to – hey, guys, to be fair, does that or does that oh. not – Oh, I knew exactly. I, I order those. I knew exactly what you were talking the about. The banquet meal. Yeah, the cheesy smothered charbroiled – does that or does that not look like fucking vomit? Yeah, it's got that those little or, chunks in it. Like somebody and who's taking I, antibiotics had diarrhea all over yeah, it. Exactly. Oh, no, yes. look at, look, no, was I bullshitting about the fucking instructions? Look at that stuff. Oh, my God. I'm, nope. I'm telling you, my science is to add the two times together, add an extra 30 seconds, and don't do any of the other shit. My science is after I've been thinking about how they like <laughs> break down the price of these things and they're yeah. still making a profit on this, yeah. I should not be shoveling this garbage in my mouth. Oh, no. Yeah, it's bad stuff. It's fucking disgusting. All right, moving on. Got a question for you guys. This is kind of personal. Bring it. Does anybody here have any reoccurring dreams? Like any reoccurring dreams? Do you have like dreams that like you have on and off? For like ever since you were a kid or whatever, just like dreams that you've had and and you have them frequently. Not really, no. no. Really? Yeah. I've got two. 
lay them on me. One of, one of my dreams is that I my teeth are falling out. Ooh. I have a really weird thing with like teeth and nails. Like anytime in a fucking movie, like where somebody's nails are getting ripped out or teeth are falling out or something like that. Like I like I do this thing with my teeth, mm-hmm. and it's just like ah. Uh, the movie it's with. Um, uh, Kevin Bacon, and it's about the girl. She's like a ghost now, and she's trying to reveal that stir of echoes. Okay, oh, she's trying to okay. reveal that you know how she died and everything like that. And they show like how she died, and they're pulling this girl into another room, and she's like clawing at the wood floor, Ooh. and her nails pop off. Oh my god, that shit gets me every time. But yeah, I have a reoccurring dream that my teeth are falling out, and yeah. it's absolutely horrible. It's, That's it's creepy. fucking yeah. horrific. Second reoccurring dream is the weirdest thing, and I had it last night. And this is the reason why I'm bringing this up. I have this reoccurring dream that I'm driving my car and I realize I'm not driving it in the driver's seat. I'm either in the passenger seat or the back of the car. And I'm like, I don't know how it's on cruise control, but it's like every time it's like now it's like a struggle to like find my way up to the to the driver's seat. Like how the fuck am I driving this? It's it's scary because like yeah. I had this dream, but like this time I totally realized I was in a dream. And I was just like, you ever have those moments just where let you let it happen? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I just in my dream, I actually close my eyes in the dream, and I'm like going towards like this forest. I'm gonna get hit these trees, but like then part of me is like, am I really in a dream? And I wait, I look, I, I open my eyes, and I see like the trees coming towards me, and I'm no, I'm in a dream. I'm in a dream, and I close my eyes, and then as like if I would have died, then I woke up. Yeah, fucked up. Isn't that the weirdest fucking reoccurring dream that you can it have? It is. Yeah, it's it like is. a Radiohead video, Karma Police. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know the song, yeah. The video is like that. He's sitting in the back seat the whole time, and there's really? no driver, but the car is going. Yeah, but I'm still <laughs> in control of the car for somehow. Either it's yeah. on cruise, and I'm, I'm controlling it you somehow. You have telekinetic powers. It's really uh-huh. weird. It's yeah. really weird, and it's a scary dream because you realize, like, oh, my God, why the fuck am I driving in this? control, but not in control. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, like every once in a while, like, you can, like, uh, look. They have, like, these books where you can, like, try to figure out what your dream is. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, is, like, is this saying, like, I have no control of my life? Like, my life is just fucking, like, out of control, and I have no so- control over it? Uh, I wonder how uh, common it is for. We're pe- gonna get to the fucking news and all that good pop, bad pop shit. So settle down, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we've changed formats. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how common it is for people to dream of like actually dying. I'm not talking like oh they see it like a movie in their head and they die. I mean yeah. like the feeling of dying. It's not a recurring dream, but I had this dream once somehow, some way. I was on a rooftop. I don't know what the deal was, but I mean, I was just like a normal guy, and uh, somebody had, as opposed to now. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm on a roof. I'm not trying to say like oh, it's a no. I'm just I'm dream. saying you're not normal, Frank. Oh no, fuck no. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, and uh, for some reason the guy starts shooting me. Uh huh. And I mean, the, it's weird because the dream was so intense I could like actually feel pain. I've never been shot, so I don't know what it feels like, but. Uh, it, this is kind of creepy, but when I'm talking about like dreaming of my own death, I, I had the feeling of this hurts. I just want to let go. Mm. So that, that was really creepy. I don't know if anybody ever has anything vivid like that. Mm. My, my bad dreams are always, I'm running from an unknown. Like I had, that's like my reoccurring bad dream. Okay. Like I'm just running. Yeah. And there's something that I'm running from, but, but you it's, don't it's know never, it is. it's never brought up. It's never seen. Mm. Right. But it's always a really intense run. Yeah, and it's real dreamlike where you see people that you know and are and involved with while you're running, but you're still mm-hmm. running at full speed. You know, yeah. you know, crazy dream logic. Yeah, uh, you ever have one of those dreams where like somehow you're in dangerous path, like on railroad tracks or something, and you're trying to run, but no matter how hard you try to run, you feel like you're moving super slow. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that happens in in, in my kind of dreams. Yeah. Too. 
Oh, yeah. That's fucked up. All kinds of time displacement and location displacement. Yeah. Just a nonstop run. Uh-huh. Yeah. Weird shit. Yeah. Dream, dreams are weird. So I guess you do have a reoccurring dream. Yeah. Well, sort of, it yeah. It's like the same theme. I had to think about it. Yeah. It's not specific, but like the same kind of theme. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of goofy nerd dreams, too. Like, I have a lot of fun dreams. Do you have fun dreams? Every I don't dream a lot, to be honest with you. Really? I don't dream a whole lot. Like, once I had a dream that I was Superman, and that yeah. was kind of cool. That's cool. I'm a big survivor nerd and always thinking about that, and I've had all kinds of dreams. I guess that's reoccurring, where, yeah. like, I'm involved in that and stuff hmm. like that. Um, I, I follow a lot of, like, science sites. Like, uh, I fucking love science on Twitter and Bill Nye. Um, and uh, I, I read a little article recently where that feeling that you have of suddenly falling – Kind of like uh, the kick from Inception, that feeling. Uh, what it is is that uh, your blood pressure dropped too fast as you were drifting off to sleep, and it's your brain trying to jolt you back to life. That's its way of doing that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being so um, in so anticipation for episode one that I had a dream about seeing episode one before uh-huh. oh, episode wow. one. And I remember it was so vivid that there were like parts in the movie that I'm like, hey, they didn't have that part. Oh, it was wow. just stupid shit. I did that about Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> Before yeah. it came out, I was playing it in my dream. Because in my dream, they had an actual part, like the poster, where Anakin's silhouette is Darth Vader. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? In yeah. my dream movie, they had like that part in the movie. And oh, wow. it was so vivid, I remember like thinking, wow, they didn't have that part in the movie. I, oh, thought, yeah. I thought they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird nerd stuff. Yeah. Um all right, yeah, dreams. You're gonna start getting emails about how fucked up I am. No, I want to get. I want to like. I don't know if anybody wants to tell us like whatever fucked up reoccurring dream you have. Whatever, I probably won't hear anything. But if you have any fucking reoccurring dreams and you want to share them, just share them. That'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, the fun dreams would be would be interesting to hear too. Do you guys have geeky dreams too? Sometimes. Yeah. Are exactly. you superheroes? Are you Batman? Yeah. No, I was Superman, and I was fighting Batman, mm. but Batman had got bitten by a werewolf. Oh, man. And so he was werewolf Batman. Oh, shit. I was still kicking the shit out of him because I'm <laughs> Superman, Superman, and he didn't have any kryptonite on him. Yeah. But I'm still kicking the shit out of him, but it was weird because he had, like, fucking, like, uh, fur and shit coming out of the cowl. Oh, that's kind of cool. It was bizarre. It was like some Elseworld story in my fucking head. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> um, I wanted to apologize to somebody in the Army. Uh, it was uh, last... Last week, we were talking about uh, Taryn McCollum's birthday and shit, mm-hmm. and I kept saying, you know, her boyfriend's name, and I kept saying fucking uh, Jeff Hawksby, mm. and I kept saying Jeff Hawksby. It's John Hawksby. John Hawksby. So, like, the whole time, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? Like, what if this would have turned out, like, okay, okay, it turned out okay. They had a good laugh about it, whatever. But what <laughs> if, like, this could have been, like, the worst situation possible? Like, honestly, like, what if fucking John's brother was named Jeff. Oh, fuck. And as they're listening, you know, like we talked about how like they listen to this as a couple oh, yeah. and like yeah. how amazing it is and how the relationship like, you know, uh, is strengthened <laughs> by listening to our podcast and it, you know, promotes like 70% of their conversations and shit. Like what, what, what if it turned into like some domestic violence situation oh. where John is like, what the fuck? You and my fucking brother? What the fuck is going on? You know, like the whole time we're like, happy birthday, Taryn. <laughs> and it's like this whole thing where the fucking cops get called out and shit we gotta be careful we don't know the power we have exactly so i wanted to apologize about that it's john hawksby he was a good sport about it and so was taryn they had a good laugh about it but i was thinking like on the flip side i gotta get these fucking names right otherwise this could have been like a uh, fucking brother on brother thing Oh my God, that's up. crazy. I can't believe I'm fucking hearing about this on Pop Culture Leftovers. Exactly. If it made uh, media news, that's okay. Floyd May- uh, Mayweather would get his back. 
Oh, no. Yeah. That dude's a piece of shit. What's going on with that? Floyd May- Mayweather? Yeah, don't give me the confused look. I just asked you what's oh, going on with that. Well, yeah, I mean, I figured you'd be more up on sports stuff than I would be. No, not not, not really the boxing side, Chief. Um, he, I knew there was something going on yeah. with it. I just didn't look into well, it. Well, what it is is he spoke out. He made himself a target. He spoke out about uh, what's been going on with Adrian Peterson. Oh, okay. So did Charles Barkley, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I saw an interview, um, I think it was on ESPN, where the um, – uh, interviewer was a female, yeah, and you could tell that he was like completely dismissive of her. But she was asking him direct questions because um, apparently, what was alleged because he was never found guilty of it um, was that he uh, beat the shit out of his wife, yeah, and then threatened to murder his kids because they saw it, and. uh the, it, it had already been through court and he pled out. And when she asked him about it, most professionals, if they have something to say about their personal lives, it's usually pretty scripted. They're kind of told what to say to help preserve their image. Right. Uh, you could tell nobody prepped him and if they did, he didn't give a fuck because his response was, well, there's no video and no physical evidence and I pled out. So didn't happen. And I mean, it works in court to say I plead the fifth, but anyone with common sense knows that, you know, in the eye of the public, I mean, you're saying you did it. So, and when he is, you know, going through this stuff and vote being vocal about supporting Adrian Peterson in what he's going through, but it's in the way that he did it. I mean, I'm not saying everybody who supports Adrian Peterson is a complete dick and asshole, but, uh, you know, just the things that he said and the way he said it, it's complete bullshit. Okay. Oh, no. We're a sports podcast exactly. now. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Who's Adrian Peterson? What? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, today uh, – this week was actually pretty cool. Uh, we had uh, – I posted an article that David Isaac uh, had written for us. Oh, the Batman article. That was yeah, a great article. it was uh, Why the Nolan Movies Aren't Good Batman Films. And it's on our webpage, uh, popcultureleftovers.com, if you want to check it out. But it inspired me. And, like, a lot of people talk about how, like, this podcast has inspired them to (laughs) just fucked up. You shouldn't laugh while you say that. (laughs) A lot of people – there's no – there's been a few people that have said, like, oh, I listen to your podcast and it's inspired me to do my own podcast. And it's like – I'm glad that it has. But, like, seriously, if this – God, I can't believe this and podcast inspired inspired anybody. (laughs) But that's a compliment, so I'll take it, whatever. The biggest compliment – yeah, it can is. inspire anyone to do anything. You know? I know, but yeah, I just like I should not be, or you should not, or any of us should not be anybody's inspiration. But hey, we'll take it. They could do worse, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, they could definitely do better. Yeah, but yeah they could, that's they could definitely right. do worse. <laughs> but you know, it, it, this article inspired me, and we were talking about this, Jake. Mm-hmm. And so I think we should talk about this right now. I agree. Um, you know, uh, a lot of like different uh, websites out there. Um, you know, you've got, you've got, and I'm not knocking these websites at all. I mean, they do what they do and they do a great job. And we go to these websites. You go to Collider, you go to, you know, Slash Film, all mm-hmm. these entertainment, Bleeding Cool. You go to all these entertainment websites. And what you're going to be reading is you're going to be reading opinions from, you know, people like, uh, 
uh, staff writers, staff writers, and that's all you're going to get. You're just going to get you're you're going to get the staff writers' opinions about like all these things. You're, you're you're not really hearing from like the the voice of the blue collar, you know, fan, the fanboy. It's uh, you know, you go to Clyder, you're going to hear from you know Steve Frosty Weintraub all the time. You go yeah, to exactly. you know Screen Rant, you're going to get Kofi Outlaw and Rob Keys and these guys, and they're great. They're great at what they do, and their articles are great. But they don't. I mean, they're not. They're in the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 I know they do have a passion for this stuff but you're not hearing from the regular people so david isaac his article it inspired me that i want to open this up i want to open up our podcast i want our podcast to be the podcast that you can submit an article to yeah that's that's awesome i know exactly what you're saying like you go to rolling stone and it's peter traver's opinion about every movie you know we want everyone's opinion about the movies you know yeah we want to be honest and have our listeners give the input about, you know, the content that's on the website. Exactly. And like, man, I was taking his article and posting it on different groups on Facebook and stuff like that. So a lot of people agreed with him and a lot of people were like, this is bullshit. And you know what? I, I didn't agree with everything in the article, mm-hmm. but I agreed with a lot of what he said. I agreed with a lot of what he said too. And you know what? And another thing is like, I felt like a, uh, I felt like a parent defending their child <laughs> when I was reading some of the people that were coming out and saying, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. I was fucking, I was going off on people and shit. Yes, people people can't take um, <clears throat> critiques like that sometimes yeah. if it's their like yeah. favorite thing. You yeah, know, it's hard to swallow. I mean, I fall into the same trap. You know, if if it's something that I'm really passionate about and I really love, it's it's hard to have someone you know yeah. smacking it down. Yeah. We've all got our unpopular opinions. Jake, of course, you've got Man of Steel, and Brian, you got Iron Man three, and me, I got Lucy. Yeah, you know, but the thing is, it's like. It's like uh, I want to open this up. I want to open this up for the listeners to be a part of this podcast. Like, because I always say, "Oh, I thank the army," and I thank the army, and I thank you, and I mean that every time I fucking say it, I mean it. But I want the army to be more involved. If you have an, if you have like an article or a voice, I don't care if it's controversial. I, you know, I'm not going to post anything. You know, I'm not going to post anything. You can't just send me the most asinine fucking article, <laughs> like you know Ben Affleck's a douchebag, and there, you know, and that's your whole article. I'm not going to throw that up on the website. But if your thoughts are well presented, uh, clearly and concisely, and and no matter if it, it's like why you hate the Nolan films or why you hate Iron Man three or why you hate Man of Steel. I'm going to throw it up there because I want this to be your podcast. I want everybody to be involved in this. And, uh, I mean, we are a community and we're not going to be like these big fucking, uh, websites that have this polished website. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. I, I, I want, I want us to be, that's what I want this podcast to separate itself from like the other fucking, uh, media sites out there. I want you to be as much as part. I want to hear your voice and I'm going to throw your articles up on our webpage. You send them, to, send them to me, Brian, uh, uh, Brian at com. I will read the article. I will throw it up there and then I'll throw it out to different groups on the fucking Facebook and everywhere else, different media boards and shit like that. We'll get some reactions. You wouldn't believe the reaction that we got from David Isaac's article. It was a great article and I just want to open this up. The floodgates are fucking open. This is your fucking podcast. Power to the fucking people. Yeah, I agree. And our listeners have been to our website or if you haven't, you should check it out. We do not have any banners any yeah. advertisements, any pop-up ads. Right. You know, if we put your stuff up, you know, it's just our content and your content. This is, is a fucking fabulous idea because, I mean, if you guys are going to bother to give me a voice, everybody needs one. 
Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> good, good point, Frank. So, yeah, <laughs> send your articles. If you have an article, if you if you are passionate about something, you know, if if we talk about something on the podcast that you disagree with, you know, I'm gonna fight tooth and nail for my fucking point of view. But if you disagree with me, if you disagree with Jake, if you disagree with Frank, and you want to fucking write an article about it, this is your fucking podcast. We are the People's Podcast. We're opening up our website for your fucking voice. People's Podcast. Our choices to be made. <laughs> you kind of sounded like Bob Dylan there. <laughs> there are choices to be made. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, send those articles in. Can't wait to read them. Yeah. I love David Isaac's article. It was a great read. Uh huh. And I mean, we've had Rob Sousa, we've had Dante, Jacob Harmon sent us some articles and things like that. But if you want to get controversial, I think, honestly, the best articles are the ones that <clears throat> David Isaac sent that get people talking. If, if somebody, if somebody comes out and says, oh, this article's bullshit, that's fucking great. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Who the fuck wants everybody to agree with them all the fucking time? No. Exactly. That's the best shit when it's all raw and real because that's when real change happens when those voices get out yeah exactly you, you know it's everything's just an opinion it's all an art form so no one's right or wrong about any of it and that's what makes it fun to debate about you yeah know? and i'm not saying that the other articles that people have sent me were not great they were and i love the sin city article that robert sent you know it was mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. and you know we I, I, we've had some uh you know i think we had the dante sent us the tmnt review and it was awesome it was good and you know that's the thing but but david isaacs his article just fucking inspired me because of the reaction and uh in all fairness i didn't send those other articles out there on like the other groups but i thought i'm gonna do this and just the reaction was just amazing whether it was good positive whatever or bad it was just fucking awesome we're opening it up the floodgates are open send in your articles this is your fucking podcast we're not going to be like collider and not fucking or uh fucking any of these other places they they, they do what they do and they do it well mm-hmm. but you are the fucking voice here so do it send them in that's yeah. fucking awesome i didn't talk to you guys about any of that at all no you're not a leftover um, i know well, what i'm getting at is, is that <laughs> it's fucking I, know, I know i know i know uh, what i'm getting at is is we don't have to talk to you about anything I'm, I'm kidding. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, no, um, it's uh, the Frank Sendoff episode. Yeah, it is. Him, it is. Uh, no, I, on the uh, leftover <laughs> army, the clan. Let's yell Wilson at the end of the episode. Wilson, <laughs> Frank, <laughs> as Frank floats away in the distance. I the, think I thought we were going to do the na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. You know what? We're gonna give him like the Norse. What is it? Like the uh, Viking send off? Oh, oh yeah! Wow, we're, we're gonna like shoot arrows, exactly, and- flaming arrows, and send them off into the fucking ocean. That's fucking. Crazy. No, finish your thought. Um, as the- long as it doesn't go on for five minutes. No, the- it's about sports. Exactly. No. Back to Adrian Peterson. <laughs> the leftover army. The Speaking cl- of Vikings, doesn't he play for the Vikings guys? <laughs> God, I, damn it! I don't know. I don't know if you know who he plays. The for. The clan. The leftover army that I got going for destiny i had it originally set up as not closed but i had to approve people mostly just because i wanted to make sure that people who were joining up were people that you know are listen to this stuff and are like-minded well it's gotten such a big response i couldn't keep up with all the uh requests nice and i got to thinking about it not everybody's gonna be vocal so a lot of people joined after your uh, mention of it last week huh yeah we're, uh, we're up to 17 which i mean it doesn't sound like a huge number but i mean the game's only been out for two weeks and the yeah. announcement's only been out there for a week it's great that is great but um yeah i i 
I set it up to where it's open to where anybody can join and they're automatically a member uh, because, you know, like not everybody's going to be vocal. There's still going to be people who are still shy about their opinions and they're just sitting in the back watching and it's not fair to exclude those guys. Maybe if they join in, that'll help to give them a voice. I want to read some controversial Man of Steel articles from the listeners. It's fine. I'm down with that. I'll post them up. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I want to see them. Um, also, you know, our website does look like shit. I mean, I do the best I can, but I don't have like, you know, and I, and, uh, you know, Sean Hamilton helped us with it there for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I want to thank him for that. But I mean, you know, I mean, if anybody out there is like good with website, website design, contact me and I'll give you access to the website and let you just kind of have like free, free reign and kind of like make it look better. Cause it, it, yeah. it needs some work and I'm not good with that. I, I already, I, I run the show. I do a lot of shit here. I do producing. I do editing. I'm going to look into it. I'm going to watch some YouTube videos and try to get better at it. But if somebody out there is really good with it and they want to help us out, Contact me again at that email address, brian at popcultureleftovers.com. Uh, I also did want to talk about real quick. Uh, it's been a while since we asked, and we don't usually beg, but I would like to see some more iTunes reviews. Mm, yeah, that would be nice. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, be honest with them. Tell us what you think. You know, you don't need to pander to us, you know, but it would be nice to get more reviews. More reviews would make us more visible on iTunes. Yeah, it helps us. Yeah, every bit helps, you know. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so do that. And then I wanted to finally, I wanted to thank, uh, Pete Neen. Oh, buddy yeah. Pete. He sent us that, uh, I didn't mention it on the podcast, but like we did that whole pussy drink. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> sent me like an eight pack of pussy. So I want to thank him for that. Oh, nice, nice. nice. It, it's an energy drink. Everybody chill out. We talked about it on a previous episode. So. Yep. Yes. It tasted like grapefruit. Yeah, yeah it I, did. And it had a little hint of coconut. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not with the grapefruit. So I, I gave the rest of mine to Jake. Yeah, it was, it was good. I had about three of them. All right. Uh, we're going to read some emails first, uh, and then I've got other emails, again, that are going to be peppered throughout the entire show. First email that I wanted to read, um, it's from uh, Basil Terabishi's younger brother, and his name is uh, – I'm going to try to pronounce it – Whale? Gotcha. Whale Te- uh, Terabishi, and if I said it wrong, I, I apologize. Uh, here's the email. He says, here's a little bio about me. Hello, my name is Wael Terabishi. I am a 19-year-old guy who graduated from high school June 2013. When I was four, I was diagnosed with a disease called uh, Pompey. It's a rare disease that makes every muscle in your body weak ever since I was four. Till now, I was suffering with kidney stones, gallstones, bladder infections, lung problems, including lung, lung infections, collapsed lungs, etc. It's been hell. Always on pain meds. Anyway, ever since I was four, I loved cooking. I watched Food Network and my idol chef, Gordon Ramsay. Anyway, my dream was to become a chef, but due to my medical problems, I am not able to. So I love writing about food and such. I used to always search up food, etc. So I made a page which I write food reviews about restaurants, fast food joints, bizarre foods, candy, including chips, gum, chocolate, ice cream, drinks, and more. I also have trivia questions that earn you real money. What's better than getting free money by just answering a few questions? I also do a monthly Q&A, which makes you know me more. So till now, all I do is watch food shows, search up food. I don't work at all. I don't make a single penny from this page. It just makes my day when someone gives me feedback, even if it's bad. 
That's what makes me better. So please, if you have a little bit of time, check out my page. And I checked out his page. I liked his page. I'm going to follow him. Uh, it is on Facebook. Just do a search for Wael, and I'm going to spell that W-A-E-L, Terabishis, T-A-R-A-B-I-S-H-I-S, Food Reviews. And uh, he says, it would make my day. Let me know what you think of it. Thank you so much for reading this. Hope you find my page interesting. Thank you once again, Wael Terabishi. And I put this out on Facebook. Got a few of our listeners that joined. I'm putting it out there for everybody to join. I know we, this is not a pop culture related thing at all. No. But what is it when you're fucking, when you're at a movie theater or if you're at home watching a movie, what are you usually doing? You're snacking on something. Yeah. And he just wants to basically give you different options on maybe things that you can be snacking on while you're eating, you know, while you're watching these movies or whatever you're doing. Everybody wants to eat better food. Just like we review movies so people don't get fucking to watch like shitty movies, uh, and give our opinions on these <laughs> things that we love. He doesn't want people to eat shitty food. If it would have been for Wayel, I wouldn't eat that fucking banquet meal. If he would have fucking done a review on that, he could have saved me a fucking dollar. Okay, so I'm not eating cheesy vomit sauce. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Wayel. I think it's great, and and, and uh, you know, you and Basil are great listeners. Yeah, my heart goes out to you, Wayel. That my deepest sympathies. Um, that's a lot to go through for such a young guy. You know, all those problems and everything. So glad to see that you you know you're keeping busy and doing something so productive like that. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, I've talked to him a little bit on uh, PlayStation Network. Oh yeah, so good kid. Nice. All right, well, so I hope that helped out. So I want the army to go ahead and like that page. You know, maybe contribute a little bit. That's pretty awesome. All right, last week I called out Cameron Wilson. I said, Cameron, I haven't heard in you. I haven't heard from you. I'm calling you out. Did he send, respond? Send me a fucking email so I know you're still listening. So Cameron, <laughs> bam, he responds. Brian, Jake, and Frank. I still listen, exclamation point. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit behind lately, and I'm about an hour through the Terry Crews episode. Looking oh. forward to hearing an argument in this episode. Don't think, because I don't write, that I don't listen, though, Cameron. So he's still out there. All right. He called us out. That's the shortest email I've ever gotten from Cameron, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was short. Just, just saying, hey, yeah. I'm still yeah. here. You know? Like, you know, and I reach out to Cameron. That's the thing. If I don't hear from Cameron, I send him an email. We get you know? worried about our listeners we that, do. that we don't hear about. Exactly. Exactly. What, like, what happened to him? What happened? Where'd yeah. they go? Who'd they leave us for? When, when, the fuck did, <laughs> when the fuck did we turn into, like, the clingy slash boyfriend yeah, slash girlfriend? We're, we're stage eight clingers with our listeners. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Where'd they go? I talked to uh, Jake Johnson a little bit earlier yeah. today on yeah. Facebook. Oh, nice. And he's still listening. He said to uh, tell you guys, hey. Right on. So, yep, he's still out there. Yeah, that's crazy that Jake, yeah, we went to high school with him. Did, uh -huh. You know, that's the thing with me. I never fucking promoted this on my, but when I had a personal Facebook page, I never promoted it. Mm -hmm. I figure, like, I don't want to be that fucking guy that tells my friends, hey, would you please listen to my thing? Like, with somebody is like, hey, will you please come to my, um, you know, my band's playing this gig, I feel obligated to fucking go, even if I'm not interested in the music or if yeah. like somebody's doing like a play or something like that, I feel obligated to go when, because they're my friend and I want to be there to support them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put my friends through that. I don't want to. <laughs> and so half the time it's like, you know, the people that listen to this podcast, they, they're working and they have a, like a job where they can listen to a podcast. So they do want to listen to like three, four, five, six hours of a fucking podcast. Exactly. My friends don't have time for this shit. Yeah. And so I've never asked any of my friends to listen to this shit, but the people that I do know that do listen to this thing that's just an added bonus it's awesome like my buddy dan seipel listens to this fucking thing and i don't ask him to he just listens to it because he likes the fucking show now yeah he, he live tweets and comments yeah, on facebook exactly. and stuff yeah he's one of our one of, a great listener 
all of our listeners are See, great. And then I don't want to get butt hurt if I'm like, hey, would you please listen to it? And then and then all of a sudden, like I sent them a message like two weeks later, hey, have you listened to it? And they're like, no, I haven't listened to it. Then I get all butt hurt. My feelings are hurt. Fuck all that shit. If people want to listen to this thing, they're going to listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. We want our audience, you know. We want what I'm our audience. I'm not. I'm not here. To, like I already know these people. They're already my friends. I don't. I, I want to meet new people, and that's what we're doing here. And that's why we're opening up our fucking page for mm-hmm. new people to start. You know, wanting to uh, you know open up, uh, uh, share their opinions with us. You know. Yeah. So, I, dude, I'm fucking ranting this whole fucking episode. I'm an idiot. Oh, you're fine. All right. The next email is from our listener Anthony. Remember our buddy Anthony who lives in Tokyo? Yeah. He followed up and check this out. He says, "Hey." You guys seem to be interested in taking a Tokyo trip. So if for whatever reason a trip materializes, let me know. I would love to hang out and get drunk. Could assist you in a Tokyo guide capacity as well. As I said before, no U.S. geek friends here to bullshit with right now. So for me, it would be very cool. Tokyo is great and doubtful it would disappoint. Ladies here are consistently attractive. Food is amazing, and there are some weird-ass things you can only see in Tokyo. I am married, but the wife is cool about me going out to party once in a while as long as I don't get arrested, cheat on her, (laughs) cheat cheat on her, or get robbed, which means I could throw down proper and at least aid in any debauchery you might want to partake in within reason. Anyway, keep up the good work. I will try and get my friends in New York City to listen when I visit next month. Add to your army. Take care, Anthony. So thank you, Anthony, for that email. Yeah, that's awesome. See, the thing is, I, you know what? There's, no, go ahead, Jake. Oh, I was going to say we can get up to some real debauchery in Tokyo. No shit. (laughs) See, the fucking thing is, okay, and I'm going to talk about two of us here real quick. The only person I think we could trust in fucking Tokyo is you, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. Uh Okay. Number one, you can't trust me in Tokyo. Okay. Okay. All right, I've talked about some of my dating experiences and shit like that on the podcast before, but not the, the listeners don't get the fucking full story. Yeah. You guys get the full story. Like usually before like the fucking recording and shit like that, you guys get the full story. I could not trust myself in Tokyo. Like you guys just hear about the failed dates and believe me, they all fucking fail. But you guys don't <laughs> you guys don't hear about the dates where I'm waking up in somebody else's house the next morning. You know what I mean? Right. These guys hear those fucking stories. So in Tokyo, oh my god, it's going to be a walk of fucking shame every damn day for me. Yeah. Frank, you in Tokyo, holy shit. If they right. sell UV vodka or any kind of vodka there, <laughs> holy fuck, it's going to be it's going to be the hangover part 4. Yeah, no with shit. your ass in Tokyo. Oh my god. And you aren't kidding either, and I was totally thinking that I would be Ed Helms. I'd be the one to get the fucking face tattoo. <laughs> I'm the I'm the chaperone straight edge guy apparently. Yeah, nice. Right? I, yeah. like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jake, you're the only one that I think we could trust in Tokyo. You'd be <laughs> trying to keep me in line. You'd be trying to keep Frank in line. Yeah. Trying, to, trying to keep Frank in line is like trying to break, no a, shit. Trying to break a wild stallion. <laughs> no kidding. Like, uh, if you want to get a real good idea about what me completely unchained is like, watch old school Frank the fucking tank. Yes, that is me. Oh, that's, man. that's hilarious. I don't know. I've done some crazy. I've I've kind of I've settled down since my twenties are over. But man, back in my twenties, I was kind of. Yeah. Kind of out there, kind of out there, getting drunk, standing up on fucking tables at steak and shake and screaming and <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. So yeah, that happened. Um, all right, next email. Yeah, but yeah, if I can ever make it to Tokyo, yeah. I, I, dude, we will fucking hang out, get fucked up. Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. So lots of reasons I'm, to go there. Yeah. I wonder how much all that would cost, like round. Uh, the, the, the most expensive thing is going to be the flight out there. Yeah. And what's like the longest trip you guys have taken in the air? Uh, I flew to Vegas. 
like what four hours? Yeah, Brian, what's the longest you've been? Oh man, I've flown to Vegas and I've flown to Mexico, so it's you know I don't know. Okay. Um, no, I, I flew to I flew to uh, Washington State, and that was a good six seven hours. I thought really okay, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it'd be something like that. Um, I, I've been on two trips where I've been on a plane. Well, no, three, but um, you know the first two were you know average couple hour flights yeah um when the wife and i went on our honeymoon we went to hawaii so uh we're in central illinois we flew from here to dallas and then from dallas clear to honolulu that's a 10 hour fucking flight i'm six feet tall and i'm not in the best shape and it was coach that was fucking uncomfortable as hell. I felt like I was sitting on metal by the time I got off the damn plane. Yeah. yeah I don't mind flights too bad. I mean, I've only been on the four-hour one. But- I can't sleep on a flight. I, I envy these people that can get on a flight and just pass out. Yeah. yeah. I can't do it. I'm up. I don't sleep either. I'm either reading something or listening to something exactly, the whole time. Exactly. I can't even – like if I'm laid over and I'm hanging out in like the Atlanta airport, like I'm up. I can't sleep. Yeah. I can't sleep. I don't want to wake up with like dicks on my face or something. <laughs> <laughs> Some kid with a Sharpie and then I end up on fucking Vine, six-second six video. You know, uh, next email comes from uh, Medeline, Medeline Preston. Oh, Madeline Preston. Okay. Uh, she says, Hey, leftovers. I'm Madeline. I've been listening. I've been a listener for a few months and thought it was time to come out of the woodwork and shoot you an email. I love the podcast and was surprised when I first started listening that it could keep me engaged and entertained for hours when podcasts can't even keep me interested for half an hour. Even though I'm totally not your target audience, probably not many teenage girls from Canada listening. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty excited when you get and when you said you were going to be talking about Once Upon a Time. Oh, nice. It's uh the only show that I've been watching since the start and until this year, the only show I really watched weekly. The effects were sort of crap during the second season and okay during the third, but I really hope they've stepped up their game since their the Frozen storyline will definitely be using lots of winter snow effects. What are your thoughts? And this is directed to you, Jake. What are your thoughts about them bringing Frozen into the show? I'm not too excited about it since it feels like they're just doing it since it's been so popular. But they'll probably drop the characters as soon as everyone's over it. What's been your favorite storyline? I was really into the Neverland episodes, and I think Robbie Kay did a great job as Pan. I wish they had done a spinoff series about that instead of the Wonderland one, because they there really wasn't much about Wonderland in the show, and they didn't have as much interest. I watched a few episodes here and there, but never really got into it. I was going to talk about Gotham, too, but I feel like this email has gotten way too long. Maybe I'll shoot you another email after a few more episodes and see where it's at then. Thanks for all the time you put into the podcast and all the last Madeline. All right, Jake, if you need a refresher on what those questions are, I can hook you up. I got them. I think the first one is what do I think about Frozen being incorporated? Yes. Um, I agree that it's a little bit of a publicity stunt to try to boost ratings on the show, and it feels a little bit forced. On one hand, you've got Disney's hottest franchise right now, and then on the other hand, you have their you know primetime show dealing in live-action fairy tales, so it kind of seems like a no-brainer. Um. Saying that though, I'm, I'm still excited about it. Once it does a good job of, um, adding all kinds of different twists to what they do with the characters. So I'm hoping that there's some kind of dark and different twist to what those characters are doing in Storybrooke. That's really fascinating. Um, 
I think the next question is, what was my favorite storyline in Once Upon a Time? What's been your favorite storyline? I agree with Madeline. Is that what her name was? Madeline Preston. Yes. I agree with her. It was definitely the Pan Neverland stuff. Um, they do a great twist on Pan, where Pan is basically the villain of the story. He's not a good guy at all. And, you know, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. There's a reveal in that storyline with the Rumpelstiltskin character. The show does not seem very cookie-cutter at all. Like, they're trying to find different ways to implement these stories so maybe you should have reason to be like excited about you know frozen being introduced exactly just because of the pan twist exactly and that's what i've been thinking exactly is that it's got to be something it's not just going to be here's elsa you know right out of the frozen movie right and you know so i am excited for it but the does this show – was it inspired by anything? I mean – It's very Fables-like if that's fables-like. what you're thinking. I'm thinking Fables because, yeah, not, they're going to do a Fables like movie or TV mm-hmm. show, but like they didn't want to buy the rights to Fables. I think this show was originally going to be Fables and uh, they, they, they took their own spin on it. It also sounds kind of like the like the whole uh, – the Wicked thing. Exactly. Like a, yeah, like yeah. A, and yeah. they do that storyline right after the uh, Pan storyline is a Wicked yeah. Witch of oh. the West storyline. Right. Cool. And it's really interesting because it's not just – Disney franchises and fairy tales like it's it also has like the universal monster franchises in, is in there really one character turns out to be like Dr. Victor Frankenstein oh wow and his flashbacks are in black and white like the old movies and another character interacts and is actually in color when he's in like the Dr. Frankenstein world because he's not like from that world and everything it's a I am um I'm three episodes away from being done with season three okay and the premiere is on tonight so my plan was next week to talk about my entire rewatch session a little bit and what yeah. I thought about the premiere. Awesome. Awesome. Um is it uh is this like a based more on like where these stories come from? Like the original fairy tales? Basically the premise is is one character cast a curse on all the fairy tale characters. Okay. And now they're trapped in the real world as real life characters and they don't remember their fairy tale past. Oh. So you got two things going on. You got what's going on currently Uh and flashbacks revealing what storybook characters each character is. So it's a little bit of a fun thing seeing people in the town. It's like fairy fairy tales meets memento or something. Exactly. Exactly. Is this guy the big bad wolf is this guy the sheriff of nottingham and they and they kind of reveal everything slowly throughout the first like couple seasons yeah and then once they do all that everything just kind of gets thrown into the blender maybe shows like sleepy hollow were inspired by this too yeah Yeah. i really like it a lot it's it's written by two of the main showrunners of lost um one of them's name is adam horowitz and you have to apologize me i forget the other guy's name okay but um i remember horowitz because it's the same name as ad rock the beastie boy (laughs) Ah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds real interesting. I hadn't picked up on it at all. Um, you can watch it all on Netflix. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just heard it was uh, just recently that the third season came available on. It, right? Yeah, third season just popped up on Netflix. Yeah, so I'll have to start checking it out. That isn't very cookie cutter at all because I was kind of wondering because I know a lot of these fairy tales have uh, dark roots in their original written form, like. The Frozen's based on I think it's a German book called The Snow Queen, and Elsa's not a heroine in that at all yeah they do a twist where red riding hood is also the wolf like they're one oh. and the same oh, wow and just lots of really different spoilers yeah fight club level yeah. shit yeah yeah wow oh, neat very cool yeah. so yeah it's a it's a fun show yeah is it better than grim i you know what i remember both shows came out at the same time mm-hmm. and on paper i'm like i'm excited for grim yeah once looks silly and then after three episodes, I was like, Grimm is terrible. 
Yeah. And Once is like my favorite show on TV right now. Yeah. I was really surprised by it. Hmm. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next email. D- I, did we answer all her questions, Madeline? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Let me go back here. Lots, you... lots of little lost Easter eggs in Once Upon a Time, too. The uh, clock stops at 8.15. Um, they have Apollo candy bars. You know, and lots of little fun little lost Easter eggs in there. Um, I've not gotten through the whole series. I'm like in the second or third season of Lost. Yeah. And uh, when uh, Brian posted on the Facebook page the other day, uh, Oceanic Flight, whatever it was, never yeah. forget. That wasn't me. Oh, that, that was, was, that was oh, me posting. Duh. Well, you didn't mark it as Jake, so I assumed it was Brian. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute. What, did I did I miss something? I'm like I don't remember that. And then and then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, oh fuck. Okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> yeah, that, that day was the 10 year anniversary of when the pilot premiered. Yeah. So fun stuff. Next email comes from James Chavez. Uh, greetings and salutations, guys. Every time I hear greetings and salutations, I yeah. think of uh, um, uh, Christian Slater and Heather's. Oh, gotcha. Greetings and salutations. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson Jr. Um, I just thought I would drop you a note as I've been listening to you for the last year and have really enjoyed your conversations about various aspects of pop culture. This last week, you gave Frank some time to talk about Destiny, and this really helped round out my day as this was one of the last pieces of my daily listening puzzle that I was craving. How about checking out the upcoming No Man's Sky? Awesome. And the Kickstarter game Star uh, Star Citizen. Destiny is a pretty uh, pretty fun game, and I hope you expound on others in the coming weeks as the next-gen consoles are starting to hit their stride. This holiday season will bring it with uh, a bunch of new HD games that a lot of people will really want to know about. I hit E3 every year and have gone back eight years, so I really enjoy these topics. And in the world of comics, I, I recently uh, finished the Lock and Key series. If you haven't checked out this title, I highly recommend it. It is not your typical superhero comic, and it is both emotional and very thrilling. It's about magic and mysticism and covers a period from about 1780 to the present. I think you will be very surprised by the story if you have never picked up this title. Pick up a few volumes. The art is beautiful, and the story very heart-touching and action-packed. It has uh, very adult themes worth checking out. This has been optioned for a movie trilogy, and it's being written as we speak. Check this out before it hits the theaters. The TV show pilot didn't make it, but I heard it was good. The only way to do this series justice would be to do it in multiple chapters. Anyway, thank you for what you guys do. I am very well-versed in comics games, and as a film student, movies as well, uh, and I thoroughly enjoy your discussions on most topics of pop culture. Thanks, and keep it up, James Chavez. All right, James, thank you for the email. Frank, what do you have to say about the high compliments about your Destiny review? Awesome. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. I, uh, ever since I was a little kid, I always dreamt of being able to, like, play video games for a living or write about them or something. I mean, I, I would always read magazines and stuff and the idea that, I mean, I wasn't originally going to do a review and then people were asking about it. And I mean, I, I think it's awesome that people give a shit that about what I think about something. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, we give shit, we give Frank a lot of shit and stuff like that. And a lot of the fucking listeners give Frank a lot of shit. And I think most of it's in love and just you know, joking around and, you know, just making, you know, poking at you like we poke at you. Sure. They, they want to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. See, the thing is, like, uh, the thing is, Frank's a really good guy. Frank's a great guy. Um, he's one of the best guys that I fucking know. I pick on him. You know what? If I don't pick on you, I don't fucking like you. 
And that's the truth. Yeah. And that's the fucking truth. It's like, that's, I know it seems weird, but that's my way of complimenting you. Frank, you, you have a great personality. You're a great guy. And I pick on you for that reason. I'm getting all, I'm getting verklempt here. <laughs> I'm getting verklempt. should put him somebody spilled because somebody can make it. I'm getting, I'm getting fucking verklempt. But see, that's the thing. Like, Frank, you're a good guy. And I'm glad that you had a chance to like voice your opinion on this stuff because, you know, I mean, I think lis- listeners, I, I you, you gotta know, if you knew Frank, you knew Frank, you wouldn't give him so much shit. We give him shit because we work with him, but he's a great fucking guy. Yeah, for sure. This guy's been to E3 eight times. Eight huh? times. Fuck, yeah. I Have you wish. been to E3 once yet, Frank? No. We need to get Frank no. on location at E3 yeah. for Pop Culture Leftover. Was- with, with a bottle of UV vodka. Yeah. No. <laughs> It'd be like that thing that came out right after Comic-Con of that dude that did mushrooms before he went there. Oh, you guys would be getting all oh, sorts my God. of fucked up shit at three in the morning Yeah, via text message. That was a funny read. Um, <laughs> and then he talks about locking key you've read lock and key yeah i've only read the first volume i've read i've read maybe the first couple i haven't finished the whole series me neither it's joe hill's book joe hill's son of stephen Stephen king King. yeah Yeah. it's really fucking good yeah and i knew that the pilot didn't get picked up i'm excited to hear i heard the pilot was not good they they, they, i heard the same they debuted it at uh san diego comic-con a few years back maybe three four years back to the people that were in that panel and i heard it was not that great and i'm glad that they didn't go with a TV show. This needs to be like a trilogy of movies. Yeah, don't spoil it. You're only going to get one chance to give people like their idea of what they think about this. You don't want it to be something that's subpar. Yeah, speaking of things that just didn't get optioned uh, for a movie, uh, why The Last Man Standing? Oh, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn's book is not going to be a movie now. It's not going to be a trilogy. And the rights of it go back to the creators. So we might never see, because Brian K. Vaughn doesn't really... I mean, he doesn't really option his shit mostly to be. He doesn't want to see Saga turned into a fucking show. No, right. I feel like anything like that, he's going to have his hand in. Like, he'll be writing those mm-hmm. screenplays mm-hmm. or else it's not happening. Right. So, you know. It's unfortunate, though, that I wanted to see it. But maybe this is the best way. Like, if it does get made, he's going to have his hand in it, like you said. More of like a uh, J.K. Rowling kind of getting involved. And she did a great job with those movies. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, she wasn't there every step of the way. I think that's a little bit of the problem why we may never see these things. Uh I don't even think Brian K. Vaughn will be as loose as J.K. Rowling was. Like, I think either he write those he writes those screenplays or they're yeah. just not happening. But he's no stranger to doing teleplays and shit like that. So, yeah. I mean, I think he could do it if anybody's going to do it. Not at all. He wrote episodes of Lost. Yeah. He adapted Under the Dome for right. TV. Yeah. He's done all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so thank you, James. All right. I got one more thing for him. Um, well, and anybody really, I guess, that uh, gives a shit about uh, the things I say about games. Uh Shadow of Mordor. There hasn't been a whole lot of advertising about it, but it's coming I've out. I've seen it on TV. Have you? Yeah. I haven't caught a whole lot of it. It's not like the big marketing blitz you, you usually play see. play as Aragon, right? No. No, th- this is an original story, but it's a darker version of... On the cover, like, and on the commercials, it's all Aragon. It, it's, it's a silhouette. If you look at it, you can't see the face. Um, it's about a ranger who um, watches his family get murdered, and then he's murdered himself, mm-hmm. and his spirit bonds with uh, some elf. The game's not out yet, so I don't have a whole lot. I mean, the only thing I was going to say is it comes out on the 30th. I've already got it set up to pre-download. Yeah. Uh, so uh, should I be on the show in a couple of weeks, maybe? Probably not. Right. You were joking around about how I wouldn't be back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, those were jokes, right? <laughs> wink, wink, Jake. The Frank but, send-off episode. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really won't be here next week, so I won't be able to talk about it then, of course. But I'll have a review of that ready to go for anybody interested. 
Yeah, that right sounds on. interesting. So it's not licensed by New Line Cinema. It's like licensed by the under the novels and stuff. Uh, I, I know it's supposed to exist in that same world. I, I I'll check on like what. Uh, if New Line has uh, given them the rights to it, yeah, at all. do your homework. Give yeah. us some background on the story, yeah. the gameplay, oh, yeah. and everything. And so. I mean, I, I, I know me; I'll have a good ten hours into it, easy by the time I get to talk about it. So I'll know my shit. Right on. Uh, the this is done with what the fuck did we just do? Emails, emails. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. This is done with that section. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do uh, good pop, bad pop. Sounds good. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> yeah, nice. I was getting down. Yeah, right. same here. Yeah, that's about as funky as I get. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um... Yeah, it is uh, time for, uh, yeah, it's that time. It's time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. Bump it up. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. Now, sometimes throughout the show, we will rate things. And if you're new to the show, we want you to be familiar with the weirdest rating system ever created by man. <laughs> is that correct or is that not correct? It, it, it is correct. All right, Clive. What do you got for us, Chief? The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So, yeah, that is how we rate things. Toss it if we don't like it. Taste it if we like it. And if we fucking love it, it's a Tupperware. Tupperware party. Exactly. On Friday, September 26th, James Franco dropped his SNL documentary that he filmed four years ago. And it premiered on Hulu Plus, and I apologize, I have not had a chance to see this. James Franco spent a week watching the cast of Saturday Night Live put together an episode for one of his NYU film classes. He found it pretty fascinating, the inside look at what it takes to make the show, and decided to make a documentary about it and called it Saturday Night. It premiered at South by Southwest back in 2010 with good reviews and got picked up for distribution. However, complicated rights issues and red tape locked the film up for some time. Now it's on Hulu Plus. Wow, good look, Brian. And this actually went way over my head. I'll, I'll watch this before next week. Yeah, I've got Hulu Plus. I do so too. This is definitely something that's on my radar. I wanted to watch it before then. I just didn't get a chance to. Uh, so I definitely want to see this. Now, in 2013, Franco talked about the documentary to the Huffington Post, and he had this to say. It's something I'm very proud of, and it got a great response at the festivals we took it to. We had to add extra screenings at South by Southwest because people liked it so much. It's one of those projects that I had to be, not sneaky, but the way I got that access, I had to go and shoot before I had everything signed off, meaning that I kind of went to them because I had a good relationship with Lauren Michaels and the SNL people. And it started as a class project, which is how the door opened, and they said, okay, an NYU project? 
sure. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I had all of this access that people had never been granted before. And I thought, well, heck, I'm not just going to waste this as a class project. This could be something interesting about comedy and creativity and the show. So we shot a feature and put it together. And then we had to go back and first get all the performers to sign off, which they did. And then Lauren to sign off. But then we had to get NBC to sign off. And then NBC has some big turnover of executives. So the people who had signed off before were no longer there. So we had to get the new people to sign off and then blah, 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 blah. So no, now all the red tape and all that shit, it's been fucking taken care of and they put it out on Hulu Plus. So now you can watch this. It's going to be the cast from like four years ago. So you're going to get to see people like Kristen Wiig and Bill yes. Hader and yeah. fucking, you know, Adam cool. Sandberg and shit like Andy Sandberg. Will Will Forte still be there, I wonder? Is it that far back now? I think it would be. I oh, think I lo- it would I lo- be. I love me some Will Forte. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Great inside look. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like I loved SNL. SNL's been around. Is it – what is it? 40. It's 40? its 40th anniversary wow, this 40th year. 40th anniversary. So, yeah. Hey, uh, you got a chance to uh, – so I, I wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. What's that called again real quick? Before Saturday night. Saturday night. Gotcha. Now, the thing is like uh, SNL premiered uh, the 40th season last night. Mm-hmm. I got a few questions for you, Jake. Yes. I, you know, okay, I, like I told you, I got the new receiver. The old receiver had it set up the tape of the episodes, and the new receiver, I forgot to do it. So I didn't get to see the Chris pratt premiere episode unfortunately how did daryl hammond do what did he do you know it was pretty low-key i thought i paid special attention to that too i also was on the lookout to see if there'd be any kind of a tribute or mention of um don pardo passing yeah and they just did one um one of the card sequences showed him you know how they do like a commercial out and they just showed him and it was a silent commercial out gotcha but i thought John Hammond, it was... Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond. My, my apologies. You're thinking of John Hammond. <laughs> yeah. I thought Daryl Hammond did a really low-key, like it was it, it was kind of an impersonation, but without all the umph to it. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was really strange. It was strange to have it not be done part of, that's for yeah. sure. Instantly yeah. noticeable. Yeah. It wasn't loud and pronounced. You, you should right. hear it if you, if you can possibly hear it. I think it's on Hulu Plus, too. Okay. And it's like really soft. That's my problem with it. He doesn't have to impersonate it, but he definitely needs some more energy. I think it would have been okay if, like, uh, before his passing, you know, like Don Pardo said, you know what, if you want to impersonate me, I'm all for it. Yeah. Then it, yeah. Would have, then it would have been okay. But, like, if he would have just came out there and done a full, like, Don Pardo impersonation, I, I think I would have had a problem with it. And I think a lot of other people would have had a problem with it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you, there's only one Don Pardo. You know, like, certain voices out there, there's only one voice. There's only one Peter Cullen. There's only yeah. one guy that can do Optimus Prime the way the Optimus Prime needs to be done right and uh same thing with don pardo i mean you know doing the show for 40 uh, 39 years yeah i mean there's only one that guy that can do it now unless he had his blessing don't do it i agree and i didn't want him to impersonate him but he definitely lacked any kind of energy yeah it was it was strange well i mean yeah you're, you're filling some big shoes it's kind of like uh fucking uh, drew carey trying to fill bob barker's shoes you yeah know? Right? definitely yeah it, it, it it's big shoes to fill and maybe he didn't want to come out and be too like uh oh, you know like oh i'm better than pardo yeah you know what i mean because being self conscious and yeah. couldn't find the right level right yeah yeah so yeah you missed it overall i thought it was a pretty good snl premiere it yeah. wasn't the best episode but it had some really great sketches yeah um they had a sketch where he-man and lionel come to life like lifelike action figures and chris pratt was he-man mm-hmm. and taron Killam was a uh, lionel and that was pretty funny nice so uh, ariana grande was she-ra at the very end of it so very cool yeah, it was a pretty good episode. They did a great Marvel sketch where um I'm actually going to play the audio from that as we uh before we go into uh 
news. Do you nice. think that's okay? You think people are going to get pissed at that? Nah, let's do it. Yeah, fuck let's it. Do it. <laughs> when do we care if people get pissed at what we that's do? That's true. Yeah. A lot of people had a problem with it, you know? It's like, uh, it's in everybody's mind, though. Everybody knows that Marvel's blowing up the fucking world. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a parody. Oh, you're talking on that level. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. a parody that everybody fucking knows. It's a parody of, like, what everybody already knows. Marvel can do anything. They can do no wrong at this point. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, to set up the sketch, like Brian said, Marvel can do no wrong, and it's kind of just like, Marvel does a bunch of goofy things, and people are just going to go see it no matter how goofy it is. Yeah, they, they right. talk about how they use their most obscure characters in their universe, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's the biggest movie of the summer. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, let's take it to the next level. And I, I just thought it was funny. I thought it was creative. I wasn't offended one bit. Yeah, yeah I saw a lot of people on forums that night complaining about complaining about it. Like, yeah, people just will piss a- and moan about yeah. everything, won't they? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, can't like, even see what platform they'd be able to stand on as far as being offended. <laughs> <laughs> just people taking it too seriously, you know. Really? Yeah, man. You need a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a pretty great sketch, though. It made me laugh a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty great premiere. Um, next week, it's uh, Sarah Silverman. Okay. Oh, that should be I awesome. I thought it was Will Ferrell next week. No, it's Sarah Silverman, I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. And also, right now, what they're doing is on Saturday nights also, um, every week they're playing the best episode of a season one through forty. Okay, and they started this last night. They played the Richard Pryor episode from season one. Oh wow! And then next week they'll play what they consider the best episode from season two and on until they've done all thirty nine seasons. Nice. So that might be worth DVRing too, seeing some of the really classic sketches from the first thirty nine seasons. Oh man, uh, I love the Billy Crystal stuff. Oh yeah, there's a lot of really fun stuff. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, and I, you know I'm a kid of the. Uh, Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, yeah. John Lithgow area, yeah. Phil Hartman era and everything. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited to see some of those episodes again. You know, John that, Lovitz. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Kevin Nealon, all those guys. I was merely acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good shit, man. All right. This next story is 100% absolutely true. Right, let's hear it. The Harley Quinn comic book from DC is approaching its first annual. Oh, and the annual is promised to be not scratch and sniff, but it's called rub and smell. <laughs> now, check this out. This is where DC's gimmicks have gotten crazy. But at the same time, I guess I'm going to kind of applaud them for this. Yeah. Are you going to get this issue? It's on my pull list. <laughs> uh, unless, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's not a gimmick. Unless, I don't know. It's a gimmick, but if the story's really good, it's, it, I'm cool with it. Okay. Then it's not a huge gimmick if the what, story's good. What are we, we, we going to be rubbing and smelling is what I want to know. Here we go. The U.S. version of Harley Quinn Annual Number 1 will contain smells including leather, suntan lotion, pizza, and will smell like cannabis. Whoa. Uh, the international version will not be able to make it overseas without the dog sniffing it and going crazy. So the international <laughs> version will smell like freshly cut long lawn clippings. So both books will smell like grass. That's hilarious. <laughs> Can you imagine driving home with this in your car and getting pulled over with like a broken taillight or something? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I, I just went to the comic store. Do you mind if I search the vehicle? <laughs> I can imagine. There's going to be somebody on YouTube that's going to try smoking this book. Oh, oh wow. Really? Come on, guys. <laughs> so that's going to be a crazy book. When does that come out? Uh, in a couple months, I think. I think it's maybe November. I'm oh. not sure. But, it's yeah, it's the annual for Harley Quinn. I uh, got the first, like, two issues. Then I dropped off the book. You know, I mean, I love Harley Quinn. I love Deadpool and stuff like that. But after, like, four, five, six issues, it's the same thing over and over again. And yeah. I kind of get burnt out on it. I'll go back to it later. 
but you know what I mean. Can I talk about comic bullshit for a second? Yeah. It's October almost here. Is DC getting ready to do total October gimmick month again like mm-hmm. they've been doing the last couple well, years? Well, they're doing uh, – I thought it was September that they did it. Is, like, is it September? Because they did uh, – this This was 3D lenticular covers month again. It was this month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And I got like the – I think I, I had to get the booster gold. What was the theme? Uh, Future's End. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, it, it, basically, uh, I got the Booster Gold one. I got the Batman one. I got the Flash one. Um, what issue numbers are they? Were they like they're all number ones? Number ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Fifty-two of them again. Fifty-two Lineker. I don't know if they do like fifty-two colors. books anymore. I think they. I think they went down to like forty something now. Huh, gotcha. I think they're that. I mean, they were stretching their talent way too thin. If you ask me, oh, you know I, what I, mean? I agree. I agree. You know, like I think Jeff Lemire's writing really suffered because he was writing so many damn books. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he was doing like some shit on the side for Vertigo too. Yeah. So I think his books kind of suffered, you know, and, and you know, Scott Snyder, he kind of kept his shit in line. His shit's like pretty good still, but like he's doing so many books, he had to stop doing the American Vampire series. Yeah. Which is going to come. Shame. Yeah. He's going to come back to doing it, but he's not doing it as much. So I think they stretched their really good writers too thin, especially Jeff Johns. Oh my God. Mm. They got this guy fucking shackled in a basement writing <laughs> books all the fucking time. That poor guy. It seemed like for like two years, he was just writing like 10 books. Yeah. And it really suffered, you know? Is he still writing that many books? No, I oh. think he's cut down quite a bit. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Which is good because I want to see like a, a return to form with that guy. Cause like, man, he was. He was a fucking amazing. I mean, he he turned Green Lantern into a fucking A-lister. Yeah, yeah. You know? So. I got a quick question about those Harley Quinn scratch and sniff books. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they always announce what they're going to smell like? They don't. This is the first time they've done it, Chief. What are you talking about? You said that they're – I thought they were called scratch and sniff, but this one's going to be called rub and smell. No, you, 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 I'm talking about like scratch and sniff snick, stickers. Oh, those okay. are called scratch and right. sniff. Scratch, scratch and sniff. These they're, they're 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 referring to this as rub and smell. Gotcha. I was confused. I thought that had something to do with the comic. Like yeah, it was like, a part of it. As you read it, it'll the smell will be where it's supposed to be, like in the context of the story. Right. So you talked about what the this is gonna smell like. Yeah. Do they always? Yeah, those are some of the examples of the smells that will be in this issue. Every issue will be the same, and we'll have oh, the same smells. Okay, this is just starting up. It's just one. Yeah, it's this just is one issue. Okay, yeah, all a, right. I was thinking this was in the middle of its run. No, DC has okay. been doing it's a lot an of annual. These. So. Yeah. DC does a lot of these gimmicks with. It seems like they need a boost in sales, so they right. give us these 3D lenticular covers. And I'll be honest with you, most of the stories are garbage, mm-hmm. and it's uh, people just want to. They get the books um, that way. Uh, you know they can collect them because right. the covers were beautiful. I thought I thought they were pretty cool when they then when they came out last year. Yeah, they were neat. Yeah, I, I fell into it. Like I bought at least a dozen of them. Yeah. The reason why I was asking is because in your description of what smells are going to be included, it illustrates the point. I didn't know if it was going to be kind of like the uh, smell version of Birdie Bot's every flavor, uh, every flavor beans, where you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, it won't be a mystery. It'll be right. incorporated within the story. But it it kind of freaks me out a little bit, given that it's Harley Quinn. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get smell-wise there. Yeah, that's why I was scared. I'm ready for the uh, Frank Annual Scratch and Sniff oh, book. Uh, I've smelled that before. 21 or older to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to let one of you guys take over for Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, fight it amongst yourself. Just... Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Unfortunately, I'm Good Pop, Bad Pop bankrupt this week. You I, fucking I did my homework, but independent stuff, I, I came up with zeros. 
Well, I had a story I wanted to talk about. It's not in America, but in Hong Kong, which maybe one day we'll get a chance to actually go to, they have a Justice League line of superhero meals at their McDonald's. Oh, okay. And they've just introduced a Batman burger. And so it's a double beef Batman burger that comes with squeezy, cheesy fries and sparkling green apple tea. Here's some of the, the logos for the Batman burger. Okay, why, what makes it a Batman burger? I, I have no idea. They, I couldn't figure that out at all. It's just that they've incorporated into the... Is that an egg on there? It looks like an egg. So is, I, did, is that mean like the death of Robin? <laughs> the death of Robin <laughs> on the burger. That's hilarious. But I just thought it was interesting that they had a whole line. I was trying to Google to see what the rest of the line was and what the different burgers were. But yeah. I, I couldn't find any other mention of this line besides the Batman burger. So I think it's something they're just getting ready to introduce. Hmm. Interesting. Any other DC characters or just they're starting off with the Batman burger? I think they're just starting off with the Batman burger, but it's going to be a whole line of Justice League superhero meals. Yeah. Red Robin did like the Wolverine burger. that. Had oh, the, I remember you talking about that in the show. Yeah, one they time. had the claw marks in the bun. And, that, that's kind of hilarious. Yeah. And see, that's smarter than this. Like, I don't even understand what makes this a... The Dark Knight of Burgers. Yo, I don't get it either. Like, I guess if the patty was shaped like the bat symbol, that'd be one thing. Yeah. But it's, it's not that. McDonald's with fry, like cheese all over their fries and stuff. That's something new, though, right? The squeezy, right. yeah. cheesy fries. Don't you get that free if your parents were both killed in an alley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get free McDonald's the next day. Just got to bring the obituary in, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Be a proof of death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Every week, us with the... Uh, the Wayne parent murder <laughs> jokes. It's horrible. <laughs> it's a comedy goldmine. Right. The, the Wayne family murders. Is that what you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week is food, Jake? Yeah, I, I watched it? SNL. Come on. I want something more from you. You got to think of something else. Something else before we end. I've, I got nothing. I've been watching Once Upon a Time all week, uh, all my reality see, stuff. See, I, I love your shit. I love your Good Pop, Bad Pop shit. And I know the listeners do too. I yeah. love it. Cause like you'll just bring up, cause like I have all my shit written down. I already know what the fuck I'm going to talk about. But when Jake like busts out something, it's just like, it's like Christmas. When, when, <laughs> when, uh, I don't know, when Frank, when Frank busts out something, it's like, uh, fucking like, uh, the, the Hiroshima bomb. Oh shit. You know? it's April Fool's Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you were going to go with that or like lifting the lid of a dumpster arbor day <laughs> so yeah I, like i said i've been doing my once marathon i call it i'm a big reality show nut and all that's in full swing right now yeah. it's survivor amazing race utopia yeah. all of it at once now so, but uh yeah so next week we can we can uh, anticipate a once upon a time review and i'm sure madeline, madeline will appreciate that yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see the premiere. I'm gonna, I, like I said, I got three more episodes left at the current season, and I yeah. get to, I don't have to wait three months like the hardcore fans. I get to jump right into it. I got a story. Uh, don't let me forget, but I got a story for you to bring up next week too. So you're gonna okay. have two things, and I want you to bring this up because it's more in your field. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, don't let me forget about that. We'll talk about that at break. Uh, probably not the right place for me to talk about it right now because nobody else gives a fuck. <laughs> but I want you to remind me. Anyway, yeah, this, uh, this episode we've done, we did our sound check this episode. Yeah. We're, we're doing our meetings this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next thing, uh, for good pop, bad pop, the University of Baltimore is adding a college course on Marvel movies. The course offered in the spring will focus on uh, it'll focus on how films like Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, and Captain America, 
and it will shed uh, insight on modern culture according to a press release. The course will analyze how the history of heroism and adventure has translated into Marvel Studios' big screen franchises, as well as why viewers are so drawn to its films. Uh, Here's a quote from Arnold T. Blumberg, who is teaching the course. One thing we'll do is dive into the impact of the Guardians of the Galaxy film, which proved two things. Mainstream movie audiences are not remotely tired of superhero movies, and Marvel Studios can now release a sci-fi adventure that actually features talking trees and raccoons. And not that they're getting away from with it. Uh, they've created a universe in which fans completely accept these developments, and they're ready for even more. He also added, this series not only provides action-packed entertainment, but will also, prof- uh, but also profound statements about the nature of heroism. The great responsibilities that come with wielding great power, our willingness to trade freedom for security, and much more. What are your thoughts about this uh, being introduced as a college course to America? Do you think, like, uh, to the University of Baltimore, do you think this is the... I love it. I like- love it. I wish I could take this course. Sounds like a great time. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Me too. Yeah, shoot. I bet it's expensive. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is cool. Um, it's amazing how this stuff has impacted our uh, our culture. Um, it's just crazy that this university gave them the gave them the thumbs up to do this. Yeah, okay. It's such a like a small niche of movies too. It's just the Marvel movies. That's interesting that it's a course on just those series of movies. They're and the not- only ones that have been successful as far as like I know. There's we had Days of Future Past. Yeah, which was successful. Um, you know, I think. Uh, there should be a whole course on fucking Man of Steel because it's so divisive. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> easily one of the most polarizing comic book movies of all time. Absolutely. Not just among us either, you know? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So. I love this, and this is why it leads me into my next email. So this is a great setup for this next email. Remember last week when we talked uh, about – it was Anderson Aruda's email that he sent us and his high school comic club? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anderson, I hope you're listening because I think this email will be way more helpful than our uh, bullshit, horrible suggestions that we gave you last week. We, yeah. did, our, we did our best. We did do our best. Uh, but I got an email, and I'm going to try to pronounce your name. Annabelle Juni Valentine. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, and UV Frank, I love <laughs> I love listening to your podcast. And was driving home when I heard you field that question about a high school comic book club. Now I thought to myself, I need to chime in here. Now let me preface this by saying that this is going to be a long email, a la camera Cameron Wilson. <laughs> Holy shit! He says sorry in advance. Even our listeners are giving Cameron shit. So. <laughs> Cameron Wilson got him back though with this two sentence email that he threw in there today. Though that's true. <laughs> yeah." Cameron just teasing us now. Yeah. Just teasing us. Just giving us enough. You know, it's like it's like uh, sending a text to somebody and not getting a reply back. Are they going to reply back? You know, you start sweating bullets and shit. Cameron got back to me. I feel a little bit better. But, um, uh, yeah, he says, I actually work at a high school and am one of two teachers that advise and run a comic book club at our school. We have run this club for the last five years at Maloney High School in Connecticut. You guys made a lot of valid points and suggestions when you gave your answer to the fellow soldier in our leftover army our club is by far the biggest club in school with 40 plus members attending weekly meetings wow now this wasn't the case five years ago we started with a handful of kids just wanting to get together and chat about comics but since the inception of the club it has grown every year 
kind of how the comic book franchises and movies have gotten bigger and bigger. It's a funny coincidence, but the popularity of comics have really become mainstreamed, and being a geek is very cool now with the kids. Sorry, Frank. Anyway, this club has had (laughs) to evolve, and it has in a big way. Let me explain. What I have done is taken a Comic-Con model. I love cons and attend New York Comic Con every year and applied it to the club. Our club is comprised of different parts with the kids running each section. They present, cosplay, debate, and discuss all facets of the comic book world. And every week our meetings are broken down into this format. All right, here's the format that he's using. So take note of this, Anderson. This is really cool shit. This is nice. He's serious about this shit. Totally. It, totally. And, you know, he's going to be able to answer this better than us because he's already running the curriculum. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It, he says uh, the, the the first format is nerd news. This is where, much like the Pop Culture Leftovers podcast, we discuss all things new in the comic world or what's coming out. Next one is literally literary enforcement. This section is exactly what you guys were suggesting to Anderson. We assign a comic to all students to read, and then we discuss all facets of it the following week. Thing is, with that many members, it can get quite expensive. So we all have them get the Comicsology app. Because all kids have smartphones and tablets nowadays, and we have them download the issue on their own. They even have free comics on there. Yes, we pretty much have to stay DC and Marvel, but you will be surprised how many kids are really into the new stuff. Again, thank the popularity of the movies. But we also hit up tons of Star Wars, you know, Dark Horse, and some Image and Vertigo stuff if it's like PG-13-ish. No issues with the parents as of yet. Hmm. Cool. Manga Branch. Yes, that's right. We also cover manga and uh, anime, and most of the kids like both American and Japanese comics, so it's a blend of cultures. Death Note, Black Butler, um, RWBY. What is that? Ooh, I don't know that one. RWBY. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, Fairy Tale, Attack on Titan, etc. are some of the anime manga uh, we, have, we have done in the past. Gaming Gods. We have a trio of students who together call themselves the gaming gods. Frank, you would love these guys. Cool. They present all things gaming from Zelda and Mario to Destiny. Yes, of course, we have to conform to school rules, so have to be careful with the violence and guns, but we work around it in a cool and interesting way. (laughs) Digital Dive. This is the filming side of the club where students film short movies and videos. They cosplay, act, dance, and they edit and post along with help from staff. Video production class, for example, to our very own YouTube page. Check us out at the Maloney Comics channel. M-A-L-O-N-E-Y Comics channel. We debut videos during this section and discuss ongoing or future projects. All of these sections take place at every meeting. They last about an hour and a half, an average, uh, and on average, and take place right after school. Now, m- you may think this is a lot, but we also fundraise, take part in school events, pep rallies, holiday parties, talent shows, sporting events at home, and movie marathons. Last year, we did a May the 4th Star Wars movie marathon on May 4th in the auditorium. We do what I call uh, CBC specials, where we apply themes to the uh, meetings. Like, for example, last year we did a zombie theme, a platformer game theme, superhero scavenger hunt, alter ego day, etc. We also take field trips, and in the last few years we have seen, a gr- as a group, Iron Man 3, Avengers, Thor, The Dark World, Cap 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and X-Men Days of Future Past. This is a fun club and open to all the students, uh, all student population. We are featured in the yearbook and on the school website. 
So there you have it. If you want to share my email with Anderson, I would love to talk to him and give him some advice on our model for running the club. Heck, it would be cool to Skype our club someday in the future. Thanks again for reading this long email and possibly sharing it on your next podcast. Keep up the good work. Sincerely, Annabelle Junie Valentine. That's awesome. Comic book club in the yearbook. Yeah, How about yeah. that? Yeah. That, that's like the fucking game changer. It's the holy grail. Yeah. They need to pimp that out because that'll become a magnet school for that shit. You know, it's, and I hope this helps Anderson too. Yeah, how can it not? Anderson, if you want to take advantage and if you want to get in contact with Annabelle, you know, you know, uh, shoot me a message and I can, uh, if it's okay, I think it's okay with Annabelle. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with his email address and you two can correspond that way. Yeah, nice. They can branch out. Yeah, do the whole Skype thing and shit. Yeah, that's a great idea. And uh, I definitely need to check. I need to check out what it was at Maloney Comics, uh, that channel on uh, YouTube. Oh, the YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, you'll have to text me that link so yeah. I remember what it is. Absolutely. So very fucking cool. So yeah, I love reading that email. It was long, but man, definitely worth it. Yeah, it didn't seem long. It was really right. insightful. Yeah. yeah, detailed to the point. I love this next story. Fucking love it. I, f- I just found out about it today. This is kind of like a last-minute thing that I threw in here. Actor Stephen Amell, who plays Oliver Queen on Arrow, has a huge Twitter and Facebook following. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen his Twitter and Facebook following. Not only does he have a lot of people on there, but they fucking are passionate. They love the show. They love Stephen Amell. And he's very grateful for this. He loves his fans. So not only does he use the social media to promote, of course, you know, Arrow, but he also uses it to support great causes. His latest cause is to help raise money to fight cancer. Stephen Amell is using the website represent.com. The actor has taken his face and put it on a T-shirt with the phrase, fuck cancer. (laughs) Sincerely, Captain Amell. And put them on sale for $18 on the website. Nice. Um, I think it's uh, represent.com forward slash Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. At the time I checked the page, they had sold 9,682 shirts with a goal of 500. This is the most successful campaign in represent.com's history, and Amel's campaign still, by the time you guys uh, see this, uh, listen to this podcast. You'll have until Thursday to buy these shirts. The the podcast is going to go up Wednesday, so you got about a day and a half. A hundred percent of the proceeds go toward the Fuck Cancer Foundation. What an awesome name that yeah, is! That is awesome. So I hope you guys get to listen to this in time and get a chance to get one of those T shirts and help out a great cause. What a fucking great guy! Yeah, that is great. Sweet. I'm just looking at the T shirt right now. It's a pretty sweet shirt. It is a cool shirt. So yeah, that that's great. Yeah, have the kids wear that T-shirt to your uh, comic book club. <laughs> yeah, that won't get them in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool that he's so savvy on the um, on the Twitter and that he's so responsive to the fans and stuff. I see that people did not think the show was going to last. People did not think Arrow was going to last. People were trashing the fucking thing from the get go. And it started off, it started, I thought it started off really good, but it's gotten so much fucking better. And Stephen Amell is grateful for the fans because the fans are the ones that are keeping this thing going. Their voices and their opinions and more comic book related shit has been thrown into the show because of fans. Yeah. It started off, he didn't even like wear the mask and stuff like that. You know what I mean? This is getting 
to the point where the fans want to see more comic book stuff put into the show and they're doing that. I mean, we've seen different characters introduced, like Birds of Prey, and it's just gone nuts. Now we're getting a Flash spinoff. Yeah, without the Arrow show success, we wouldn't even have the Flash spinoff, I don't think. I don't think we would have seen a trend of all these fucking shows coming out to begin with. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? I think Marvel jumped in on it with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think, like, now we're getting maybe the Titans thing from, you know, TNT. The Constantine. Exactly. Constantine, Gotham, Gotham, it all fucking started with this one show that mm-hmm. killed it you know smallville was a great show it really was i enjoyed it yeah it kind of went a little, little too long a little too long exactly and now it's like uh it's been resurrected in comic book form but yeah you know the the, the, the thing is like this is the show that i think changed the game for everybody mm-hmm. it, it, i think it is a ratings monster for cw i yeah. think they're very proud of what they did it's, it's their best rated show right now isn't it it's probably got to be like the at least CW? drama for the cw yeah yeah it's it's up there man yeah They've got uh, season two available now on uh, Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, I, I really got to get in on it. Uh, I, I've had it on my uh, little watch list for a while, and I haven't big, gotten into Are they it. big seasons? Is it like a 20-episode season? It's like a 20, 24-episode season, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, it's a little too much. I like a 13 to 14-episode season on shows. Yeah, but, I yeah. agree. I agree. It's a little watered down. Yeah. They spread it out too much. It's, a, it's daunting. Like, I, I want to jump in on the blacklist. I've really been wanting to watch the blacklist. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I got to go back and watch 24 episodes. So it's like, it's a chore, man. Yeah. Once it's the same way. All three seasons are like 24 episodes. Yeah. So it's like, if you want to catch up now, it's like, yeah. It's part of like what you were talking about with uh, The Walking Dead. The, the longer they've made the seasons, it's, you always it's have those still not bad. Episodes. It's still not yeah. that bad. Yeah. But yeah, it does water it down a little bit. You're absolutely right. It's, it's There's 16 episode seasons, but like it went from like, you know, six the first season to 13, and now the last two have been 16. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, on the flip side of that, you've got Game of Thrones, which is just 10 episodes every season so far. So Yeah. I love how HBO does their stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Did yeah. you guys hear about I haven't seen True Detective the first season, which I've really been wanting to watch that, but uh, True Detective 2 comes out, and they've got Ellen Page, yeah. Vince Vaughn, and Colin Farrell going to join the cast now. Uh, definitely. Colin Farrell needs this. Like, If yeah. anybody needs it, it's Colin Farrell. I mean, I honestly, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen Colin Farrell in a great movie since his first fucking movie, Tigerland. I yeah. loved Tigerland. Everything else he's come out with, I've not been a huge fan of. Yeah, a bunch right? of garbage. The Total Recall reboot. Yeah. The Alexander, the big Oliver Stone flop. Sell, what is it, the phone booth? Phone booth, yeah, the Joel right. Schumacher piece of shit. Yeah. His biggest claim to fame is the amount of drugs he can have in his system and still be conscious. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. I saw him on an interview on a late night TV show one night talking about that. Yeah. Vince Vaughn's the bad guy too, I read. Yeah. The True Detective. Oh, he can do it. See, so. people don't understand. Like, yeah, he does a bunch of comedy and stuff like that. But like, you know, like, uh, he's done, I think he's done like a bunch of movies like back in the day where he played a more serious character. Was he an albino alligator with Matt Dillon? Oh, and I, I think know. he played a villain in that. Amer- he, he was in I a- might be wrong. He was in another movie where he was a villain back, wasn't he in American Psycho or? No. That's a, bail yeah my bad but i'm thinking maybe it was albino albino alligator i'm not sure but i mean this guy's got a he's a good actor i mean and i think that this is uh i think this is a great move for them to put vince vaughn in kind of like this role kind of get him out of that fucking comedy shit you know he's good at it he's good at it but yeah. you know tough act to follow um yeah. fucking matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson yeah. right right Oosh. yeah 
but yeah, if the uh, if the uh, dialogue and everything's there, if it's if it's a good script for this second season, um, hopefully hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully yeah. good be good for people. That's the, a short season too. Like I'm, it's only eight episodes. We just need mm-hmm. to marathon. Oh, that. I know. Why haven't I started that? Yeah, and Game of Thrones. I've watched the first season. Right. God damn it, Frank. It, it, no, it's tough. It's tough because I started that second season and I was just lost. I yeah. was lost and it was just like, what the fuck? I just didn't get into it. Me and Jake will come hold you up. We'll hype you up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, Walking Dead, uh, the uh, fourth season is out on Netflix today. Oh, really? Yeah, before the uh, season premiere. Big deal. The they'll, they'll, they'll marathon the whole series again. Oh, yeah. Like AMC will do that. Year. Yeah. God. It's like a tradition now. I'll watch yeah. season four now that it's on yeah. Netflix. I, th- I think you might be a little surprised. It might make you a little bit happier than what it did before. I'm not saying you're going to love it, but it yeah. might be better than what you left it. Yeah. No, I like Scott Gimple. I think him as a showrunner, he gets it. You know, I like Glenn Mazzara too. I thought yeah. he was okay, but I think Scott Gimple kind of stays more true to the comic book. Yeah, I really do. There, there, there were like certain scenes in that last uh, season that were taken straight out of the comic book. Maybe the characters were different, but it looked like the comic book more than any other season before it since Frank Darabont left. Right. Mm. Okay. And I, I know I you, you get that beautiful imagery in that first season. That first oh, season yeah. was, was cinematic because you had Frank Darabont, who was a guy that had done movies, and yeah. it was very cinematic. A, a lot of beautiful, beautiful background scenes. Oh, it's and, gorgeous. And a lot, yeah. of, a lot of epic scenes, like where he's on the horse and he's walking into the city. You know, that that was amazing, and, and you got a lot of that. It felt very cinematic, right. and, and then it took more of a TV type turn when mm-hmm. you got you know Glenn Mazzara in there. I like him. He was okay, but I think Scott. Gimple is not quite Frank Darabont, but he's. I, I think he is a better uh, when it comes to like portraying the comic book shit right. that they should have been showing in a lot of these seasons than uh, Glenn Mazzara. You can do a lot with mood and um, all sorts of aesthetics like that. And anybody that's disagreeing with you, I would tell them to watch a few of the later episodes and compare that. Just go straight back and watch the first season again. Because uh, now it's almost like a trope because whenever they have to go get, quote, supplies, you have the uh, – it's like a stock set piece now. You have an abandoned building. Maybe there's boards up. Maybe there's not. There's just trash in the street. You know, it, it doesn't stand out. It doesn't make it anything special. You're not drawn into that. Right. All right. Let's see here. I wanted to talk about uh, – I went and saw The Maze Runner. Oh, nice. How was that? Uh, yeah, uh, Maze Runner, uh, let's see here. It, uh, opened this weekend. Uh, last, yeah, it was last weekend. It opened to $32.5 million domestic and then $81.5 million worldwide. So Fox felt comfortable with that tally, especially how it performed in September, which typically, you know, coming off of like, even August used to not be a big month, but you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and some other movies have changed that. September is usually a slow performer. Yeah, I'm it's, shocked by those numbers for Maze Runner. Go them. There really wasn't anything else in the theaters at yeah. that time. You know what I mean? That yeah. gave you, that, that was this type of movie. So it was a good time to put it out. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, The Scorch Trails, the second entry in James Dashner's book series, uh, let's see here, is going to get a sequel. So it's already been greenlit for a sequel because of what it, uh, what, what it performed on, in September. So. Yeah. Are there three of these books? Is that how it worked? I think so. Gee, let's bet that they're going to make the last one into two movies. <laughs> That's the trend now. <laughs> The film stars Dylan O'Brien as Thomas, Thomas Brody Sangster as Newt, Kaya Scottelario as Teresa, and Will Poulter as Galley. 
The Maze Runner is directed by Wes Ball, based on an adaptation by Noah Oppenheim. Here's a synopsis for the film if you don't know anything about Maze Runner. When Thomas wakes up trapped in a massive maze with a group of other boys, he has no memory of the outside world other than strange dreams about a mysterious organization known as Wicked, W-C-K-D, Wicked. Only by piecing together fragments of his past with clues he discovers in the maze can Thomas hope to uncover his true purpose and a way to escape. Based on the best-selling uh, best-selling novel by James Dashner, um, I have never read the book series, and so going into this, I knew nothing, and I had zero expectations for the film. Okay. So far, uh, I've seen you know these youth adult uh, youth adult book movies, uh, these adaptations uh, to film, uh, you know, go very well with like movies like The Hunger Games, and, and then I've seen them turn out to be a pile of horseshit with Divergent, <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Twilight. <laughs> I didn't want to say that word. It's like the it's it's a bad it's word. It's the f bomb for geeks. <laughs> exactly. So how does the Maze Runner stack up against these? It's no Hunger Games, but it's also no Divergence. So this movie, it's going to get a solid taste. It for me, it's right down the middle. It's a solid taste. It okay? nice. You'll see a sequel. Uh, will I see the sequel? Yeah, absolutely. It got my interest enough that I do want to see the sequel. Um, you know, I had fun with this movie. It's it's kind of a mix of like other stories, uh, but not too much of it at the same time. You get elements of the Hunger Games with the with some Lord of the Flies, and, and if you like, you know, the big spider from the Lord of the Rings, you, you get a lot of that shit too in this movie. So. You know, one of my favorite childhood movies is is uh, Labyrinth, the Jim Henson movie. I couldn't help but think about that a little bit when seeing yeah. trailers for this. David yeah. Bowie, yeah, and Hoggle and the Bog of Eternal Stench, right. <laughs> <laughs> Labyrinth was an awesome movie. Yeah, right? I think they had some Labyrinth comic books that just came out recently. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of cool stuff with Jim Henson properties. Jim Henson's, yeah. The Storyteller comic books. Yeah, and and I totally missed the boat on that after I fucking read articles on it. Yeah, they've been doing – they released his first movie screenplay as a comic book. Yeah. Like a hardback and everything. Yeah. A lot of cool Jim Henson stuff. Back to Maze Runner a little Sorry. bit. No, you're, you're fine. We, we go off on these fucking tangents Whoops, all the time. I tripped. <laughs> uh, the reason that this movie, Maze Runner, worked for me, I knew nothing um, you know, from the books. And they throw you right into this world. And you, you know as much as the main character uh, in the movie, Thomas. So, uh, you know... Basically, it's like you are Thomas when you're thrown into this world. You know nothing. He knows nothing. And I, th- I thought that's a cool way to set this up. That's fun. That's what makes Matrix 1 fun and Matrix 2 dumb. Even Walking Dead when Rick wakes up out of the yeah. hospital. You know, I mean, he knows nothing. We know nothing. Right. So that's why this works for me. Now, he's being raised like you, you see the character. He's being raised up in this elevator and he comes face to face with these other boys around his age group. You know, some older, some younger. Uh, Thomas has no recollection of anything. He doesn't even know his name. Now, you come to find out that that's the only thing that these boys retain is their name but it takes a couple of days for that memory to surface so thomas like as soon as you see these boys like they're they're you know they they start acting weird and getting excited and shit like that he starts freaking the fuck out and he starts running and he's running and running and running and running as fast as he can and he trips and falls stands up and he's face to face and he, they're enclosed totally enclosed by these huge stone walls oh that's fucked up now he, what's that? Do, do the other kids have all their memories erased too? Or? Yes. Okay. All gotcha. they remember is their names as well, gotcha. and uh, just their experiences within this, you know, this setting that they're in. Gotcha. You know? He comes to find out that the walls are a maze, and for the past three years, they send what they call runners out every day into this maze to map it, 
and they still have not found a way out of the maze. Oh, jeez. The maze doors then close, though, at night, and if you get trapped in the maze overnight, there hasn't been a single boy that's been able to survive this. Oh. So if you get trapped in the maze, you're done for. They're not going to see you again. And then they talk about something within the walls that they call grievers. Um, so that's basically the movie. It's, uh, these boys, they're trapped in there. They got to get out. They've started like their own, uh, village and their own community, their own way of life. Wow, their own within, politics and yeah, systems. Yeah, their own politics systems. They've got their leaders and everything like that set up. You know, Thomas, the new guy, he's curious. He wants to know what's going on there and he wants to know more about the runners and it, it stirs up a lot of shit because like they're, they're pretty set in their ways. Gotcha. The movie, it's, it's pretty fun. The action was okay. The acting was okay. Nothing was stellar about either. Uh, I did like the use of practical effects in the movie with the maze. I thought that was very cool. You didn't really get a sense of like uh, the actual scale of the maze, though, and I thought that that hurt the movie in some ways. You never got like a uh, big overhead a pan. big overhead pan. Um, you know, they do show you something later, but it's not of the actual maze. Uh, the dude that played Thomas, he was okay. He didn't really sell me until the end of the film. Um, the kid that played Newt was great, and he looks to me, he looks like a young Obi Wan uh, Kenobi. That's awesome. So, I mean, if they ever do like a childhood Obi Wan Kenobi film, this fucking Newt kid is amazing. I'm gonna give this movie a taste. It. Uh, if there's nothing in the theaters right now that really interests you to see, uh, go see Maze Runner. Uh, it, it's worth it. it. It's fun to see in the theater. Um, if not, you know, if if you don't really don't care to see a movie in September if you've gotten like the summer uh, fucking fever movie fever out and you're good yeah. then just wait for it on Redbox and watch it at home but I'm going to give it a taste it nice uh, without spoiling did it have like a cliffhanger ending or did it have some closure no, um, you know, that's the thing. Like, they, they put a little bit of closure on it because they didn't know that a sequel was going to get made. But there's enough there that they can do a sequel. They, they, uh, you know, it, the story does wrap itself up and there's, there's, there's other things that they do need to tackle and explore in this world. The, the world's opened up quite a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they're definitely going to do the sequel. I don't know where they're going to go with this. Hmm. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that, uh, no, I'm gonna, no spoilers, no spoilers. Just watch the movie and ho- hopefully you get something out of it. Hopefully you enjoy it. It's probably a good movie, like on a Sunday, lazy Sunday, watch it at home. Yeah. Did you see it in 3D or 2D? Just 2D. Gotcha. Just 2D. I didn't think that this was like, you know, I'm gonna see like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in 3D or gra- yeah. Gravity in 3D. Uh, yeah. I- I'm not gonna go see this type of movie in 3D. Especially like, like you said, if they're not showing any like, you know, beautiful shots of exactly, the maze or anything, right. what's exactly. the point? Exactly, exactly. You never really get a sense of the full scale of the maze. So, yeah, that's that, interesting. That kind of makes me wonder why they would send the, I mean, what else are you going to do? But like the assumption that the runners don't come back, how big is the maze? If it's going to take them longer than a day to traverse, if, you know, however they went. Assuming there's a reason they don't come back, not just that they get lost. I think something gets them or something, something. Or leave and say, fuck this. Yeah. Somehow they're given a choice to where they go back and help everybody else where they can be guaranteed their freedom. Final thing I want to talk about, and I think we can wrap up Good Pop, Bad Pop, and then head into our new segment. I went yesterday, and a movie I've really been wanting to see, and, uh, to see uh, I went and saw The Equalizer, and it is based off the TV show The Equalizer. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You I, d- I just thought the name was just a coincidence. Nope. I didn't. <laughs> it's based off the TV show The Equalizer. It's inspired <laughs> by that TV show. Uh, basically, simple synopsis. A man believes he has put his mysterious past behind him and has dedicated himself to be 
beginning a new quiet life. But when he meets a young girl under the control of ultra-violent Russian gangsters, he can't stand idly by. He has to help her. It stars Denzel Washington as Robert McCall, Martin Koskis as Teddy, Chloe Grace Moretz as Terry. It also stars David Harbour, uh, Haley Bennett, and then Bill Pullman. Oh, nice. Bill Pullman, I, I could tell it was him, but man, he's he's aged a little bit since the, like the, maybe the last Bill Pullman movie I've seen. Yeah, which I don't even know what that would be, right? Uh, yeah, Independence yeah. Day. Yeah, that's different. the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen him in anything. I saw, I think I saw him in like uh, uh, not Perfect Midnight uh, Zero Effect, I think with uh, Ben Stiller, but that might have been made before Independence Day. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so this is a modern day tale of heroism. Uh, in one point of the movie, he mentions a knight in shining armor, and what's so bizarre is like when he's talking to Chloe Grace Moretz about being a knight, in, uh, about not himself being a knight in shining armor. I was actually thinking the exact same thing about his character being this knight in shining armor. I was actually using that same sentence. And then I'm not even kidding you. Like 10 seconds later, he mentioned something uh, about uh, a knight in shining armor. And I'm just like, holy shit. He just, wow. he just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> it was really bizarre. Now that's the actress that played Hit Girl is who that is? Yeah, Hit Girl. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Denzel Washington plays Robert McCall, and we don't really know about a, a lot about this guy's past. Uh, you know, what we do know is that he works at a place like uh, like a Home Depot, mm-hmm. and he seems like a really likable guy. Everybody there likes him. He's a good guy. You know, most of the people he meets and that he interacts with, he, he meets at his job or at this diner uh, he frequents at night while reading books. That's where he meets uh, Chloe Grace Moretz's character. Um, what I like about the movie a lot is that even though like we don't know a lot about this guy's past, like what we do see from his life in the present as Robert McCall, we like. Gotcha. We like this guy. You likable character. Exactly. I don't. You know, it's like it's like whatever. He's got this past. Whatever. That's that that, that they're, they're doing such a great job of fleshing out who this guy is right now in the moment mm-hmm. that I'm really liking this guy's character. So. Uh, he, he's working with this younger guy to get his weight down at the Home Depot place so this guy can be a security guard there. You know, he's doing all these great things. And at the diner, he's like a friend of this, uh, Chloe Grace Moritz character of Terry. Uh, she's a call girl. Okay. So she's got a rough life. Gotcha. So, but he's a good friend of her and they talk about like these books that he's reading, you know. And, uh, basically the story, it takes this really dark turn where, you know, her character gets beaten because she hits a client one night uh, who hits her first. So he hits her, she hits him back, and she's put into the hospital. Mm. I mean, she gets beaten, they throw her into the hospital, she's in the hospital. Robert McCall, Denzel Washington's character, now he finds out about this, and there are a bunch of these girls. He finds out there's a bunch of these girls who are all Russian girls who are sex slaves in America. So what they do is they bring these girls over from Russia, and her character was brought over when she was really young. Mm. So she doesn't have like a thick Russian accent. But some of the girls do. But they're just like sex slaves here in America. And uh, he goes to the bar where these guys hang out, you know, that uh, that run this whole operation. Okay. And he offers them. He comes into the room. And, I mean, he's got like he's got like the big Russian mobster sitting at the desk. You know, he's got the other guys with like tattoos and shit, gang tattoos and shit like that. One holding like a gun with a silencer. One holding a knife. You know, like four or five guys, intimidating looking motherfuckers. And he walks in there, and you know, you don't you, you don't know because you don't know about this guy's past. You yeah. don't know like what, what's going to go down. What's here. he going to do? Exactly. Like, exactly. Exactly. So the thing is, he's like, hey, I'm going to offer you ninety eight hundred dollars to let her free. <laughs> 
and they basically say, okay, yeah, she's free for a month because you know what? She gets, she, she brings in that, that amount of money every month. After that month, you gotta bring me another $10,000. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so they laugh at him and then all hell breaks loose and he finds out that this operation is much bigger than anyone could ever imagine and everyone is involved, like Russian mafia, Irish gangs, and even the feds. Oh. It's crazy. The action is really good. The choreography is great. They really do a great job of fleshing out the character of Robert McCall. By the end of the movie, you really like the guy. And I always like a movie where even though the villain uh, – and I mean he's a real badass in this movie. Gotcha. The villain's a badass. But Who plays the villain? Um, that guy that I said, uh, it was, uh, Martin Koskis. Hmm. Not familiar with that. I'm not very familiar with him either, but the hero, Robert McCall, (laughs) where this movie succeeds is he's even a bigger badass. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're more scared of that guy than you are the fucking villain. And I love that. I love it when the hero strikes fear. This is like a Batman tale. This is like, you know what I mean? I yeah. love it when the hero strikes it. as much fear as the fucking villain, if not more. I'm going to give this movie a high taste, and that is high praise for a movie like this for me. Yeah, it sounds good. Very high praise. I think it's a great story, and for an action film, it's it's excellent. Denzel Washington is by far the best part of this movie. His performance is a Tupperware. Nice. You know, and I usually don't give two separate ratings. Like I gave Tom Hardy a Tupperware rating for uh, Locke, mm-hmm. and uh, but I gave the overall overall movie a high taste it. I usually don't give two separate ratings, but his performance in this is so fucking good because they do such a great job of fleshing out his character in this. Mm-hmm. His performance is a Tupperware. Uh, the villain has the weakest part in it for me. You know, I don't think that they did a great job of fleshing out his character. You know he's a badass, but you don't really know why yeah. you should be scared of this so, guy. So they do flesh out um, Denzel's character. Very much gotcha. so. And it's a great character piece on that fucking Denzel Washington side. Robert McCall, I want to know more about this guy. This guy is fucking amazing. Um, but uh, overall, this movie's really good. I'm going to give it a very, very, the highest of taste Um Did you have something to say, Frank? I, I saw a couple of uh, TV ads where they had reviews of it, and a, a f- yeah. somebody said that I know you brought it up a couple of episodes ago, but somebody said that his performance in Training Day, uh, this was better than that. What would you say? Totally different characters. Um, totally different characters. Uh, I think both are equally amazing because this character in Training Day uh, and Ethan Hawke, I think that what makes Training Day a better movie is the fact that they fleshed out both Ethan Hawke's character. You knew where he was coming from. He was a good cop. Right. Yeah. He was a good cop. That's my favorite Denzel. And Denzel's so off, like he's not playing his typical character. Right. He's right. kind of a real scumbag right. yeah. exactly. in that one. Exactly. Yeah. So they did a better job in – that's why I kind of got to get this movie a high taste in as right. opposed to like a tra- Training day, which is a Tupperware, because like yeah. the villain's not as fleshed out, right? And no fault to this guy. I think it had to do with like you know the writing that they gave him. Mm-hmm. It's a two-hour and twelve-minute story, so I think they could have done a little bit better job of fleshing this character out because it is a longer movie. Yeah, they have the time. It sounds they like. have the time, but you know what? If I'm going to get one character over the other, if they're going to flesh out one character more than the other, I want them to flesh out Robert McCall because fucking Denzel did a great job in this movie. It was right. really good. That's cool. great to hear. Yeah. yeah. So definitely watch this movie. You don't. Have have to watch it in IMAX. Uh, it is in IMAX. You don't have to watch it in IMAX. But I, I strongly urge people, if you want to see something, uh, if you want to see a good action movie, if you want to see Denzel being a badass, yeah, definitely check this out in the theaters. I'm not going to tell you not to see it in theaters. I'm not going to tell you you got to see this in Redbox. It's a good movie to see in theater. It really is. Nice. It's a good movie to see in the theater. Um, what I didn't like about this film is, uh, is right after the movie comes out, 
they released this statement from Denzel Washington. Now, if you don't want any spoilers about the movie, fast forward just maybe like two, three minutes into this podcast because this is a little spoilerish. Okay. I, um, I don't mind. Lay them on me. This weekend, uh, basically, uh, there's a press release that came out about this, like a, kind of like an interview that they had with, uh, it's a statement from Denzel Washington. And it was, uh, and it said, uh, this weekend's equalizer has the potential to launch a whole new action franchise for Denzel Washington, but the actor is wary of getting ahead of himself. And here's his quote. Denzel says, I've been asked before to do a sequel, but look, the audience is first, the offer is second, and the script is next. It depends on the material. If it's not on the page, I'm not doing it. So that comes from Yahoo. Hmm. So they're already asking him to do a sequel. And most people, this I read this before I'd seen the movie. And most people haven't seen the movie yet. So reading this quote, I know his character doesn't die. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. And going into the movie... I have no fear about his character because I read this quote, and that's why I ask people to skip ahead. I'm not trying to spoil the movie for anybody. If you didn't skip ahead and you still wanted to see this movie, I'm sorry, whatever. It's still worth seeing. I read this shit before I saw the movie. I still enjoyed it. But watching the movie, maybe having a little more fear for the character's death yeah. would have made me enjoy it maybe just a little bit more. I agree. Right? Yeah. That's the kind of thing that kind of works against like James Bond movies and even the Bourne movies exactly. and even like Batman movies. Exactly. It's like you know you know this character is not going to die. Right. But why spoil it with this movie when yeah. you when you can exactly? It's not known media whether he lives or dies. Well, I know they, they, they had before. the TV show. Yeah, but yeah. big deal. Yeah. I mean, they could. Oh, yeah, he dies. I mean, they could have done it. I mean, I had no fear. Yeah. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, I, I've had that happen. Uh, you know, the same exact thing. You know, with the show, and uh, I don't want to say what it is. That way, you know, we're not going to spoil it. But. Um, yeah, you watch it and it's like it's still good, but it, it absolutely takes away from the experience. It does. It does. It really does. So, yeah. Great movie. Equalizer's really good. Great action sequences. It's not too over the top. You know, I love Tony Ja. I love shit like that. I like watching this guy do things that are just like inhuman. You know, Jackie Chan doing shit that's just inhuman. What kind of shit is Denzel doing in this? Is it like firearms or like hand to hand combat and shit? He's almost, he's, he's, he, it's hand to hand combat and it's mental too. Huh. What's really cool about this fucking movie is like right before he makes a move, he's very cold and calculated. So you, they actually, what they do is they do this amazing cinematography and it kind of reminds me of shit that you'll see like in a david fincher film okay where like you know in fight club where they'll like pan away and you'll see like the gas and that like right before the house explodes yeah right and you'll see the gas and stuff like that but you're seeing what's going on through his mind it's almost like the mind of a detective i'd like to see them do a scene like this with batman as batman's in a room and there's about shit about go- shit going on. This is the cool way that they can make Batman a detective. Mm-hmm. Not only does he have to be just like out of the scene and in the bat cave, like, you know, okay, I'm going to find out what chemicals are in this fucking scarecrow thing or what the Joker's like this fucking gas that he's putting out. <laughs> Whatever. That's, they've done that. Whatever. That's cool detective work. But not only detective work there, but just like, you know, playing a game of chess in his mind and seeing like, okay, this guy's got a fucking Uzi. This right. guy's got a fucking knife. Yeah. This guy behind here, there's a shotgun underneath the desk. What he's doing is like he's seeing all these things and you see it through his eyes. Mm. And then he does this fucking 
badass thing where it's almost like he knows how fucking good he is at what he does and he will hit this timer on his watch and he says 16 seconds <laughs> and he wow. will time himself on how many fucking people he can kill in this room and then he'll actually take like you know what the actual time was and he'll be like oh uh it was uh, 27 seconds. So, yeah, I got to work on that by like a le- or, uh, minus the nine seconds that I took to walk around. And then he'll come out with the right time or something. Like that. It was really cool just the way like he would hit that stopwatch on his watch. What it kind of reminds me of is the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes uh-huh. when he uh, was in the pit fighting. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about. How- yeah. 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 What, how does this compare to that? It's been a while since I've seen the Sherlock Holmes movies. But it, it's a lot of the same kind of gotcha. kind of thing. I yeah. thought that was badass because it shows how fast his fucking mind moves. Yeah. I, I liked that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. They was- slow time down when they do it, and it like the whole perception, like the whole like um, shade of the movie changes. Yeah, so it does look different, but you're uh-huh. seeing things from his eyes, right? And like you know, you kind of like get an idea of like what moves he's going to make, and then they put it into place, and it's a really cool way to show that. Right. And this was not just an action movie that they threw together; they did a great job. It sounds like that's what made the watch even cooler because then you saw like how long it actually did take. Yeah, you, you saw yeah. like you know slowed down. It's like. 30, 40 seconds of thinking, right? And it was only like 20 some seconds. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's kind of screwed up, but you know, professional athletes. I wonder, I mean, obviously it's not going to be anything silly like that, but it, you got to wonder how they pull off some of the stuff that they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went sports again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Frank, you had me until you brought that up. Well, no, we've talked about like off air about Rodman, like yeah. watching. Uh, videos of rebounds of certain people's shots. Right. So, you know, he would know right where to be depending on where, who was shooting from where. Okay, I'm just going to agree with you so, okay, can, so we can move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, it's, it, it, I like, I like what Denzel said. He, you know, when they asked him about the sequel, he says, you know, it's the audience first, the offer's second, and then the script is next. It depends on the material. And what I like about what he's saying is because it, it feels to me, and if you give me shit about this, it's fine. If the army wants to give me shit about it, it's fine. If you like the actor, that's fine. And I do like the actor, too. It sounds the opposite, the exact opposite of Liam Neeson's approach to every movie he's doing now. <laughs> because if it, I think if it was up to him, they wouldn't be just doing this Taken 3. I think they'd be on Taken 6 or 7 right now. Oh, no kidding. It's ridiculous. It's like fucking Jaws. Taken 3 has already been greenlit. I it's know. coming out. Oh, yeah. I heard about that yeah i was i tweeted you a link to that because it yeah. was really funny to me when you think this dude would stick some gps under her skin by now yeah what's gonna get taken next his, right. dog, his, <laughs> his dog his goldfish his dentures yeah <laughs> i just want to see i want to see oh god i just want to honestly at this point i think it would be just refreshing just to see a movie where liam neeson gets his ass kicked yeah. Just just a movie where he's just a regular guy getting his ass kicked. Make him vulnerable. Exactly. Make him vulnerable. Just make him getting his ass kicked in a movie. I just want to see a movie where Liam Neeson just gets his ass kicked for two hours. You could always just make a vine of Liam Neeson uh, <laughs> no, dying in uh, episode one. 
Six seconds forever. No, I just no. I want to see. I just want to see a movie where people are thinking that they're going to see Liam Neeson kicking some ass, and it's just like there's oh, no right. redemption story. It's just Liam mm-hmm. Neeson getting you know his ass kicked for two hours. The terrorist win. The yeah. terrorist win. And that's <laughs> they it. could do that's him the like the they did Brian Cranston and Godzilla. Stick him in there for 15 minutes and kill him off. No, it's like I just want to see that. All I want to see is just him doing a different type of movie. Yeah. I want to yeah. see him go the Matthew McConaughey route. Yeah. Jake, you had a great idea last week. Show play him being, a character. Play yeah. a character. Play somebody famous. Mm-hmm. Do something. like like that do something just totally out of the norm that he's not doing right now i don't want to see this guy this guy should not be the type of an actor who's typecast you know what i mean i I know exactly what you mean even denzel like he does a lot of the same kind of roles but he still manages to it he he still flips it up and absolutely and does a lot of different stuff here and there you know and he can still do taking eight thousand Right. But just mix it up a little bit. Mix it up a little should, bit. Show yeah. some rain. Not every movie that you know, uh, fucking uh, Bruce Willis makes is Die Hard. No, right. exactly, exactly. Come so. on, Liam. We know you got the acting ability. Just give us something a little bit different than what you've been showing us lately, man. That's yeah. all I'm saying, dude. I still love you. And we know you got it in you. We got it. You got it in you. <laughs> all right, guys. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do the pop culture leftovers news. Took a super obscure comic book and turned it into the biggest movie of the year, which means one thing. Marvel can't fail. Next summer, we're releasing Ant-Man. It's about a guy who talks to ants. What? Yeah. We don't even need comic books anymore. We made a superhero team by pointing at a bunch of random words in the dictionary. You're going to fall in love with Marvel's Creatures of the Cosmos. You're telling me the fate of the world is in the hands of a pastry chef, a Harlem Globetrotter, an alien real estate sign spinner, a dude dressed as Grimace, and an office chair. They're humanity's last hope. It seems ridiculous. But I'm on board. Check out this bold move. We took the first four people we found on a city bus and made a movie with them. We dare you not to see Marvel's Bus People. Hey, we're back. We're going to do the Pop Culture Leftovers news now. So, yeah, Pop Culture Leftovers news. My favorite part of the show. Here it comes. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. <laughs> all right, so Jake was telling me that he wanted to do the Pop Culture Leftovers news this week. So, Jake, what do you got for us? We got all kinds of news, right? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> I don't have it all mapped out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucked up. Yeah. I'm just, 
I'm fucking with you. All right, we need another break. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back in a couple hours. (laughs) Jake's going to get some news together. (laughs) Now, all right, guys. uh, There's rumors of so many of our beloved 80s movies that are getting rumors of sequels. Gremlins, Goonies, Ghostbusters. And here's another movie that's been in limbo for the past 20 years. Bill and Ted 3, starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. All right, so one thing before we jump into this, we're going to talk about Bill and Ted 3, but one thing before we jump into this is, do you guys want to hear my idea for a fucking Ghostbusters 3, if they do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, if they do the female route, and I was talking to Bryce Logan, one of our listeners, about this fucking shit. Okay. If they do a Ghostbusters 3 and they do the all-female cast, they need to get females, I don't know, they don't even need to have them around the same age. We all know that Venkman was a ladies' man, right? Mm. Yeah. Let's say that he had daughters by four different women, and they find out that they're all Venkman's daughters. Oh, my God. But for some reason, they've got, like, you know, for some reason, I don't know, they all become Ghostbusters. Okay. I love the idea. That's not a bad idea. He's a right. ladies' man, you know. I mean, probably planted a seed out there a few times <laughs> and probably didn't know about it. And they they come to find out, you know what I mean? And that could still tie him into the show. I, that's my idea. Yeah, they could all just find each other, and then mm-hmm. some kind of thing could, some haunting could happen, and then bada boom, bada bing. Exactly. So yeah, there's my Ghostbusters three pitch. And then the baby could be their secretary, <laughs> grown up version of the baby. Gotcha. Yeah. Which baby? Ghostbusters too? Yeah, Oscar. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oscar. it's not it's not his kid though. Oh. See, I always thought it was. That's Rick Moranis's and um Oh, that's Sigourney no. Weaver's Sigourney kid Weaver's. from someone else. Yeah, that's from somebody not, else. I, so okay, the violinist was the the dad. I just thought that they were dating. They didn't really they never came out and said. No. Shut, the, shut the fuck up, Frank. All right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we're gonna talk about uh Bill and Ted three. Uh let's see here. Now, you know, we know that uh, Alex Winter, uh, you know, he played uh, uh Bill and uh he he and Ed Solomon they finished the script. We 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 talked about that last year on the podcast on one of our first episodes. Um I think the big hurdle that they're having with Bill and Ted three is like finances. The budget that they want for the film, you know, the studio is balking at the amount. It's a lot of money for the effects. Well, how, how you know, like, what are they, probably 20, 30 mil? Uh, you know, I'm thinking some, for something like this, maybe anywhere in between 60 to 100 million. Oof, yeah. Wow. You know, um, you know, and, and then like people are going to say, oh, do a Kickstarter, do a <laughs> Kickstarter. You know, you can't finance a film like this or like Hellboy. You know, as much as you want to see, like, Hellboy 3, you're not going to fucking finance Hellboy 3 through a Kickstarter. I totally agree. It's it's ludicrous. Exactly. You might be able to get, like, you know, your Veronica Mars thing or whatever the fuck, but you're not going to be able to finance, you know, Bill and Ted 3. You're not going to be able to finance Hellboy 3. It's not going to happen. Right. So it's just not possible. Now, before we talk about, you know, some of the new news that's been coming out of this, you know, Bill and Ted 3 thing, I want to pose the question to you guys, and I want you guys to answer. You know, give me your opinions. Do you guys still want to see this movie made? Uh, I'm, I don't, not really. It doesn't really matter to me. I, Bill and Ted one is a classic to me. Bill and Bill and Ted two is kind of the jump the shark Bill and Ted movie to me. And I, I don't need a Bill and Ted three unless it's just dynamite good. I mean, I'd be willing to give it a chance, but I'm not hankering for it by any means. I agree. And then also with Keanu Reeves to try to see him degenerate back into. Whoa! <laughs> Degenerate back into well, and well. Okay, his his personality as an you know actor. I've heard that he's you know like that, like really. Yeah. But uh, I mean, he's been in like The Matrix, and he does a lot of action movies. You know, he was in Speed. Yeah. 
Everybody so. gives him shit. Everybody gives Keanu Reeves shit, you know, and stuff like that. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I think there are other better actors that could have done, like, The Matrix and stuff like that. But I don't think there are any other better actors that could have done fucking Bill and Ted. I don't think there are any other actors that could have done a better fucking point break. I think he was made for that kind of shit. Right. Yeah. And I think he I think he has, like, uh, I, I think he is a better actor now because of some of these things. Speed I, 1 is a great movie. Yeah. Speed 1 is a great movie. Yeah. And I enjoyed the 47 Ronin. I did. I thought he was good. Yeah, I, I think there could have been better actors at the time when they made The Matrix. I've always said, you know, back when Val Kilmer was like a, a, a healthier looking guy. I think Val Kilmer could have played a great Neo. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. there was other actors back in that time that could have been a, just as good as him. Um, but one thing that I will say about Keanu Reeves is he does play a good guy in a movie that's disconnected from the world that doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and I give him a lot of shit because I feel like in like the Matrix movies, like everybody else knows what's going on and kind of Keanu Reeves is getting overloaded with information mm-hmm. and he gives you that, whoa, oh, whoa. Yeah. whoa. But he does that really well. He yeah. does right. it really well. And in the Matrix, that's the perfect world for him to be in because he doesn't know shit. So he plays a really good guy that's being <laughs> introduced to something that he has no clue about. So he does pull that off in my opinion. He does it much better than say like Mark Wahlberg, right? Agree. Yeah. But I mean, would they would they really have to go him? Would he really have to go back into the over the top? I mean, also the body language too of Bill. I mean, you know, he's like bobbing his head all over the place. Wild like, stallions. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it gets a free pass pretty much because it came out in the '80s. I just don't think that that would play off real well now. Okay. What, are you, what are your thoughts on it, Brian? Are you do you like Back to, or Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's Two, as much as the first one? No, the first one, the first one was great. Uh, Bill and Ted Two, I did like it. It was originally supposed to be called Bill and Ted Go to Hell. They thought that was a little too racy at the time. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to call it Bill and Ted Go to Hell because you know they wanted. Of course, you know Hollywood wants to get people in the door, so they called it the bogus journey but i did think it had some redeeming shit i I did enjoy the fact that they got to play the games against death i thought that that was was very funny i like station i thought station was pretty funny (laughs) um you know there were things that i liked about it i liked reconnecting with the characters you know and they did tie a lot of the things from the first movie you know bill was supposed to go to this alaskan military camp Mm -hmm. and in the second movie yeah he's getting threatened with it again and like one he finds it in like his uh when they go through that uh that 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 room where you open up the doors and the doors have like your worst nightmare come to life you know and like that was one of the things i thought it was funny that like easter bunny stuff the easter bunny shit (laughs) exactly uh the grandma with like the hair coming out of her mole wanting to kiss him and stuff like that (laughs) when they were kids yeah i thought that was funny i thought they they did a good job with that um the whole scene where they filmed it in the desert where the uh the evil us's killed Mm. them the robots killed them yeah that whole scene was filmed at a star trek location which i thought was really funny you know what i mean Uh, from the original series and they actually show that clip from the star trek movie i thought that was funny in the movie um i liked how uh the father in the original film that was dating uh the stepmother the other father in the second film is dating her <laughs> right just like the mere opposites you get to see like the princesses again and stuff like that so when it, you ask me the question do i want to see bill and ted three i do when it comes to this franchise and the goonies both of those movies have something in common uh something going for them like that gremlins doesn't that uh, uh what's the other one ghostbusters does does not have and uh going for it everyone involved in those previous films they want to come back and they want to do the sequel
sequels. I can't say that for Gremlins, like I said. Ghostbusters, of course, you know, we can't get, we can't get Harold Ramis and Bill Murray doesn't want to do it. Yeah, he's being uh, real stubborn about exactly. it. Exactly. So I always like the characters, you know, of Bill S. Preston Esquire. I love, I love Ted Theodore Logan. And I want to see, you know, what, the, what, what are the wild stallions? What are they up to these days? I, are they still with the princesses? Uh, do they have kids? Uh, you know, the big problem is that, you know, we don't have Rufus now that George Carlin's yeah, passed that's away. A shame. Uh, but I think in a previous episode, I think we mentioned, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, get the closest thing to, uh, you know, his successor in Louis C.K. That would be hilarious. You know, to play his son or something, you know, because even though that they could say, you know, he's dead, these movies, they deal with time travel, so that's a problem. But just get his son in there, get Louis C.K. to take over as the successor. I think people would like that. Um, yeah, I absolutely, I want to see Bill and Ted 3 come to fruition, because everybody that's involved in this, they want to see the project come back to life. That's got- why I want to see it. Do you guys remember the uh, Bill and Ted cartoon? Yeah, I was yeah. thinking about that. Bill yeah. and Ted's most excellent <laughs> adventures. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. That was fun stuff. They had a NES game, too. That was pretty fun. I don't think I ever played it. Yeah. I remember, like, I was watching the Bill and Ted cartoon, and it was so fucking stupid, but I loved it. Uh, I remember they were going to crash in a plane, and uh, Bill and Ted are talking about how are they going to survive this. And I think it was, uh, it was Bill. He's like, you know what? Like, Five feet before we crash, let's just jump out and we'll be fine. And they did it and it worked. And I just thought it was what a genius. <laughs> exactly. It was, it, it was hilarious. Yeah, why didn't Wiley Coyote ever think of exactly. that? Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I totally want to see it. But you know, back to the news at hand, Yahoo UK, they chatted with Alex Winter, uh, recently and they asked him about Bill and Ted three and he had this to say. Bill and Ted will be 40-something, and it's all about Bill and Ted grown up or not grown up. It's really sweet and really fucking funny. But it's it's a Bill and Ted movie. That's that's what it is. It's for the fans of Bill and Ted. It fits very neatly in the series. If it's not going to feel like – it's not going to feel like a reboot. Uh, the conceit is really funny. Uh, what – if you're middle-aged, haven't really grown up, and you're supposed to say to have already saved the world, and maybe just maybe you kind of haven't. Well, that's selling me more on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot more on it. Yeah, that he's so you know confident about what the material that they have and everything. I just don't want to see, you know, just something put out there just to keep it going. You no, know? I really want to see the love behind it. Alex Winter has been a, uh, a cheerleader for this movie for a long time. Keanu Reeves, he's he's wanting to do it. These guys are wanting to do it, and they've got a script ready to go. They're just looking for financing. I want to see it. Um, he, Alex Winter says, there's many versions of ourselves in this movie. It's answering the question, what happened to these guys? They're supposed to have done all this stuff. They weren't the brightest bulbs on the tree. What happened 20 years later? To answer that question in a comedic way felt rich and po- with possibility. So I, I want to see this movie. I want to see it get made. If it bombs, it bombs. Do you think either of them will have kids? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What I don't want to do is like take those kids and turn those into a spinoff film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I want the, I want them to, if they can do some great casting with these kids, because there's a lot of talented kid actors. We're going to talk about David Mizzou and Gotham. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about any other kid actors really other than him, but (laughs) like, you know, like there's a lot of talented kid actors out there. The the young kid that plays, uh, in the Goldbergs is just, he's hilarious. Yeah. If they could get a really good kid actor to come in, 
in there and play like a younger version of these guys, you know, maybe like even do it like they don't even have to be like them. It It'd be, be funny if they were the opposite. opposite. I was thinking yeah, like total like, square nerds. Exactly. Like uh, vinegar and water. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Just totally opposite. And they're know? just disgusted that, that their kids don't have the rock and roll spirit. That yeah. They're just like, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That'd I be think fun. that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. So I'm ready for I'm ready for a Bill and Ted three, you know, and I'm hoping that that it can, you know. And the thing is, and part of the reason is because we've seen a lot of Keanu Reeves over the years, but you know, Alex Winter's been kind of like uh, not in the limelight, not doing films like that, you know. And so I want to see more Alex Winter. Yeah. And the guy, he's still in good shape. He's not. He's not. Uh, he he still looks like a young guy. He's still in good shape. And and both of these guys, I think, could could do a really good movie yeah i saw the picture of him for the link to this article mm-hmm. and i was like yeah well he he definitely can still pull it off yeah if totally they, if they can capture the magic again sure i i always compared uh dude where's my car is trying to be a wannabe version of it without any sci-fi element yeah i can see that yeah and i love the louis ck suggestion there was still sci-fi element in that movie at the end of the movie where well, you had like yeah. the hundred foot woman at the end yeah. Oh, yeah and the women the extremely hot babes or whatever <laughs> gotcha yeah, yeah. So, all right, uh, let's keep it uh, Keanu Reeves. Next story has to deal with them. <laughs> Keanu Reeves was asked by Yahoo a few years ago uh, about ever making a Speed 3 in which he replied, quote, that bus has left. So recently on the Nerdist. Dun, dun, yeah. <laughs> so recently the Nerdist, they asked him uh, about Speed 3 and his reply was, Speed 3, the redemption? Sure. Drac Traven, dusting it off. So, get that shit on a train. That's what I say. So, could we see a Speed Three? And would you want to? Would you want Sandra Bullock to return? Because I mean, we had Speed Two, Cruise Control with oh. Jason Patrick. I saw the movie. Not good. Um, and it was on a boat. That's what made boat. it so laughable. Yeah, it was like, how fast right. is this boat? If this boat goes under <laughs> twenty knocks, this whole thing is going to explode. <laughs> right. And what? Right. Right. Yeah. Turns out it was called the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> so. Speed 3, do you want to see a Speed 3? Uh, Sandra Bullock returning, do you think that's a possibility? Do you want it to return? Speed 3, what do you want? What do you want? I'm down. I thought, um, I love Speed 1, and a lot of it is the chemistry between Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. It was really great chemistry. Great villain. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. Dennis right. Hopper, yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, he was super great in that movie. I, I just don't think you'd see Sandra Bullock come back and do it, though, not after Gravity. Yeah, I think Sandra Bullock would do something like this. I don't sure. think I don't think it's beneath her at no, all. Not at I, all. She I, did the heat after that a yeah. comedy. Oh, okay. She's all over the oh, board. That's right. I mean, the same year she won an Oscar, she won the Razzie. And they've yeah. already done the Lake House together back in two thousand six. It's not like she wouldn't work with Keanu again. Right. It's kinda like Natalie Portman a little bit. I yeah. mean, yeah, she started off in Demolition Man, which was a fun movie. She had a fun part in that movie and she was a great actress in that movie. She was kind of comic relief in that movie. Yeah, and what yeah. was the football movie that she just had a lot of praise the for? The blind Side. Yeah, she this like I said, the same year she won the Oscar for that is the same year she won the Razzie for All About Steve. Both those movies came out the same year. Right. Gotcha. So I I think that's one thing that's really cool about Sandra Bullock is she's not so full of herself that she won't do. What all would you guys want to see out of Speed? You, you, speed Three. You said you saw you, like uh, let's put him on a fucking train. Yeah, I think that's cool. Okay, I like that. Runaway idea. Train. You know, even the train stuff in Speed One was really cool. But let's let's do a bigger Runaway Train sequence. You know. I'm trying to think because anything I can think of just seems tropey. Yeah, get, keep them off of the water. Well, the first thing I was thinking of was uh, the plane thing. 
let's do multiple things, have multiple things going on at once, you know? Make it like a triathlon? Yeah. <laughs> a train thing and a bus thing happen at the same time, you know? I got- literally do that. You run your ass from here to here, and you better be there by noon or I'm blowing somebody up. <laughs> <laughs> we need just as good a villain, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, it was uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, late the late Dennis Hopper, who played that villain. He, he did a great job. Who, who would you guys like to see as a villain in, like, Speed 3? Let's get Malkovich to do it. John Malkovich, good choice. Yeah. I was thinking Russell Crowe. That's good, too. Yeah. Yeah. But you definitely, I think, no matter what, you need a name for that villain. I, yeah, absolutely. You, you need somebody like uh, like Dennis Hopper. Yeah, you can't sell Dennis Hopper short at all. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You gotta ump the you gotta up the ante. Now, guys, um, do you want to hear my theory for what they should do with this? And it's totally out of the box. It'll never happen. But Oof. this is what they fucking need. It. Hollywood needs to fucking do this kind of shit. You guys ready? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We've been talking a lot about universe building in a lot of these movies, right? You know, the Avengers was the event film where you take all these characters that have been in these movies and you put them together, right? Okay. Okay. And and I know that this, like I said, I know this is never going to happen, but think about it this way. Let's say Keanu Reeves is on, like, let's say a train. He's on a train and, you know... Uh, or something, and, and you know, people are rolling their eyes again. Okay, here, we, here he is. I think a, I know where you're going. He's with on this, this I train. Like this. Now, let's say there's a passenger on the back of this train, and he stands up and he says, "My name is John McClane. Uh, My name is John McClane of the NYPD." Now we're all fucking blown away. Like, okay, now we got the casting announcement. We got the casting announcement. Like, this is not going to blow us away. We knew, let's say we knew Bruce Willis was going to be in this movie, but we didn't know who he was going to play. And when he stands up, he says, my name's John McClane. Okay? Now, I, I, I don't see this particular thing happening, you know, because Speed is Sony, and then, you know, Die Hard is 20th Century Fox. Correct. But yeah. I think that this is what Hollywood needs to do. They need to take all the names of these guys uh, that they, like, they, they took all the names of these, like, these actors uh, th- that we knew from the, the, the 80s franchise, and they put them all in a movie called The Expendables. And I think, for the most part, Expendables was pretty, pretty damn successful. Now, if they could, bl- if they could blend some of the characters that we know, you know, that these studios are working with and put them in other movies with each other, I think this could be pretty fucking awesome. Can you imagine the reaction? Like, uh, and I'm not saying it's going to be John McClane, but let's say that did happen. The reaction of people in this fucking movie and all of a sudden this guy's like, hey, you know, I'm John McClane of the NYPD and he's on the same fucking train as Jack Traven in Speed. People would be blown away. That's going to get my attention Fist pump right there. Right. It's going to rejuvenate both franchises because that last movie was a pile of dog shit. And I think this is what Hollywood needs to do. So Sony needs to take a look at some of like the backlog of some of the characters that they have that they can bring into this speed universe yeah. and do this world building and put them all in the same movie. That's yeah. my suggestion to get this shit back on track. Die Hard's a perfect example, too, because really at this point it's not anything else other than a cash-in anyway. So yeah, I never saw the last Die Hard myself either. Yeah, yeah, he, his not son's losing in anything. it. Ugh, yeah. yeah, so the last one I saw was the "Live Free or Die Hard," which right. was four, I think. Right. So yeah, so I, yeah, that'd be awesome. I, Hollywood would have such a hard time keeping that under the wraps, though. Oh, like they yeah. couldn't help but open their fucking mouths. Well, we know that Bruce Willis was cast in the yeah. movie, or or said actor is cast in the movie. You, if you if. If you gave him a code name or whatever and then had it drop opening day, that would be amazing. How about making John McClane the fucking villain? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. It'd be a stretch. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that'd be cool, though. Well, 
a villain in the sense of like maybe him and Jack Traven are bumping heads on the train, right. mm-hmm. fighting for like that alpha male position. And then two cabs up, Jack Bauer stands up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, now we're getting crazy with it. But- we have 24 hours to stop this train. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the direction that Hollywood needs to go in. You know what I mean? Maybe Jack Traven, like in this day and age, can't stand by himself and you need like Sony to pull out like an older property, like an older character that we're all familiar with from another film to stand in there with them and uh, maybe generate some more uh, buzz about Speed 3. Yeah. How about Liam as the villain? Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Give him a villain role. Yeah, yeah right. Be something different for him. Well, Reja Ghoul, but that yeah. totally different like thing, yeah. you know. Like yeah. this is another like one of those action movies that he's usually playing the good guy in. Yeah, he's never the terrorist. He's right. the guy stopping him. Right. So it'd be right. He could be like really cerebral instead of just trying to blow stuff up. Yeah. yeah. But if Sony was smart, if uh fucking twentieth century twentieth century Fox was smart, they'd just like let the rights of both characters be in these movies. It would promote both of them. Right. Oh, cool. definitely. Do you think that if something like that happened, do you think it could open the door to Spidey coming to the X Men? Uh Spidey coming to the Avengers, you mean? Well, they're in the same world too. Yeah, but Spider Man no, with the X Men, nobody could do something with Spider-Man's it. Spider Man's more like Avengers. He's been a member of the Avengers okay. more uh, than yeah. he would be with the the X Men. Okay, so it was more or less what I was glancing at was crossovers of characters who are in X Men with him in the Avengers. Probably. What are you talking about? I'm sorry, I'm lost, Frank. You lost me, man. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude. I no, just, it, it it's fine. I mean, I, I just never. I like most people. Are I think like, what Frank's saying is, w- could that crossover open the doors for other crossovers between yeah. the two companies? Is basically what his angle is. Yeah, I I, I think it's uh, right now. It's it's a little bit more difficult with these Marvel characters, I think, than it would be just getting like you know John McClane right to like you know jump uh, jump ship from you know, whatever studio, 20th Century Fox, and then come over to them. I think it's a little bit more difficult, especially with, you know, Andrew Garfield and them already having these movies planned out like five, six years in the future. Right. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's a little bit more difficult for Sony to work out a deal with Marvel to where they're, they're going to have to work in like uh, him, you know, being in this X-Men universe or being in like the Avengers universe where, you know, John McClane could, it's easily for him to show up on a train. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to mess up a whole franchise right. movie. Exactly. By any means. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I just didn't know if the idea of these companies starting the idea of swapping major characters could end up with stuff like that. It's kind of a win-win for everybody. It is. And, you know, like, I, I, a lot of people shit on the fucking uh, Freddy and uh, Jason crossover. I love that movie. <laughs> Loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I think they should have made another movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. It was Man. super fun. Are those two different studios, though? Um, yeah, I believe... I, I think for, I think Jason became New Line. That's what that's what happened. They they used to be, but then as of Jason goes to hell, that was the first New Line Cinemas Friday the Thirteenth movie. And at that point, both were New Line Cinemas franchises. Because even in that movie, if you remember the end of Jason Goes to Hell, yes, um, Freddy's claw comes up and brings Jason's I, mask down, yeah, and yeah. that was like because they're both under the same studio right. now. We can do this, and right. everyone flipped their shit. I'm just 
you know, I'm just talking out of my ass. It's not going to happen. I just, that's the, that's, that's because of every, everything in Hollywood, Hollywood being like universe building and like sharing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's the route where I want to see this kind of stuff go. Yeah. They're yeah. talking about all that. Even like with Ghostbusters, like you were saying, they yeah. were talking about making a universe out of that. Right. And, and everything. Like why not have like a fucking Rambo movie where Rambo takes on predators? I was just thinking yeah. that. That's awesome. That would be awesome. You know, you know, I mean, that, that, that'd be awesome. I mean, give Rambo that sci-fi element. Right. You know what I mean? Have him take on. I mean, he, he he's almost superhuman in these movies anyway. Have him taken on a fucking predator. Who the fuck doesn't want to see Rambo versus a predator? <laughs> no I mean, shit. we've already seen like Batman versus the fucking predator. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've seen fucking Robocop versus Terminator in the comics. <laughs> you know, these are comic stuff, but why yeah. not see fucking Rambo versus a predator? That would be amazing. That Am would I, be amazing. Yeah. Right. Like Rambo with a couple other people. And Come everything. on. Let's yeah. do this right. shit. Come on. I want to see the Expendables go sci-fi like I've said before. Do it. That yeah. would be good. That would be a lot of fun. They yeah. should do like a sci-fi Expendables. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next story. We're going to talk a little bit more sci-fi. Ridley Scott is doing sequels for Blade Runner. And then after that, he's giving us that Prometheus sequel that we've been uh, waiting on. So at the end of Prometheus, uh, you know, we got the Xenomorph reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, spoilers, sorry. <laughs> So, uh, we will be seeing, uh, so the question is, so will we be seeing any xenomorphs in Prometheus 2? And here's what Ridley Scott had to say. The beast is done, cooked. I got lucky meeting H.R. Geiger all those years ago. It's very hard to repeat that. I just happened to be one of, uh, I just happened to be the one who, forced it through because they said it's obscene they didn't want to do it and i said i want to do it it's fantastic but after four uh he has conveniently gone uh he oh yeah but after four and he's uh, after four movies he's conveniently forgotten the uh aliens versus predator movies Uh, (laughs) don't blame him yeah i think it wears out a little bit there's only so much snarling you can do and i think you've got to come back with something more interesting and i think we found the next step i thought the engineers were quite a good start so the next step in the Prometheus sequel does not include the Xenomorphs. Uh, how do you guys feel about this? Uh, what direction do you want to see Ridley Scott take uh, in the Prometheus 2 sequel? I like it. Um, I thought one of my least favorite things about Prometheus was I felt like the Xenomorph stuff was kind of shoehorned in to like the more interesting story of the, you know, the creators and everything and what was going on with all of that. It seemed like two separate movies kind of, and I'm glad we're just going to leave one behind and focus more on the other. You know? I felt like it was an origin story personally. Yeah. I felt like it was an origin story. Um, going into the movie, knowing a little bit about the pre-production, I was like, is this an alien movie? It's Ridley Scott. Is this an alien movie? Yeah. I didn't 100% know. Yeah. It, they kept it a secret. And then that end reveal was very cool. It was kind of like the origin story of where the xenomorphs came from, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. So I liked it. I thought that the reveal worked for me. There were things I'm going to talk about things that didn't work in Prometheus for me, and yeah. then I'm going to I'm going to talk about the positives and I'm going to talk about the negatives. Frank, what are you what are you thinking? Premise wise, uh, could uh, this film be about you know their slow population throughout the galaxy, the aliens? Well, Ridley Scott says he's he said, not doing he said the no, absolutely he, said, not. he said no more xenomorphs. That's right. Shit. I don't know. All right. So you got nothing? Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I like it. 
I, I like that they're leaving the Xenomorphs behind. That's, Where do you want to see it go, though? I, I mean, you know, I hope that we finally get the reveal like we thought we were going to get in the first Prometheus of who's sitting in that chair. Well, no, that was originally done in the first Alien movie. Yeah. That was originally done in the first Alien movie. I mean, that was done in 1979 when that movie came out, okay? Um, let me talk a little bit about that. Okay. Is that okay? Is that Go cool? for it, yeah. All right. Now, the positives for me about Prometheus were, you know, I'm fine with them not going forward with the Xenomorphs. Whatever. We got that reveal. We know it ties into that universe. Fucking A, that's cool. Whatever. I'm more interested in the engineers at this point and, mm-hmm. and who's pulling the strings above them because one of the big reveals is like the, they, they weren't the ones that created that fucking, uh, that, uh, that, that, right. that black substance. No, they weren't. They, they were pawns. They were pawns. They were the ones that were there to wipe out the human existence altogether because they didn't like, you know, what we were going to become. And that, that, that was supposed to wipe out human existence. Am I right? You're correct. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So when you watched Alien, uh, you know, you saw the first engineer and he's dead at the helm of that ship, mm-hmm. uh, that crashed on the planet LV 246. And like when I was a kid and I watched Alien for the first time, the biggest question that I asked myself is, I want to know more about that story. There's yeah. like this fucking 10 foot guy, 10 foot tall guy sitting in this chair dead. And the rest of the movie, you see the alien, the full fletch, the full, uh, re- fully realized alien. It's just the one alien, but like, it's just a really quick scene and you see this fucking engineer and they used to call him like the space jockey back yeah, then. Yeah, space jockey. Yeah. yeah. So you see the space jockey for the first time and you're like, what the fuck is that? Who I want to know that story, and that's what you were talking about. Yeah. Now Prometheus, they helped us understand, you know, uh, what they were a little more, even though that story took place on not LV. Uh, it didn't take place on LV four two six. No, that's, it was a different planet. It was planet LV two two three. So it wasn't the same engineer that was on, uh, you know, LV four two six. So Ridley Scott, he does need to tie it back in. He needs to give us that story, in my opinion. I completely he agree. Totally needs to give us that story to wrap it up. And that's when I left Prometheus, that's the biggest thing I was upset about because I didn't know if there was going to be another movie. I thought that like this was an origin story for the Xenomorphs and that was the end of the film. I mm-hmm. had no idea that they're going to do Prometheus 2. So Prometheus 2 is like really hopeful for me that they are going to fill in those gaps. I, me too. I'm, I'm so excited for Prometheus is such a beautiful movie. It it is. It is. It I, really is. I can't wait for Prometheus too. <sighs> okay, I can't wait for it either. But here are the negatives for me for Prometheus too. Yeah, the writers for the first film, John Spates. Yeah, Lindelof. Damon Lindelof. And I don't have as much faith uh, for the sequel, being as it's written by Michael Green, who did the Green Lantern film. Oh, no. And Jack Paglin, who did Transcendence. Oh, double no. So I'm a little worried about this. I'm surprised Lindelof's not doing it. That's too bad. I don't know. That, may, I, that scares me. It scares me as well. And this this news was the most uh, disheartening when I read this. Mm. Um, I think Lindelof really got it. Mm-hmm. I think he got it. It was a smart movie. It didn't like spell everything out for you. Yeah. And you really, it, it left you a lot to like consider and think about. There's a few things that are bullshit. Like yeah. what was the, um, you know, you had the guy, the archaea, the, uh, what was it? The rock, the geologist guy mm-hmm. who, who acted like he was a fucking mercenary and not a <laughs> geologist. You had the biologist who 
was like uh, scared of the dead fucking engineers that he saw and didn't want to study those. Yeah. He wanted to get the fuck out of there. But as soon as he saw like these fucking like snake looking alien motherfuckers, he wanted to pet them, <laughs> which was fucking weird. He's scared of something dead. But then again, right. he wants to pet something that's alive that could suck his fucking face off. <laughs> uh, and then the fact of uh, what's her name? Charlize Theron when that whole thing is crashing down. Oh, yeah. Where she didn't she, run to the left. She didn't l- run to the left or run to the right to get away from it. She's just running straight forward so the thing can crush her. That was bullshit. But other than that, the movie was beautiful. Yeah. I heard it was amazing in 3D and IMAX. Yeah. I didn't get to see it in that format, but I did see it in the theater. I thought it was a great movie. I didn't nitpick until after the movie. So, um, but, but it was fun to think about like, what did the, yeah. um, creator, what were they called? The engineer, the engineers. what did the engineer whisper to Michael Fassbender yes. right before it yes. went, or what did Michael Fassbender whisper to the engineer that yeah. made it go ape shit crazy uh-huh. and start throwing people around and right. stuff? Like it, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Also, I didn't like. Uh, I like. I like the actress. She's from uh, the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Her name's Numi something. I like. Oh her. yeah. I liked her in that new movie, uh, The Drop, with Tom Hardy. I just didn't like how they tried to make her like Ripley 2.0. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Criticism. I wanted to. I wanted to be a strong female. But on the, on the flip side, it just felt like they were trying to recreate the character of Ripley in, yeah. in a lot of ways. And even even though Michael Fassbender was great, it was kind of the same scenario there where they were trying to recreate Bishop, Bishop. in some ways. Yeah, yeah. He, even though he pulled it off really fantastic, yeah. it's still kind of the same trope. Yeah, David they, was cool. Yeah. David was a cool cyborg. I mean, if anybody's going to do it right, it's going to be fucking uh, Android. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Was he an Android? Yeah, an Android. Android. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if anybody's going to do it right, it's it, it's Fastbender. He did a great job. It's just, uh, um, yeah, I, I, Bishop, totally, yeah. totally Bishop. The Bishop analog, yeah, the for Bishop. sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for uh, Prometheus too. I'm excited for a Blade Runner sequel. Yeah, I am too. I'm excited for the Blade Runner sequel. Um, I don't know, man. Is uh, is is Harrison Ford going to be? I'm in pretty it? sure Harrison Ford really? is in it. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That's going to be crazy. I think. Yeah. Yeah, to see what they can to do today. Yeah. Question yeah. for you, uh, totally off topic, but like, you know, talking about movies that came out, like, you know, like, like, uh, fucking Blade Runner came out in like early 80s, mm-hmm. like 80, 81. Mm-hmm. And, um, then we have another movie like Tron that, you know, that came out like, like early 80s and they came out with Tron Legacy. What were your thoughts on Tron Legacy? Did you like it? I, I like Tron Legacy a lot. Um, it, it takes on a lot of hate, but I, I thought it was very good. I liked it, it was as well. A, I liked that it wasn't a remake. I liked that it was a direct sequel, and yeah. all the time had actually passed between when the first movie was released and the second movie was released. Yeah. I heard some people nitpicking about the age uh, reduced Jeff Bridges, but yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't anything that I didn't expect from the movie. I mean, the, it fit right in uh, to me with all the rest of special effects. Yeah, suspension of disbelief, guys. Our technology is not there to where we can make somebody who doesn't look, you know, where we can make them look like considerably younger with special effects. It just wasn't there at the time. Right. Yeah. It lo- it did look like something like you were watching like a video game, but you know, su- just suspension of disbelief and just just think it's in a fucking it's in a fucking uh, yeah. computer. World I agree anyway. with you. It's it's already in a video game. Exactly. It's not like that character yeah. was ever in the real world looking right. like that. Right. So yeah, I thought it worked. I was never able like oh this special effects is terrible. Yeah. It's ruining the movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're gonna nitpick about that, nitpick about how the uh, cycle looks too. Yeah, I love the new light cycle look. Yeah. I was just happy to be back in that world, and I had a great time watching that movie. I thought it was good. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. 
I love the original Tron. I have it on Blu-ray. It's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to Prometheus 2. Just a little worried about the writers that they got on for this one. Losing Lindelof, I think, is a huge blow. Yeah, losing Lindelof and gaining the Green Lantern writer. Ouch. Yeah, and Transcendence, which was a pile of horseshit. Uh, let's see here. I want to thank listener Gus Hoontight for this next story. Uh, this comes from TV Line, and I'm just going to read the article since this was a last-minute story for me. And it's about the Walking Dead spinoff show. Uh, good, it, uh, the story, uh, from TV line, they say, good news for starving zombies everywhere. There's fresh meat on the way. On the heels of AMC officially placing a pilot order for its Walking Dead spinoff or companion series. TV line has obtained fresh intel about the six principal characters populating the potential series. And they are, let's see here. Sean Cabrera, a Latino male in his early 40s. Sean is a good man trying to do right by everyone in his life. Second character is Cody Cabrera, Sean's whip-smart and rebellious teenage son, known as the angriest kid in town. Nancy Tompkins, a 30-something single mom to two kids. Nancy looks like the girl next door, but there's an edge to her. Nick Tompkins, Nancy's screwed-up teenage son. He's too old to stay home. Too scared to flee. Ashley Tompkins, Nancy's most mostly level-headed teenage daughter. Her ambition is in direct proportion to her older brother's failures. She loves her mom, but it's time to get out of Dodge. And Andrea Chapman, a somewhat wilted flower child, 40-something Andrea. Yep, another Andrea has retreated to the outskirts of the city to recover after a horrible marriage. AMC has promised that The Walking Dead 2.0 will shed light on a new previously unseen corner of the zombie apocalypse perhaps one where the living outnumber the dead as tv line previously reported there's buzz that the offshoot penned by showrunner dave erickson and the walking dead creator robert kirkman will be a prequel of sorts one that would chronicle the early days of the epidemic and the effort to contain it an amc representative declined to comment or confirm anything beyond ordering the pilot hmm Sounds like lots of family drama going on with those characters. This is kind of what I think. I'm normally a big proponent of all the Walking Dead stuff. What do you mean, Frank? You don't want to see bratty teenagers and zombies together? Here's the thing. If you think really about the personalities he described, they're just fucking duplicating the same characters. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I, I mean, okay, so we've got a world of people who are supposed to be real not everybody has such an edgy past and i find it funny how all these characters like okay glenn was always good at sneaking around before mm-hmm. now he's right in there with uh rick and uh daryl not only was he good out. at sneaking around but i think i think glenn's strength is he was a tactician and they just didn't listen to him glenn's a better tactician in my opinion of putting a plan together than rick or fucking Rick just every time they want him to put a plan together, he's, he just feels like he has so much pressure on him. When Glenn's cool, calm, and collected, he can look at the situation and be like, "This is what we need to do." Mm-hmm. Right. But what I'm saying is, is what they're doing with him instead of like developing the character in that direction. Now they've got him just stepping in, doing the zombie killing himself. Right. So, I mean, we've got there, there's an unlimited well here. You don't got to duplicate what's already been done. Sure, it worked, but it worked because it was original. Oh, excuse which, me. Which character is the Glenn analog? <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, I I don't think I did identify with Glenn in the crossover, but 
the first character who's trying to do right by everybody, that's Rick. Mm. Obviously, the rebellious teenager, that's Carl. Mm. They even have an Andrea. I mean, I, I know her uh, psyche and makeup is not the same, but... Yeah, she sounded more like the Carol by description. Exactly, yeah. She's got an edge. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the the troubled teen who uh, can't leave home, but he, it's too troublesome to stay, that's Daryl. You know what I mean? The, yeah. It's way too similar. Yeah. I mean, okay, like, what would they do if they just fucking threw, say, like, a me out in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> There's nothing special about me. I'm just a fucking nerd. I don't even like to go camping. You got all these people who are all of a sudden just, I mean, yeah, it's been in the show however many years now, but me, I don't care if it's three, four years down the road. I'm still not going to like being outdoors. I'm not going to be outdoorsy. I'd probably be dead, tell you the truth. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know what I mean? It, it's just starting to become unbelievable. Yeah. The characters, you know, they're survivors. Yeah. And this is why they survive. But I mean, it's almost kind of like they're overpowered. So you're not excited about not this now, one. not after hearing that, honestly. I'm not, the descriptions don't bother me one bit. I mean, you know, like, uh, the descriptions don't bother me one bit because like, uh, you know, you've got all these different descriptions and these could be people that are out in the world. I mean, you know, you, you don't need to go to like, oh, opposite extremes of like who these people are. We don't need like an ex-convict. We don't need <laughs> like, you know, all these people in this group. It, uh, that doesn't bother me one bit. What bothers me is the fact that they're putting them into like a uh, – that they say a previously unseen corner of the zombie apocalypse, perhaps one where the living outnumber the undead. Yeah, that's strange. So it seems like it's going to be kind of like a, a show where these people are a little bit more comfortable because there's more people in a group. It doesn't seem like the stakes are as high. That survival is that much is is more important because you know they outnumber the dead. Maybe they've got a better uh, a system in place where they can kill these zombies and the zombies aren't like a big thing because what makes me believe this is it also talks about the the fact that they that they that could it be a prequel of sorts uh one that would chronicle the early days of the epidemic and the effort to contain it that bores the shit out of me right. i don't want to see the science behind this <laughs> yeah. we already got our science when they went to the cdc in atlanta and they tried to figure out if there's any way that they can cure this right. they found out from the uh from that scene that they couldn't there was no way to cure it they're all it's, infected they're yeah. all infected right. and all that shit exactly what that's what kind of bores me about this it's not the characters because i think right. these have been really good character driven stories and these characters even though we just get like this glimpse of like who they are they could be really interesting um that's not what i'm worried about i'm just worried about like how they're setting this up i don't need to see this show i don't want to you know maybe order the pilot i think it's going to get greenlit i think they're going to do it i don't think they should i don't want to see another zombie show on amc Right. If, yeah. If they go that route with them outnumbering the dead, it, it basically becomes a, a glorified version of like a scripted reality TV show. Because if you minimize the threat of the zombies, it's just like a soap opera. The threat's there, but it's not as prominent when you because like basically we've seen like these guys, these uh, this group, they've been. Uh, they've been affected. Yeah, they had Woodbury for a while. They fit, they felt safe in Woodbury, and uh, but a lot of times they get separated, like from the farm and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's it's cool to see like the underdog try to like you know survive. I think that's cool watching the underdog survive. It sounds like these guys are like they, they're already like bunkered down. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, don't you think we're still gonna see that shit fail though within the thirteen episodes? Like no matter how safe it seems. 
don't you think it'll probably come crumbling down? I think they'd have to because I think the more comfortable people are, the more inclined they are to uh, coexist in a society without um, you know as much drama. Yeah. When the stakes are higher, that's when you really find out who people are, which is why you have these extreme people in the regular Walking Dead show, the th- people that are willing to do anything to make it. If you're in such a big group, if it's stakes aren't as high, sure, the threat can be there. I mean we're all under the threat of nuclear war. Right now, yeah, you know what I mean. It 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 loses the effect. It's just going to take away from it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I guess we'll have to see that first fucking teaser trailer to what do you see think if that shit's going to be called. Hmm. I mean, it's just weird, right? Are they going to call it Walking Dead semicolon? Something. That's what I was thinking. That's really? what I was thinking. Really, like, you think they, so? they, they might do that. Um, you know, I mean, well, I mean, think about it. That's the bread and butter. Uh, AMC's bread and butter right now is The Walking Dead. And I mean, to leave The Walking Dead title out of this, you know, uh, you, you gotta think of your average viewer. Your average viewer is not reading like these sites that we're reading. So if they call it something completely different, like, you know, uh, Apocalypse Z, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People are gonna be like, uh, oh, okay, this is, uh, okay, like, uh, sci-fi's got that Z nation going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they wanna tie this into The Walking Dead. So it might be like, uh, uh, the, the, the Walking Dead, uh, The Wonder Years or something. <laughs> the Wonder Years. I love it. They could even name it the name of the town or whatever. You know what I mean? The Walking huh. Dead. I'm not saying Tombstone, but Brumts. Whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no. popped out of my head. I was like, what are they going to call this motherfucker? Yeah, I think uh, in order to get, you know, to not confuse the average fucking viewer, they're going to call it The Walking Dead something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't need any more Walking Dead. I'm fine with one show. You, you're already getting... I, if they do this show, I guess they could do it like dur- do it during the fucking summertime when The Walking Dead's off. I guess if you just want to fucking throw us Walking Dead year round. Yeah, you like right. that better than having both at the same time. Exactly. I don't want to have to feel like I have to watch two hours of The Walking Dead every fucking week. I love The Walking Dead for what it is. I like what they do with the show. I enjoy it, but I don't need to see two hours of it. You don't need to give me. You don't need to. I don't need two hours of my fucking week. And then with the the thought that they may cross over like oh i can't miss this other show because it might cross over <laughs> i gotta watch this other show so i get the whole picture right now if you're gonna do it do it in the off season but even then i think it's fun for the anticipation of waiting for like you know october to come around give us fucking you know five to six months off of this fucking show anytime you ever end up with oversaturation it completely waters it down it never is as good as what it was when you had it in a limited way <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see when more comes out for this, like some commercials and yeah. some actual like publicity for it. Right. Okay, so for the past two episodes, guys, we've uh, talked about the possibility of the character of Daryl Dixon on AMC's The Walking Dead being gay. Got some interesting follow-up news here. The speculation started from fans, you know, years ago when the show first started after, you know, flirting with – there's the flirting with Carol, uh, and then it went nowhere. Then Kirkman himself came out and said something about a gay character being introduced into the show that was a male character. Speculation then ran rampant that it could be Daryl Dixon, fan favorite. Uh, the current showrunner Scott Gimple has said Daryl's sexuality will not be dealt with in the upcoming fifth season. That reveal supposedly will happen when the character gets close to someone and feels as though he cannot let his let down his guard. 
According to Norman Reedus, former showrunner Frank Darabont had planned that Daryl be gay after season one. Wow. In a recent interview with GQ, Reedus opened up about this. Uh, GQ asked him, I do like the extremity of him perhaps being a virgin. Norman Reedus replied, yeah, totally. You know, a virgin is interesting. I remember Frank Darabont. After the first season, we were at a party in L.A. He said, I've got an idea for Daryl. He's gay. Would you be interested in that? I was like, let me hear you out. He said, well, he's a prison gay. Like, you'll catch him looking at a member of the same sex. But if you mention it to him, he'll just stab you and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) He will never admit it. I was like, that'll blow minds. Let's do that. And he said, I knew I hired you for a reason. GQ then uh, goes on and and then it says, uh, and then they fired him. And Norman Reedus said, you know, it had nothing to do with that. Uh, but I like playing all these different things. Daryl's not the type of guy who's going to throw somebody up against the tree in the moonlight. I don't see him as having that kind of confidence. You could drop him off in the middle of the woods with a stick and he'll come back well fed and doing well. But I don't think in matters of the heart he's real secure. Um, so it sounds like it's been talked about. Um, and uh, I, I think this is the direction they're going to go after these statements. I yeah. do. I do. It sounds like it, but it sounds like they're going to wait a little bit longer to talk about it, like right. at least another season. Yeah. So. Now, okay. It sounds like uh, he said, like it, it, the one thing that I took from this is when he says, you know, it'll be revealed. Scott Kimple said that it's going to be revealed uh, when he gets close to someone and he feels as though he can't let his guard down. Okay. I'm I'm making a prediction here. I think Daryl Dixon is. I think Daryl Dixon's in love with Rick. Oh, wow. I do. I think Daryl Dixon has feelings for Rick Grimes. Um, I, you know, of course, Rick's not going to reciprocate those feelings. Mm-mm. But I think he has feelings for Rick Grimes. Uh, the reason I think that is because of the fact that, you know, like uh, he had a really hard time leaving Rick even to go with his brother. And anytime he comes back to Rick, it, it, it is like a, a huge moment. And maybe it isn't like a brotherly thing for him as maybe Rick's looking at it. Maybe he's in love with Rick. How, how do you, how would you go about revealing something like that on the show? Would it be, um, Daryl confessing to someone he really trusts in or self monologuing maybe? You know what I'm saying? How do you, how do you show? Like, let's say hypothetically we're going to reveal that Daryl's gay. There's going to mm-hmm. be some like, kind of the- something traumatic is going to happen with him. And then he's going to be having a heart-to-heart with somebody. And I bet you it'd probably be like Carol, yeah. who probably has these feelings for him. Mm, that's a good call, And then call, he, Frank. he reveals that to her. Okay, guys. We've seen in certain scenes last season, Frank, you'll attest to this. Walls were broken when Daryl got drunk. Yeah. And Daryl got drunk with Beth. And certain walls are broken. They came crumbling down. Yep. I think there's going to be a time when Rick and Daryl get drunk together and it comes crumbling down after something traumatic happens right and it's revealed that he has feelings for rick and i mean these guys have been like brothers and that's that's that that, okay i'm just going off of what we've seen already right i'm not trying to just like pull this out of my ass i'm just saying if he's gay the only character i can think that he would have feelings for is rick and that we've seen him break down walls when he's drunk that's all i'm going off of the only thing that makes me wonder about that is 
so how do you have Rick react? I mean, you already know that, like you said, he's not going to reciprocate those feelings. Right. But – He'd probably laugh it off, I think. Well, no, you don't want to do that because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, you don't want they, to. They'd have but... to be real careful about how they handled that. Yeah. And, you know, because you don't want to lose any respect for Rick. Yeah. You don't want to – disrespect the relationship that they have and you want to ha- make sure that one way or another after it comes down that they still have some kind of a close relationship right so they'd have to take real great care with how he i don't want to say lets him down but you know handles handles that reveal mm-hmm. that, that'd be real tough but it could be awesome if they do it right the only realistic way they could do it the only realistic way they could do it is that daryl eventually leaves the group over it hmm that's the only realistic oh. way they could do it. That's it. It could come down to him having to leave the group and then Rick coming to save him. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to me though, is how they're if they do do that reveal, what's the what's the way they do that? Yeah, with what are the repercussions right. of that yeah. uh of that interaction? Yeah, and that could play real well into a season too. Yeah. You know, Rick is just going to come out. Rick is uh he, he's a straight up guy, man. He's just going to be like, "You know what?" I have feelings for you, but they're not that way. That's right. just not how I'm programmed. Yeah. You know, that's just not how I am. Right. You know, and Rick's just going to be like, you know, I, lo- I love you like a brother. Right. I love you like a brother. And, and, and Daryl's, and Daryl's just like, you know, uh, I mean, how can Daryl put himself th- like, and I'm not saying this is going to go anyway, the way they're saying, but like, if this did happen, Daryl's just going to be like, I can't be around you. And not have these feelings. This, it, it's you know what I mean. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. See that. But but on the flip side, I mean, they are dealing with the zombie apocalypse, so maybe they have to work together, and he can't leave. I, don't I think know. Rick True. would would pose that question: Is this going to interfere with right. what we need to do? Is this going to interfere with our safety? You know? Yeah. I think yeah, that's what Rick would be concerned about. Or they could have another spinoff show where it's, uh, you know, Rick it, uh, actually comes out and that he is gay, and then it's uh, my, my two dads with Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're shipping Rick and Car- and Daryl. Oh, stuff. wow. Groundbreakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, and the more I think about it, I think you're right. Like, letting the water roll right off his back, you know, just not even making it a big deal when he tells him. Yeah. But having some real smooth classy way of dealing with it letting them know they're still good but that's not you yeah know, how but it's gonna be. with matters of the heart and the fact that it's so hard for daryl to right. even express how he feels to anybody true this Man. could be something that just explodes i mean when yeah, it does it all come him. out exactly it, it when it all comes out man it could break him true yeah. You know, if he gets denied and after going through all that pressure of doing it in the first place, then he could just run away from everything. I'm hoping, I'm hoping Rick realizes he's gay because he's better off with fucking Daryl than he was with that bitch Lori. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. She was useless, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Walking Dead Season 5 will premiere on October 12th on AMC. Um, you know, I'm thinking that we should watch this one and then uh, together – and then maybe record an episode about it, like right after it that night, like maybe a separate episode. Sounds and, and good. Talk how, about yeah. it. How long do I have to watch season four? Would you say October twenty sixth? Octo- October twelfth. Twelfth. Yeah. Gotcha. So two weeks. All right. I'll get plug so, it away. Jake, you have a full season to watch. Uh, you know, maybe Frank and I can do a show, and Jake, hopefully, you can get caught up and do a show. And- Whatever. I got nothing on the plate after my three episodes of once for binge watching, so yeah. I can 
put Walking Dead season four right there. So maybe 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 the three of us can like uh, you know you know like we'll record a regular episode and then we'll all sit down watch Walking Dead season uh, five premiere, come back down and we'll do we'll do a really quick episode and have it as like a uh, like a bonus episode for everybody. That'd be yeah. Cool. That'd be fun. Sundays yeah. again for Walking Dead. Sundays again for The Walking Dead. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into some DC news. I got some, uh, I got a DC email, a couple DC emails. The first one's going to come from Huey Cox. And I just got this email today. He says, uh, and this is, I think this is Huey's like third email to us. Nice. Third or fourth. He says, hi, leftovers. With the Flash, Supergirl, and possibly Titans, do you think we will see any more Arrow spinoffs? Um, you know, this was something that was talked about, uh, Huey. I don't know if you saw some of the, uh, the things that came out, but yeah, the producers of Arrow and Flash are definitely talking about some, uh, Arrow and Flash spinoff shows. Enlighten me. What characters would these be, you think? Exactly. That's the thing. That's the big question. What characters are they going to go with? Huey has his own suggestions. Uh, and he goes, and what would be your top five? I tried to keep with the rules of Arrow and, and chose characters that are science fiction or human based. Mine are, uh, Booster Gold, um, mm. Starman, Chase, Unknown Soldier, and Birds of Prey. Uh, excited for the new slew of superhero shows, uh, Huey. Um, you know, instead of naming like, you know, five that you'd like to see, like another spinoff show, five, just maybe like for us, I think maybe like name our top like show that we'd like to see that gets spin like, like that's a spin off of these shows because it has been talked about producers with the success of Arrow and probably I'm I'm gonna just throw it out there I think Flash is going to be successful yeah I bet it will too so um you know what is there a certain like show that you'd like to see of characters in this universe that'll spin off I really like the Booster Gold idea has he made an appearance in Arrow already is that something that's happened. Oh uh, wow! I, I don't remember any Booster Gold episodes. Oh, gotcha. That was just the one he, our, the listener, yeah. had at the top of their yeah. list. Yeah, that'd be fun. Street level and that science fiction edge to it, you know. Yeah, so, you, you guys are going the, deep in the uh, the archives for those. If at you least don't, to if, me, if you don't have an answer, that's fine. Well, the only thing that I would have would be Harley. Just her by herself. She doesn't really fit into like the Arrow and uh, Flash universe. I yeah. mean, you're t- you're talking yeah, Batman at that point, Chief. What oh, about, all right. What about a Deathstroke show? Deathstroke show. I mean, you know, I, you know, they've introduced Deathstroke into uh, Arrow. Okay. Um, I think they should just if they're gonna, they either need to do a whole Suicide Squad thing, yeah, on the TV level, or just like just do that Suicide Squad movie they're talking about. I personally, my mine is Birds of Prey. Oh yeah, I want. I would like to see a Birds of Prey TV show. There's so many different. I mean, over the years, there's been so many different people involved in Birds of Prey. I mean, if you wanted to, I don't know what the rights are, but they might be able to even get Batgirl involved in this. I yeah, mean, you, you know, they're doing Raise Al Ghul. Why the fuck not do Batgirl? Yeah, exactly. Why the fuck not do Batgirl? This would be the perfect medium to do it too. They're not going to introduce Batgirl into the Gotham show. Mm-mm. We're dealing with a young Bruce Wayne. Let's have Batgirl in a fucking Birds of Prey. Let's have uh, let's have hell. I mean, they could do uh, who are the, who are the others? Is it Black Canary, oh God, Black Canary. Um, Dove, yeah, uh, Poison Ivy, which I think they should stay away from. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Hawk Girl, which I think they should stay away from. As much as I love Hawk Girl, they could even make a new character easily for that TV universe. I think, yeah. So yeah, Birds of Prey would be really neat. Uh, Dove, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I think Birds of Prey would be the way to go. 
get get some prominent you know ladies superhero Absolutely. action going on too. Yeah. And they've introduced the Birds of Prey in the Arrow TV show. Oh, they have. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. See, that's why I'm. I for me, it's hard to answer what the spinoff stuff from Arrow right. is. Right. Other than the Flash, I'm not really on the. Yeah. But like they could like have different characters introduced to the Birds of Prey TV show as they go on from season to season to season. Yeah, rotating team. Exactly. Yeah, that'd, that'd be super fun. Great question, uh, Huey. Um, I I also think it's cool. Like they're going to be doing like this Flash Arrow crossover episode, and yeah, I'm not too sure. Like, are they going to do it in the Flash episode? Are they going to do it in the Arrow episode? My guess would be Flash. Yeah, to get more people to watch it because more people watch Arrow to get some people to watch Flash. But I think it would be cool, like, I don't know, like, I've seen a couple scenes that they've teased. I think it would be cool to show the exact same scene in both shows. Yeah. And see how it ties into each show. Like, the exact same scene takes place in each show. That way you could see, like, the timeline from one show to the other. I think that would be badass. Uh, Buffy and Angel pull tricks off like that. I was thinking that, too, when uh, Angel had that, I think it was the, was it the Ring of Amara? Yeah. Yeah, and um he ended up getting it um or no, wait a minute. He became human. Well, you see you see literally at one point in the show they both have a phone conversation where in, in one show you see Buffy on the phone and in the other you see Angel on the yeah. show, so you know everything happening around that is yeah. concurrent to each other. Nice. Which is kind of what you're saying. Right. Yeah. But more extreme, like a, yeah. a bigger event than a phone conversation. Right, right, right exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be super cool. It's a, the whole Arrow crossover thing is a little bit of a detraction for me, though, because I really just want to see The Flash, and I don't want to feel like I have to watch two seasons of Arrow to watch an episode. That's I don't gonna think happen. you're going to have to. Okay. I, don't, I, I think they're going to treat everything like a point one episode, man. Gotcha. I do. I really okay. do. I think they're going to do this in a way that you don't have to watch Arrow. I think both shows are going to support each other to the to, to where you might be like, oh, you know what? I, maybe I do want to watch this Arrow yeah, show. Yeah, and I'd be down with that, but right. I don't want to feel like I have to. I want to feel like I want to. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. And you should want to. Arrow's really good. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, it, it, it really picked up, like, I'd say the second half. Oh, the scenes, the scenes on the island yeah. from the first episode have always been amazing. Always been amazing, uh-huh. but like I think it really didn't pick up until you got like John Barrowman in there. I Maybe. think it really started really getting good when he when he was introduced into the show into that first season. I, I liked it. The choreography is top notch for a TV series. Really, like the fight sequences yes, and stuff. The fight sequences are gorgeous. Yeah. Well, maybe after Walking Dead season four, I'll do Arrow season one because that's all on Netflix too. Right. And since I'm caught up on uh, Walking Dead, I could always try to jump in Arrow 2. When does uh, Season 3 of Arrow start? Did it already start? No, it's starting uh, in October. Yeah, I think it's like the 16th. It's starting in October. Yeah. All right, give me a closer heads up to that when it I starts. Um, hey, quick question. What uh, – like I, I don't have the CW for some reason. Is, yeah. Is it excluded off of certain ones? Well, do you got you got DirecTV, right? I have a Dish Network. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I got Direct TV, and I don't have it. Yeah, uh, my, I was talking to my dad about that. My dad has Dish uh, Direct TV, and he says he doesn't have it. Um, you can watch these episodes. CW does have an app, uh-huh. and I think that they keep like a few episodes on the CW app. You might be able to watch it that way. Hmm. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I have Comcast, so I don't have the problem. Uh, next uh, email comes from listener Greg Pagano. Uh, Greg says, "Hey, leftovers." Just listening to the uh, Terry Crews, uh, Terry Cruising for a bruising. 
and <laughs> and loving it. I often listen on my long walks to and from my car to work. I work in Detroit, so when I'm smiling or laughing, so I, uh, yeah, he says, I work in Detroit, so when I'm smiling or laughing while listening to the podcast and walking down the streets in the D, I look like a crazy asshole. Yeah. <laughs> this actually helps me fit in. <laughs> Anyway, living just outside Detroit, I hear Batman v Superman rumors occasionally, which totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like all the, you know, they're filming Gotham scenes there in Detroit. So this totally makes sense. I mean, uh, and a lot of these videos that we've been posting on our page and a lot of these rumors that I've been seeing have been coming out of Detroit since they've been doing a lot of filming there. Um, he says, the rumor I heard this weekend is that the vehicle we are seeing is a decoy. Hmm. This came from a friend who knows a security guard for the Batmobile, so it's not a great source, but I thought it was interesting. Maybe it looks like crap because it's just something they threw it together to throw us off. I don't know. Just trying to keep hope alive. <laughs> Thanks for the info and, and the laughs, Greg. Yeah, one can only hope that it's a decoy. Well, it's kind of like that Kevin Smith decoy script thing. Yeah, Kevin Smith created that Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though, yeah, about yeah, all, yeah. It's so horrible, it just can't be true. I think Microsoft and Bungie created it. It looks like the yeah. fucking Warthog from Halo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, I still stand by it. It looks like a big old Autobot, a bat Autobot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, it does seem interesting, though. Like, like, they've made two of these things, and it looks like it's something that's expensive to be a decoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't put it past Zack Snyder with, like, the whole Kevin Smith rumor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, Zack Snyder's banter back and forth between J.J. Abrams. We've been hearing a lot of fucking, like, uh, decoy shit from, J like, the J.J. Abrams camp, too. Like, a lot yeah. of the shit they've been putting out there is false. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it past them, but it seems like an expensive thing to make. As a decoy. But on the flip side, it seems like we've had a lot of access to seeing what this new Batmobile looks like. Um, the official picture, though, that we saw of Batman with his head down, the, mm -hmm. sad, the sad Batman that we saw, it was that same Batmobile, though. And that's what makes me think that this is real. Yeah, I, I think it's real, too. We've seen too many official, nice-looking shots of this thing. Right. It's not all just, like... Snuck shot. There's official publicity for this I, Batmobile. I think the only way that that theory would now hold water is if the studio itself was purposely putting this shit out on, you know, purpose. And that's a lot of money to drop on a ruse yeah. for a movie that's already going to make money. Yeah. 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 Well, if you're going to drop it on any movie, though, it would be this movie because yeah, you're going to get your return on it. Right. So who knows? How, I hope somebody's in a back room somewhere laughing their ass off like, they believe we're going to make this shit. <laughs> one can only hope. Yeah, like that 13-minute video that I posted on our Facebook page of the Batmobile. Like, yeah. There's like, there's like a whole segment where they're like washing the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Spraying it with a hose. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, uh, yeah, this is the time. I, we didn't do it in Good Pop, Bad Pop, but there's a good reason. I wanted to throw this in for the DC News for the week. Uh, this is, uh, what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the TV show Gotham that premiered, and it premiered, uh, last Monday. So the day after we recorded our last podcast, people have been waiting, <coughs> people have been waiting to hear our reactions to Gotham, what we thought of the Gotham TV show. We're gonna rate this as we rate a lot of things with Toss It, Taste It, and Tupperware. Um, uh, Gotham is the origin story behind Commissioner James Gordon, uh, James Gordon's rise to prominence in Gotham City in the years before Batman's arrival. Um, I want you guys to rate this. 
Uh, I want you to talk about what you liked. I want you to talk about what you didn't like. I want you to talk about the characters in the show. I want you to talk about the characters you liked, the characters that you didn't like. Anything, Gotham, I want you to talk about it, explain your thoughts. Yeah. Go ahead, Frank. Uh, the only reason why I was going to ask if I could go first, that because I don't really have any previous knowledge of this stuff, and I don't know if you guys laying it out will make me change my stuff. Right, no. Go God damn it, Frank. That's the thing. Don't change – that's what I'm saying. Don't, I, I, yeah, I want to yeah, go first. Yeah. That way, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because you changed your rating of the Batmobile. Yeah, but that was because I saw it in action, or at least moving. I was mm. able to get kind of a size comparison with that Camaro that went around the corner before it. Yeah, I mean, it was two or three times the size. But that's I, what I was saying. Yeah, okay. You know, you know, you're making sense. I just want you to rate this. Yeah. the way that you saw it. Sure. Because you know what? Not everybody that listens to this podcast. Fucking probably, you know, reads the comics and all that shit. Has watched Batman the Animated Series and all that stuff. You know what I mean? You've right, seen yeah. Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you've read a few comics over the years. Yep. But I want you to give you, yeah, what did you think of Gotham? You know, you don't have to rate it right out of the gate. But tell okay. me what you liked, what you didn't like, characters you liked, characters you didn't like. Just, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, main thing that I'd say my favorite part is Harvey Bullock. Uh, in lots of movies lately, especially the Nolan trilogy, he's portrayed as nothing more than just a crooked cop. He's a pig. Uh, you know, he doesn't take care of himself or whatever. And, um, Harvey, he ended up turning over a new leaf eventually. Um, he was always supposed to be a troubled character. Um, and the show does a really good job of portraying that. He's not just crooked. He's trying to play by the rules that he's, you know, come up with to make it in such a crooked town. Yeah. So, um, he's my favorite part. Uh, there's two bitches that I have and I think they're easily fixable. The first is we had a lot of introduction of some of the main villains Batman has later on. Uh, like there's without getting spoilerish, I mean, Ivy's uh, name is brought no, up. There's going to be talk spoilers. Yeah. Okay. This is spoilers. Right. I mean, if you haven't watched the show, then whatever. Gotcha. You, yeah. <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah. You pause it. Watch the show. Right. Whatever. We're going to spoil the shit out of yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, the, the part that I'm talking about is where they go to find the guy who supposedly killed the Waynes. Yeah. And, um, when they, knock on the door it's a little girl and what's your name ivy there there was no reason for her to be ivy there for the character i mean unless there's something about this character not ivy but the guy that comes up in later episodes which i don't think will happen there was just no point in throwing the name in there for no reason yeah some of them work like i think we're going to see more about uh cobblepot the penguin um so uh I don't want them to have to do that every episode. Let's every once in a while maybe slip one in. That's fine, but I mean you don't have to overload it. We get it. It's Gotham. You recognize the villain names. The so you're thinking it was a uh, little bit too Easter egg uh, yeah. loaded. Yeah, and it was obvious Easter eggs too. I mean, Ivy was in Batman Forever. I think you know what I mean. It's stuff that had been out and played. Um, and then also at the beginning, Gordon seemed a little overpowered to me. He, he's got too much of an edge, and you know the, where he takes down that guy in in the jail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just I never I've never gotten that Jim Gordon had like Batman esque fighting abilities. 
But it seems like, you know, as as the show got towards the end, he more more or less evened out as far as like uh the badassery goes. Yeah. He realized he was out of his depth. I see what Frank's saying a little bit as far as um so much in the first episode. The first episode almost had a very much of a season overview kind of feel to it as much as being like a pilot. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. It felt like they were like, here's all the stuff in one episode that we're going to explore further and more closer throughout further episodes. It's almost like the first at least 15 minutes of does it. Does that work against the show though? Or does that pique your interest so that they, they maybe the next episode will be like a more concentrated penguin story? Yeah. Does that work against the show showing you all these things that they are going to hit upon, that they are hitting upon all these things? Is it, is it overload, overload or is it the, or is it, or is it a good strategy to, to, to be like, okay, the, this is everything. This is everything. We're, th- we're throwing a lot of things in here. There may be more, but we're going to throw a lot at you this first episode. That way it piques your interest. So you want to learn more about these things or does it work against it? Is it too, is it too much? I got to say for me, it worked for me. Okay. It did. I, it got me excited for a lot of things. N- not everything was perfect. Like, you know, the Poison Ivy stuff or maybe the Selena Kyle stuff, but I was still interested in everything and learning a little bit more about everything. Okay. Overall, the uh, first episode is a uh, taste it. Okay. Because, like I said, the first 15 minutes, they're going at you with a Gatling gun name dropping. I mean, you got Harvey, Jim Gordon, Ivy. Uh, you see – Selena Kyle, even though they don't call her by name. I mean, it's, it's so much, yeah. so Ed, Bruce fast. Wayne, Batman. Right, yeah. Or, and Alfred. Edward well, Enigma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's too much, too fast, and I worry that somebody might not get through that first 15 minutes, but it really evens out once they get to Fish Mooney. Yeah. And from that point, it starts to create its own story instead of relying on the crutch of, hi, well, this happened and this is him and this is him and this is him. It seemed like it was rushed a little bit. Like, hey, we want to get your attention, but it was almost doing the exact opposite to me. But I stuck with it and I think it matured over the course of the episode. All right. So you're giving it a taste it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it a taste it too. I think I liked it a little bit more than Frank did. Um, my favorite character in the Batman universe is um, Commissioner Gordon, and I really liked the portrayal here of Commissioner Gordon and that he seems to be the main focal character of the series. And I'm interested to see that, you know, his loyalties tested, his honor tested, you know, just the city of Gotham beating down upon him. I thought um, for a show called Gotham, they nailed Gotham as far as the way it looked. I really loved the way Gotham looked. It was a, oh, it was gorgeous. I'm clapping right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Better than the. So bur- you know where I feel about Gotham straight off the bat. I'm yeah, cl- I'm applauding you for that. As far as the yeah. the, the, the city, yeah. they nailed it. Yeah. I'm getting like chills and goosebumps just thinking about <laughs> yeah. like all the exterior shots of the city. What did I tell everybody before this show came out? I said the show is called Gotham. They need to portray Gotham as a character. And I think they did a great job doing that. Go ahead, Jake. I'm yeah. going to shut the fuck up now. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Um, some of the characters that really worked for me was I loved the portrayal of the Penguin. Um, I loved the portrayal of the Riddler. Both were really fun. You know, I did not care for Fish Mooney. I was, that was probably my least favorite thing in the show was that character. I don't know why. I, Jada Pinkett Smith kind of threw it out for me. 
Like she just, I don't know. It seemed a little bit Dick Tracy right. and not Batman to yeah. me a little bit. I don't think she'll be with us long. She's not an original character from the Batman uh, mythos. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is a new created character. Yeah. But yeah, I loved Gordon. I loved Bullock. I loved Montoya. I, it was really great. I, it, it was a fun Elseworlds story. As long as you try not to rack your brain too much about how this fits into all Batman mythos everywhere. Right. It was, right. It's just a fun Batman Try to separate show. it. Try to separate it. Think, yeah, exactly. Think of it as an Elseworld, Elseworlds story. Yeah, it's very much like Smallville was to Superman. Yeah. Right. It's not the direct continuity of him becoming superman it's just a, a fun different take on the universe and story right. the good right. thing is is that i don't get even though they did all that name dropping up front i don't get the idea that they're going to have they're they're going to flesh out the entire backstory of all these guys the main draw is going to be the people you don't know about that they're going to introduce and they're just kind of there and i think that's one of the things that's really going to work for it is keep it like a street level cop drama with these other elements lining up in place. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not really a big fan of um, most procedural crime dramas. This did not feel like a cr- procedural crime drama no, to right. me, though. No, not at all. Not at all. So I don't want it to, I wanted to not fall into that trap. Well, you know, right. Case of the weeky type stuff. Like but that. it's good storylines that don't have to hinge upon things that they've done that are popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm going to give this a high taste it, and I see the potential for this. So it's a high taste it. Oh, now. I thought those it. things didn't exist. It, it yeah. went for uh, no high taste it's exist. We can't just you. No, can't. I know. I'm kidding around. Yeah. You gave me shit about that. No high taste it's. There's low taste it's. Whatever. Fuck it. This is my fucking show, and I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. So deal with it. High taste it's. Low taste it. Whatever. <laughs> Jake, you can say whatever. It's a high taste. I, I like how the, I was going to get yeah. blamed for that. With the, <laughs> with the potential of being a Tupperware further on down the line, I think. I think this series has the potential to be a Tupperware series. And it's a pilot, and pilots can be shit, right? Yeah, right, pilots yeah. can be shit. Yeah. And so I think this series can only get stronger from what it, what it already started out as. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I like it. What do you think, Brian? All right, here we go. You know, uh, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more mm-hmm. about what you said, something that you pointed out. I love the way Gotham looks. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I love the way Gotham looks. Gotham has its own feel to it, okay? I love it. I love it when they give you those big uh, panoramic views of Gotham. Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. That that works for me. Gotham needs to be a character in this, and I want to see it get a little bit darker. It was dark, but I want to see it get even more darker. And the way the Gotham, the, 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 a lot of the scenes were set in the daytime, and it was still fucking dark. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, I, and 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 I like that. And I liked that. I liked it too. It was really atmospheric. The, the scene where, uh, the, the scene where one of the guys that works for Fish Mooney is just getting and, the <clears throat> shit kicked out of him yeah. in this alleyway. Yeah. A dark scene set in Gotham, set in the daytime when it's raining. <laughs> it didn't have to be at night, but Gotham felt like a fucking place where, like, you don't know what you can see what's going on in the open, what's going on out in the open, but yeah. you never know what's going on in an alley. You don't want to be in those alleys. You don't want right. to be in those alleys. Yeah. yeah, because you could be that guy that works for Fish Mooney and getting your you're, you're getting your <laughs> teeth kicked in in the fucking alley, and I like that. Um, uh, I think that the story is set in present day. Um, you know, you did see a lot of like '90s looking cars and things like that, but I saw some I saw some present day looking vehicles as well. Watching, I've watched it twice now. Yeah, and they were talking about cell phones too. Yeah, exactly. Well, Gordon, when they show Gordon's uh, his uh, 
his uh, apartment, he's got a cell phone. Although it's a flip phone, he's still got a cell phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there are cell phones in this universe. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna I'm gonna freeze a character right now. I'm gonna freeze a character. And a lot of people might give me shit about this, but I'm going to freeze the character of Fish Mooney. Mm-hmm. I'm freezing her. I don't love her. I don't hate her. I just need to know more about her. I need to more, more know more about her rise to power. Because right now, uh, it, it felt like you know people fear her in Gotham, and I want to know why. I, I want to know more yeah. why they fear her. I want to know what makes her tick. I want to know how this woman came into power. Yeah, how is she the kingpin of crime? Exactly. And I'm not saying like, okay, yeah, her acting in certain points, it was fucking stale and shitty. Yeah. But it's the character. You know, think about it this way. She's a woman. And so a woman in this universe, especially dealing with all these like dominant men that are like gunning for her position, she had to scrape and claw to get herself to where she is. Okay, in uh, in in Gotham uh, right now, we don't have these prominent females like Batgirl, like Poison Ivy, like a like an adult Catwoman. Mm-hmm, so right. She, right now, she's like the most prominent person in this universe. But I just want to know how she got there. I, that's what I want to know. I want to know a little bit more about her backstory, and I don't think it's going to spoil anything for a character we know nothing about. No, hopefully, hopefully, some fleshing out of the character will make it more enjoyable. Right. So I'm with you there. Yeah. I just want to know more about her before I fucking say, oh, I toss fucking Jada Pinkett Smith, this fucking uh, Fish Mooney. Fuck Fish Mooney. <laughs> uh, kill her off, whatever. That's make- where I was at, exactly. I got to tell you. Exactly. Um, I do not like – and this has nothing to uh, – I know we have listeners from Australia, but I don't like the fact that Alfred has an Australian accent. Yeah. It's it's a little off putting. It's a little different. I love the Australian accent. I think it's awesome. But I'm just used to a British. I'm used to a British uh, Alfred. That's all. It was just. It was a little weird. It was a little different. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. It, it, there's nothing against uh, the Australian accent. I think it's awesome. But he's playing Alfred, and I thought it was a little different, and I didn't buy it. <laughs> You're gonna get mauled by a kangaroo for saying this or something. <laughs> you know, and no, it's not. It's not that I have anything against the Australian accent. I think it's awesome. I think Australia's awesome. I've always said that I've always wanted to go to Australia. It's just when it comes to this character, I just don't think an Australian accent works. Maybe that's some. That's my. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe yeah. I need to get over that. It'd be like if they made a new Mister Belvedere or Mister Belvedere talking right. Australian yeah. accent. Yeah, but on the flip side, the actor that plays him did a pretty damn good job yeah i enjoyed the way that he interacted with bruce i loved it i thought he i could tell that his character did care about bruce his uh his character does have bruce's uh well-being number one that's Mm -hmm. number one bruce's well-being he's trying to protect him you know you know bruce had his parents he had his mother he had his father there protecting him and uh he doesn't have them anymore so i feel like this character does have his well-being and i think the actor did a great job portraying that the only problem i had was the accent I got to get over that. I will get over that. Whatever. That's not a huge issue. Yeah, maybe after a dozen episodes, it's just not something that you're going to bother you anymore. Exactly. It's it's not going to be something I'm. Oh, I tossed this fucking show because Alfred Alfred's going to throw a shrimp on the Barbie here. You know, (laughs) fuck that. Whatever. I'll get used to it. That's just a a minor (laughs) nitpick when watching this show. Whatever. Yeah. Minor nitpick. Um. Cat girl. Whatever, the, whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck you want to call her, she's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. just showing up randomly, everywhere, ra- randomly, 
it was kind of weird. It was weird. It yeah. was a little weird. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit about her character and what she does. You know, we saw her pickpocket the guy at the beginning of the show. Yeah. That was fine. Whatever. Uh, her witnessing the death of the Waynes and stuff like that. That was different. I don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. I gotta freeze that. I That's bet she'll a- be there when Robin parent, Robin's parents die too at right, the circus. Right. She'll be at that circus. I mm-hmm. call it a little mistake, uh, when she was robbing the people on the street. Yeah. She, uh, knocked over the lady with the groceries and stole the jug of milk. Mm-hmm. If you look at the jug of milk when she pours it into the bowl for the cats, it's nearly empty. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea why I caught that. <laughs> On a side note, um, tomorrow's episode is called Selena Kyle. Did you see that? Oh, okay. So I wonder if yeah. it's going to be a lot more centric on her. Yeah, see, that's what I think they're going to go from now on. It's yeah. like more uh, character-centric episodes. They wanted to give us kind of like the uh, uh, you know, the taste of Italy here, as Olive Garden yeah. would call mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Give us a sampler, the, the appetizer sampler, and give us everything in this first episode to keep us watching. And now it's going to be more like uh, centrally uh, focused on certain characters. And I think that's the route to go right now um i also wanted to touch a little bit about david mizzou the uh actor that plays young bruce wayne oh yeah he was fantastic fantastic i uh prop major props to this kid he was awesome um uh he's really good i i liked it when uh he put the smack down on alfred uh <laughs> when uh he was like uh there was that part where uh, uh he was having that interaction with uh gordon and gordon was talking about how like they didn't catch the right guy uh, he doesn't want him to tell everybody that they didn't catch the right guy, but uh, he's going to do everything he can to catch the actual killer of his parents. And then Alfred started talking some shit and saying something like, oh, don't you think I've told him this or this <laughs> or that or whatever? And then fucking, uh, you know, young Bruce Wayne was like, uh, you know, hey, Jeeves, uh, shut the fuck up and, <laughs> and, and let the man speak. I want to hear what him say. And so it's like, you know, David Mizzou had some balls in that fucking scene. I really like that. Every time, every fucking time that Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon are in a scene together, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. It's fucking too. amazing. When they had their first interaction yes. with the scene of the crime, yes. it was like the best scene of the episode. It was right. so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I applaud that young actor. He's amazing. I hope he grows up. I hope he's six foot something or other <laughs> later on, and I hope he can actually play Batman in a future movie because this kid is fucking talented. You know what? He's been in something else before touch, this. Touch. Touch. Gotcha. He was in the Touch the show. Touch kid. Yeah, from uh, Kiefer Sutherland's Sutherland, uh, yeah. project with Fox after uh, 24. Yeah. But we've seen the Waynes die uh, on screen, is it eight times now? But they did a good job right. in this. Yeah, yeah no, I, that's what I'm saying. They took it doesn't matter how spin. many how many times you see him die. It was still emotional this right. time for me. And watching David Mizzou react to that in that alleyway. That's what I'm saying. In so fact, good. more yeah. so because of that reaction. And, you know, you never – okay, let's compare it to in Nolan's trilogy where they did a little flashback where he put his coat around little Bruce. Yeah. This destroyed that. David's scream was so creepy. Yeah, it was. Like yeah. how it kind of broke his voice while yeah, he was, was screaming. Oh, man, how heartbreaking. It, it, I'm not saying it was as bad as this, but it kind of reminded, reminded me of Vader in episode three. Oh, no. No. It was way better than that. No, it was so good. Yeah, it was it, better than that. Yeah, just, it was so good. Just reminiscent. No, it's like a, it's something that you've seen so many times in so many different iterations of the character. Yeah. And the way that he did it was so good. I yeah. thought it was excellent. I really, 
Uh, it's not like I love watching Bruce Wayne's parents die. <laughs> no, but it worked. It still tensed me up. It still yeah. welled me up. I was still emotional for it. I was very emotional too. It was really good. Yeah. Very good. I didn't care for the character of Ivy. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. And it was, it's kind of a throwaway, right? Kind of yeah. a throwaway. Kind of a throwaway. Changed their name. That was weird, yeah. right? Uh, overall, I'm going to give this show a taste it as well. It's a pilot. It's really too early to judge. I can't give it a Tupperware because it might go to shit for all I know. Mm-hmm. But, I'm going to give this episode a taste it for a pilot. It did what it needed to do. It was a really good show. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it twice. I enjoyed it more the first time, and I think I enjoyed it more the first. If I after the first watching, I would probably give it a Tupperware. Mm-hmm. But that's just me just being like, oh my god, okay. <laughs> it was super fun like it that. Was it was hard. Fun. It was one of those shows like because commercial people breaks. Li- yeah. People are live tweeting it. People are going right. crazy because Gotham's on, and uh, you know. Uh, but I watched it a second time, and it does have its faults. Yeah. It does have its faults. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to rave. I am going to rave about the actor that plays the Penguin. Oh, yeah. He was the best. Phenomenal. You know, sometimes you can watch a TV show and you can look at an actor and you can be like, ah, this guy's a TV actor. You know what I mean? Or this mm-hmm. or this actress, she's mm-hmm. a TV actor. I can look at like the actress Kaylee Cueco, uh, Cueco uh, from uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. She's a TV actress. I don't want to see her in a fucking movie. No. You can watch an actor like this guy, the Penguin, and you could see him being in a Hollywood blockbuster Playing a villain and oh. pulling it off. This guy is so fucking good. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. He could be like the next great James Bond villain. Oh, yeah. Was, was what I was fucking thinking. A. Oh, man. He goes from unassuming to fucking murder in like 2.5 seconds. Yeah. They hand him the bat to beat on that dude. And that, yeah, in that same scene Brian was talking about earlier where they're beating the guy in the alley. Yeah. He's taking so much delight out of getting his licks in. Yeah. It's and so creepy. What about the scene yeah. where after fucking Gordon pretends to shoot? him and he washes up on shore that guy is eating the sandwich and he fucking comes up to that guy slits his throat and just oh. starts eating, eating the, the sandwich, sandwich. Yeah. yeah thinks nothing of it right oh my god how powerful was that yeah, big how well, fucking creepy was that what a creepster it was wow so yeah. wow fucking amazing that's something that you could see that's something that you could see in like a a, a really good like like a like a seven movie mm-hmm. he could be like you know what i mean if they made yeah. seven part two this guy could be like fucking like kevin spacey 2.0 this guy is right. really fucking good the, the casting with this guy was amazing yeah when they have the episode called oswald Cobblepot, i'm gonna get real excited yeah, absolutely <laughs> this seems like uh i mean he's so intense there at the end it almost seems to me like they're doing such a good job with the character development, making you think that he's kind of weak and weaselly throughout three quarters of the movie. And then at the very end, when he, or shit, movie, uh, at the very end there, when he does that and he cuts that guy's throat, you're like, oh, holy shit, he's a little bit worse than what we thought. And then you see yeah. the previews for the next episode where he's sitting in the back of the car and those fucking, uh, oh, just people uh, picked him up or whatever. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you know, you people say that when you walk, you walk like a penguin and right. shit like that. And then you see the knife and he's going to start cutting throats there too. <laughs> That's his fucking trigger. Yeah, yeah, it's like maybe Gordon shouldn't have let this guy off the hook. Absolutely. Right? Maybe the better move was. Yeah, but guy. Gordon did not compromise himself. Yes, I right. know. And that's what I like about the way that the portraying, portraying Gordon in yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, That's what I like. Gordon is still the same James Gordon that we know from the comic, in my opinion, except mm-hmm. he doesn't have that fucking badass uh, Magnum P.I. mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that's And I want to see him grow that by He'll the end. He'll get that later. Bro. Saw, he's, got yeah, it. he's got yeah. to. He's got I to. I saw a cartoon where they said at the very end of the series, that'll be his thing. Somebody gives him a gift, and it's the glasses and a stash, and he puts it on and flies away. <laughs> Jeez. 
That's uh, awesome. All right, guys, the show, it did really well in the ratings. Monday night's debut of the new DC Entertainment series Gotham performed very well for Fox. Mm-hmm. The pilot episode pulled in a 3.2 rating while going up against the season premiere of a ratings monster in the Big Bang Theory, which had two episodes, so it could compete with Gotham. Mm-hmm. Two new episodes. Uh, uh, Big Bang Theory got a 5.3, uh, and Big Bang actually moved from Thursdays to that uh, that very coveted uh, Monday How I Met Your Mother 7 o'clock slot. Uh, Gotham had nearly 8 million viewers. Uh, I'm sure that's, uh, I'm sure that the Gotham, uh, ratings are gonna drop a little bit. Yeah. Uh, with some people probably not liking the show. But, you know, if it's lucky, it will get some buzz. And they did a great job. They re-aired it again on Friday. I saw that. Uh, for those that did not, uh, get to see the original thing. Uh, my dad watched it. Yeah. My dad really liked it. So I talked to my mom and I said, I, I called my mom and I said, Mom, I want you to watch Gotham. I want you to watch Gotham. Uh, my mom doesn't watch any of this like superhero stuff. I said, "Mom, it's really grounded. It's uh, it's not like your typical Batman thing. He's not Batman. It deals with Jim Gordon. Uh, there's going to be crime. There's going to be you know detective skills and things like that." My mom likes the CSI stuff, so I told my mom to DVR it. My mom said she did DVR it. I have not talked to my mom since. So if my mom likes the show, I'm going to be blown away. I'll let everybody know if my mom liked this show, and <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that she does. Can you get her to rate it like we do? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll find out if she likes it or okay, not. Okay. Um, we'll so, translate it. Exactly. It would have also went up against Monday Night Football, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so you know what? If if it stays stable uh, after they re-aired it on Friday, if it stays stable, I'm going to be impressed. But it's not likely going to stay stable. It's gonna, it's likely going to fall a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we saw the same thing happen last year with uh, Agents of Shield. Absolutely, monster absolutely. ratings for yeah. the pilot, and then just like. I also did want to point out though on Rotten Tomatoes, it received a 90 percent by the critics. Remember when I talked about the critics raving about this? Yeah. It got a 90 percent by the critics and 81 percent by the audience. That's good. So that's very good. Yeah, so, usually those two are like whoop, yeah. one end and the other. Yeah, exactly. So fantastic way to go, Gotham. I'm definitely going to be watching this season. Uh, I, I think I'll probably watch the entire season. I think this is a show that I'm going to watch. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. I'm going to watch it again tomorrow. I'll watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't wait. Uh, our listeners were split. I think most of them gave it a taste. It uh, some gave it a Tupperware. Um, maybe a couple tossets in there. Yeah. Uh, Joe Vital he sent us a, an email. I wanted to re- read that real quick before we go to break. Uh, he said, "I thought I would type a quick email." For my quick review of Gotham on Fox, they definitely nailed the mood and despair of Gotham City. Mm. Excellent production design, too. It was good to finally see a love-action version of Harvey Bullock. Uh, one of the things that surprised me was how much of a dirty copy is in this version. He is very similar to Detective Flass in Frank Miller's Batman Year One. I honestly thought they would have him as the type of dirty cop that takes more, that takes money and that type of thing, but not one that would actively participate in murder. I understand they need to create their own version on TV, and I'm okay with it. Uh, I was glad to see the portrayal of Alfred, uh, similar to the Alfred in Batman Earth 1. He's less of a butler and more of a grizzled type. Uh, of uncle to Bruce. The actor who portrays young Bruce Wayne is spot on. Same for uh, Enigma and Cobblepot. 
I love the scene where Nygma was posing the riddle to Bullock and Gordon. I like that too. Yeah, that was a great scene. It seemed like um, Enigma wasn't used to having someone mm-hmm. that could uh, be on his level. Yeah, yeah. He goes. Uh, then Gordon solved the riddle. Enigma was notice- noticeably pissed off that someone <laughs> solved his riddle so quickly. I'm interested to see this dynamic play on in the coming episodes. For a first episode, I give it a Tupperware. Nice. Uh, Joe then goes on to say thanks and keep up the good work and keep those five hour podcasts coming, Joe Vital. I can't argue the Tupperware here. I was close to it myself. I was close to. If you if, after the first viewing, I would have given it a Tupperware, but uh, upon second viewing, I noticed some things that yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. I was giddy with it too. Like in between the commercial breaks, I was like right. jumping like a sugar kid. Guys, I got to take a piss like a mofo. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and do some Marvel news. going to be doing some marvel news marvel news marvel news you know what guys what's up we do a show we do it's yeah. called pop culture leftovers it's called, isn't this fucking crazy it we is do fucking a show crazy. and yeah. people listen to this thing yeah like <laughs> it's weird isn't it weird it, it is weird yeah come yeah. on hey, come on let's break this down let's deconstruct this bitch right <laughs> let's get real meta <laughs> yeah. do you think we'll ever get over it being weird what do you mean like weird like like that we that we do a show and that people listen to it. Do you think that we'll ever come to terms with that? I, I you know that's the thing. That's the, that's the crazy thing. It's like uh, why the fuck do people listen to this thing? Every once in a while, I think that. Like seriously, like like if people could see like where we are right now, we're just hanging out in your basement, Jake, sitting at the poker table. Exactly, sitting at the poker table, and people listen to this. People like uh, people like want to listen to this sometimes. It's cool. Yeah, they were when you announced that it was going to be late. We had some listeners freaking out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like let's set up a fund so it won't yeah, be late. Exactly. They were ready to donate. Yeah. <laughs> what can we do? We don't want it to be late. Yeah, and it's like, just like it's just like two days late <laughs> yeah you know well, i guess if that was like a fucking like a period for a female that'd be a big deal oh, but shit. like this is this is fucking pop culture leftovers you know what i mean uh, they, they can't it's get not enough a, it's not a pregnancy <laughs> you know yeah seriously I, seriously somebody should abort this show though oh <laughs> was that in bad taste <laughs> fuck you if you can't handle that if you can't handle that you can't handle pop culture leftovers here's, here's the honest thing is me and jake we're looking at each other and i kind of think we're both thinking should we say it because we're both thinking the same fucking thing but we figure if we do you're gonna pause and be like no we can't no no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna do that. that that was good stuff it was funny it was a, oh funny 
You know what, you guys? It's crazy, though. I want to thank the... You know, I'm fuck it. You know, yeah, we're going to go on, on to Marvel News, but I want to thank the Leftover Army, and I want you to be thinking about those articles you want to send us. I want this to happen. I want this to fucking explode. I want this to be your fucking podcast. I want your voices to be heard. Yeah. We heard David Isaac's voice, and the guy's got a great fucking voice. He had great fucking opinions, and I want to hear what everybody else has to say. Dante, write another article, man. Send it to me. I'm going to fucking post it. Rob, send me another rob Sousa, send me a fucking article i'm gonna post that motherfucker how about a gotham review from somebody gotham review from somebody you know even if you shit on the motherfucker tell us why and t- i want your points to be made i want them to be, i want them to be uh, valid yeah and and, and 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 we'll throw them out there on the fucking internet you know the interweb we're gonna we're just gonna we're gonna shit all over the fucking internet and we're gonna make people fucking read your articles instead of reading the same old articles from every other fucking media outlet out there from every other fucking voice that we've heard because we know what they think about things. I want to know what you think. This is the fucking people's podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> it is. That's it what is I want to turn this podcast. into. I want to turn this into the people's podcast. I agree. Is anybody else doing this? this no, sounds I don't like, think so. This sounds like something The Rock would endorse. <laughs> the people's podcast. The, yeah, it's a, yeah. I want to see those articles. We're regular right guys, are we not? We oh, are regular fuck, guys. Yeah. Or, you know, a little under. Oh, every, yeah. As, re- as regular as it gets, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> So, like, I didn't go to fucking film school. No, me neither. Who am I to critique this shit? Yeah, exactly. We're just fucking fanboys just like anybody else. But, I ain't you know, wrote no screenplays. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done fucking radio. I've never done anything like this. But you know what? I feel like I feel like we have a voice, and uh, I think our listeners are smart. I think our listeners are educated, if not more so educated than fucking we are. And I want to hear their voice, and I want to put it on our goddamn page. I agree. So, yeah, let's do it. It's yeah. the voice that sometimes has the hardest way of getting out with no access that is the most valid. The people that are often given, you know, the right to talk about this shit in public forums, uh, like companies that have, uh, ads mm-hmm. on their sites and stuff, you can't tell all the time whether or not they're completely genuine because you don't know if they're maybe saying something a certain way to try to not piss off, you know, exactly. their advertising. Yeah, they exactly. want to keep they want to keep getting more oh, yeah. uh, or stuff, I don't so. I don't I don't I don't want to talk shit about that new Alex Kurtzman fucking uh written thing or uh you know, uh, Orsi written thing because we're going to have him on the show next week. Right? Yeah. Right. You know what that deserves, Frank? That's a good point. You know what that deserves and what we haven't done in a while, What's Frank that? Hammer? Time. For all you people that think that Frank doesn't make good points, that was a good fucking point. That was a good point. That was a great fucking point. You know what? And Frank is all behind this too. Frank is behind this too. He wants to hear what you have to say. Jake wants to hear what you have to say. Definitely. I want to hear what you have to say unless it has to do with something about Terry Crews and not agreeing <laughs> that he should be Luke Cage. Otherwise, oh, you can take that fucking shit and shove it up your ass because he's the perfect fucking Luke Cage. He is. He was made for this fucking part. Moving on, Jake. Fuck you. Too old. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Uh, no, seriously, guys, we we are no, we are nothing without you, and I'm going to go out of my way to prove that. And I want you to send those articles to me, Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. Yeah, we can't live if living with, is without you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, Jake. You make a beautiful point, and you reference a beautiful song. All right, moving on to Marvel, but we're going to start it off with some Marvel 
multiple emails, okay? And I don't know the name of the person that sent this next email. He says, hey, Brian, I'm Rick James, bitch. Whoa, <laughs> it is Rick James. <laughs> In the Leftover Fantasy League. Oh. So he joined the Leftover Fantasy NBA League that we're going to be starting October 4th. We're going to have our draft. The season's going to start in late October. So thank you for joining the Leftover League. He says, but you can refer to me by my Twitter handle, at JediJoe3000. I wanted to know if you had heard about the Tim Duncan gracing the cover of a Punisher issue. I'm going to answer this question. Fuck yeah, I heard about it. Yeah. Comic book resources, I saw the cover. It's fucking awesome. They got Tim Duncan with his hat kicked backwards and shit. Beautiful fucking cover. Beautiful. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not reading uh, any of the, of the Punisher books that are coming out right now. I stopped reading that shit when Greg Rucka was off the book. Now, enlighten me. I'm. This is totally over my head. Yeah. Who? Tim Duncan is a player that uh, plays for the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. He is uh, basically he was drafted in 1997. He was the number one pick uh, in the draft in 1997. Uh, basically, the San Antonio Spurs were one of the best teams in the NBA. And then uh, that season before, uh, Tim Duncan got in uh no uh is david robinson got injured so they didn't make it into the playoffs they had a really low chance of getting a good draft pick but uh against all odds they earned the number one draft pick and the number one guy was this guy coming out of wake forest college and his name was tim duncan and he's not like a flashy player he's just got all the fundamentals seven footer but he plays power forward and he's a great player and he's been in the league since 97 i remember like uh, keith van horn was the number two two pick in that draft and he was an okay player but tim duncan was the prize san antonio got him and uh man he's been like the uh ever since he came there i think they won their first championship in 1999 san antonio they have won every championship that they've won i think they've won like five since then mm. and every championship they've won they haven't won them back to back but they've been consistently good and won championships every year after that now tim duncan is going to be on the cover of a punisher issue now what's the significance in that uh, it's interesting. I, don't, I I really don't know. I'm gonna have to look into that a little bit more. It's just it's uh, bizarre to me. It it, it, I, it is bizarre to me. But like Anderson Cooper's gonna be in a Black Widow comic coming up. Is, here, it, so. is there multiple people on different covers that month or something? Is it the no? I, I think he's gonna be involved in a in the story somehow. Oh wow! Yeah. A, is, is it gonna be a drawing of him? It's a yeah. It's a drawing of him. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah and I saw the cover and it looks really cool. I might have to pick it up because I am an NBA fan. Is he with the Punisher in the cover? Yeah, yeah, the Punisher. And him are looking at each other oh, on this cover. Squaring off. Right. Um, he says, uh, myself being a San Antonio native, I just read about it. I like your suggestion of a mini rundown of the Fantasy League at the end of an episode. I've been talking about that, and mm-hmm. I've actually been talking to another listener and so, like, once this gets started, hopefully, like, at the end of each episode, after the end music, we'll have, like, a 15 to 20 minutes where we run down, like, what happened in the NBA, who in our league is, like, leading, and, like, what... Trash talk! A ex- tra- little, 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 little bit of trash talk. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, he said, I also wanted to know what you and the leftovers think about how the Marvel Universe will look as it continues on without S.H.I.E.L.D., so he's talking about Marvel Cinematic and why no one has mentioned Crossbones having that cliffhanger scene at the end of Cap 2. I just got it, and after rewatching it, was left with those two thoughts. Best podcast out there, mic drop. Oh, blam. Thank you. 
whoever sent this. Yeah. Rick James, <laughs> bitch. No, at Jedi Joe 3000. So thank you for that email. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for uh, Tim Duncan gracing the cover of the Punisher issue. I think that's awesome. I lived in San Antonio for three months um, myself. I love San Antonio. I was there during their fiesta. Had a great time at fiesta. Um, fiesta was a lot of fun. Fiesta. Dro- drove around. It's kind of like uh, San Antonio's version of Mardi Gras. Okay, gotcha. So if you have the beads, I couldn't tell you how many women I made out with. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was amazing. We were driving around. You'd stop at a stoplight. Yeah, girls would come out of their cars. You'd come out of your car with a bead. You'd put it over their head and just make out with them, get back in the car and drive around a little bit more. Good fucking times. You could drink on the street. It was a great time. I I, I, I want to go back to Fiesta. Great fucking times. You know, I, that's what we should do. We should do a pop culture leftovers world fucking tour where we go to San Antonio Fiesta, <laughs> make out with a bunch of babes, and then you know what? We're going to go to Tokyo, hang out with Anthony, and uh, do whatever the fuck we want to there. Good fucking time. You're going to get my ass in trouble. <laughs> yeah, Frank, Frank, no. You, you're married. You can you can stay at home, sit on, <laughs> sit on the couch, and watch that Walking Dead spin off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I get, I get the live, live tweet from home when I'm looking at these pictures these bastards are sending me. No, <laughs> but if I was going to go to San Antonio with anybody, it'd be you two motherfuckers, and we'd have a great time, and we'd throw Jay in there. we got to get Jay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah, got to no get kidding. Jay out there. Yeah, we miss you, Jay. Hope you come back. But um, what are you guys thinking about, you know, like, what's going to happen? The S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, stuff? The S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. Marvel, uh, it's going to continue without S.H.I.E.L.D. in the cinematic universe. Um, what are you guys thinking about that? What direction are, gonna, uh, are they going to take it? Do you really buy that? I think in some form or another, we're going to see a reformation of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the next couple of years is what we're going to see yeah but see the thing is can you really call it shield at this point because nobody knows who's actually with shield who's in hydra um you know you've got to find people that you can trust in this um you know we know that hawkeye uh we talked about the deleted Mm -hmm. scenes the where they they not deleted scenes but like in the original screenplay for the captain america the winter soldier that hawkeye was uh if it came down to him doing what shield wanted to do and taking out captain america hawkeye was with captain america all the way yeah so you know it's like uh who is really with shield are we going to see like a different faction of shield like the real shield you know what i mean i agree it's whether or not shield will be a trustworthy entity is definitely up to question right but in one form or another we're going to see some kind of a version of shield yes a version of shield i agree with all your points though it's very valid like whether or not this is something that is right is we can even trust shield's been infiltrated man you got hydra in there so you know you got to find out who's uh, who's with hydra who's not with hydra um it's fun man it's fun conspiracy absolutely Yeah. yeah 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 No, but uh, we're going to see a lot more of that in Cap Three, I think. Uh, yeah, playing on yeah, those kind of yeah. games. That's that's the movie you want to see it go in. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these Cap movies. I think Cap kind of ties in with the Shield shit. Really good. Right? So, and I, I got to imagine the show's going to have a little bit to do with it too, right? And I, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, Jedi Joe three thousand. Um, your question about like why no one has mentioned Crossbones having that cliffhanger at the end of season at the end of the Cap Two thing. I mean, we noticed it. I, I yeah. think all the, I think all the, uh, the fanboys of the comics and stuff like that, we noticed it and we all feel that, yeah, Crossbones is going to come back in some form or another. Yeah. I, I have a feeling he will, at least a bit part in a future sequel. Yeah. 
I like Frank Grillo, man. Yeah, he's I think, good. Yeah, he's good. I think he's got an edge. I think that uh, the Crossbones character is something they is somebody they definitely should highlight in in a film. Mm, yeah, I love Crossbones. Yeah, he's he's one of the better Captain America villains. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. maybe when they if they ever do the Cap gets killed stuff, they'll let him pull the trigger yeah yeah so who was it on our fucking facebook page and i apologize to this listener i really do but they said you know how i pick posted that uh uh the punisher no we talked about it last week that the the person that was driving that truck that was cold and calculated was oh yeah kinda, was uh possibly the punisher somebody said it could have been a taskmaster oh that's cool too i yeah. love the taskmaster he's yeah. one of my favorite villains yeah now that, now do you think that 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 could be like uh you know of course everybody's gonna think it's the punisher but you think it could be the Taskmaster? It could be very well. Yeah, I'd love to see that character represented in a Captain America yeah. movie. I apologize to the listener because I give you all the credit for this call. If that's the way it goes, so. yeah, yeah. So I hope so. Yeah, me too. That's very cool. All right, I uh, got another Marvel email here from uh, Finn Dietz Creek, uh, our buddy Finn, dude. I love Finn. Yeah, Finn's great on Twitter. Yeah, he does a lot of uh, the PCL live tweets, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. does, he favorites a lot of our tweets and. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Finn. I'm glad you're listening, dude. He says, hey, Leftovers and Frank. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, does that bother you? No, not at all. Good. <laughs> what? It, no, it doesn't. Because even if it did, it wouldn't make any difference well, right. at all. It doesn't matter. It's the send-off episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't bother me at all. Right. Good. Because it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, nothing's going to change. I know. You, you know? I mean, you could piss and moan or be content. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not going to change. Okay. It's always going to be, I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We're, All right, everybody. We are drunk with power. They're <laughs> <laughs> just fucking dangling the carrot. All right. like, go on. Go ahead. And, and, and bite. And, and bite. And there's a pause, and then we hear, oh, hey, and Frank's here. Yeah, and, and Frank's like, here. Guys. Hey! Or, oh, hello. Or hello. Yeah, exactly. Hello. exactly. No in between. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, Frank, you're on the fucking show. Jeez. I know. You're cool with it. You're yeah. cool with it. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Finn Deeds Creek. He says, hey, Leftovers, I want your guys' opinion on something. I know you don't think the world is ready for a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie. And we talked about that last mm-hmm. week. He says, but what about Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099? Mm-hmm. I feel that since it's in the future and it's many new characters, I think that the audience would react well same goes for Batman Beyond. Anyways, I have a casting choice. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Tyler Tiberius Stone, depending on what universe. Thoughts? Any opinions on a Spider-Man 2099 movie? And then he's got another question. We'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about yeah. Spider-Man 2099. I was a big fan of that book. That that and the Doom book were really the only two good things to come out of the 2099 right. stuff. Yeah, the time is now. If you're going to do that kind of thing, you got to do it soon, right? Yeah, have they gone – okay, see uh, – okay, I would agree with that 100% whole fucking heartedly if they're still doing the Raimi movies at this point in time. Yeah, I can see what you're they saying They just there. rebooted it, you know? I mean if we would have gone farther into Spider-Man, past that shit, not rebooted it, maybe we are ready for Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. Do, does that make that, any that sense? That makes sense to me, yeah. It's like you can't – it's like how can you move that far forward when you barely moved anywhere in the with, other – With the right. new reboots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And they're already talking about doing Sinister Six. Yeah. But I think, you know, if they keep going, hopefully, if, okay, let's say they have a good Sinister Six movie, mm-hmm. they have a great, you know, fucking like a solo female, uh, whether it be Black Cat, mm-hmm. whether it be Spider Woman, if they have the rights to her or not, which I, I cannot find out if she's an Avenger and she belongs to fucking Marvel Studios or if she's fucking Sony property. I have no fucking idea. It's on the internet. If somebody can find that out for me, who the fuck owns Spider-Woman, I'd be, uh, I would love to find that information out because it's, it's, it's eluding me at this point. Maybe it's even like a Quicksilver where both studios can do it. Who knows? Exactly. Exactly. Maybe there's a loophole and she falls into both. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I would love to see Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, I'd like to see it too. I like Miguel. Exactly. Fuck, fuck, whatever, whatever. Fuck it, fuck it. You know what? Maybe I don't think we are far along in this whole new Spider-Man reboot. Maybe I don't think we are, you know, we're not past Spider-Man 3. We we haven't done the Sinister Six. We haven't done the Venom Carnage movie. That shit fucking aside, give me Spider-Man 2099. I would love it. Just keep it separate. Yes. Don't even bother with paying attention to the other stuff. Yes. So just keep it its own separate entity, and it could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun. I love future tech and science Mm -hmm. fiction and mixing, like, Spider-Man action and that. Yeah, would you like to see some? Uh, let's say they take uh, they take note of like what Fox is doing with some time travel and see some like uh, crossovers and shit. Would you like to see that? Why not? Fuck it. Why yeah, not? Not right away, but down the line. Not right away, but down why the line not? after a couple movies. Yeah. let's do it. Yeah, but did he say Joseph Gordon Levitt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I I think that's okay, but we all know that's not going to happen because he's kind of got his toes in the uh, Time Warner bucket. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. he's going to be doing any Marvel Studios or work on any Marvel characters yeah. anytime in the future. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the whole Sandman thing coming Sandman up. Sandman yeah. thing coming up, yeah. And so I think he's he's Time Warner all the way, you know? Yeah. Right now, at least. No, yeah. I agree there. And maybe they're going to do, uh, you know, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be another one of these actors that uh, is going to cross over into more directing. Mm-hmm. I agree with uh, that You know, too. he did the TV show that was on Pivot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was his baby. Uh, that I recent think, movie he did, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to go that route, and maybe he's got some things worked out with Time Warner, like you said, mm-hmm. maybe doing it that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, personally, you know what? Uh, you know, sometimes I think about – I try to think about things too literally. Yeah. I do. And, and I try to think about, like, uh, you know, like, uh, could this actually happen? But you know what? Fuck that. In a perfect world, yeah, we'd be getting a Spider-Man 2099 movie. Yeah, I think Sony, it's not a bad idea for them. It would give them just another outlet to put out Spider-Man movies. So. Why not, man? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, right now it feels like they're taking a fucking uh, dart and just throwing it at a fucking board anyway and mm-hmm. being like, oh, okay, we're going to have a female movie. Okay, we're going to have a Sinister Six movie. Okay, a Venom Carnage movie. Right. They don't know what direction they're going in. So why not? I think a Spider-Man 2099 would be a fresh take. I like it. I like the I like idea. What about um, Would You Rather Spider-Man 2099 or Peter Porker Spider-Ham, the movie? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. This, change, this changes everything. This changes everything. Only one can be made. Only one could be made. I would kill to see a Spider-Ham movie. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about like the 1985 slash 1986 comic book that came out from star comics called spider ham where it was peter porker and he was a pig 
I would fucking kill to see that. I don't care if it's live action or CGI or just fucking, you know, like Disney Pixar animation. I would fucking kill to see a Spider-Ham movie all day. Yeah, that would be great. You know, they, they included him recently in that Dan Slot pinned video game mm-hmm. that came yeah. out. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's still there. Everyone, he's still. He's getting a variant cover. No, he's getting a, a uh, when Spider-Verse is concluded. Oh, yeah? When Spider-Verse is concluded and they come out with, like, the Spider-Verse Omnibus or whatever. Okay. They're going to have a separate Spider-Ham story included in the Omnibus. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't it awesome? Spider-Ham's going to take part in the Spider-Verse storyline? That's hilarious. Uh, it's just a separate story. Okay, okay. It's just a separate story at the end of it. Maybe it'll be, like, a Spider-Verse Spider-Ham story. Yeah, I know Dan Slott's always been a big fan of that character. Oh, God. And tried to weasel it in any way he could. I remember going to the grocery store as a kid and... And anytime there was a Spider-Ham comic, I was, like, begging my parents to get it. I oh, yeah. loved Spider-Ham. Oh, my God. <laughs> loved Spider-Ham. Do it, like, Roger Rabbit style where he's, like, a CG character and everyone else is real life. Maybe that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy just did fucking uh, Howard the Duck. Yeah, exactly. Right? Why not? Why not? It would be so much fun. Oh, my God. Spider- Even a Spider-Ham cartoon on, like, like, like uh... What what is Disney XD? Yeah, Disney XD. Yeah, yeah, or Nickelodeon or whatever. Well, no, it have to be Disney oh, since yeah. they're owned by Marvel. That's right. That's right. But yeah, that would be so much fun. I loved Spider Ham as a kid. I've still got quite a few issues back at my house that I've got bagged and boarded. That oh man, I loved Spider. Yeah, bring them back so we can get toys. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, he even wore the uh, the symbiote, the black. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they had yeah. the Venom version. Uh, we're totally like Frank has no idea what the fuck we're talking about yeah. right now. <laughs> Getting hungry, Finn. I love your idea of Spider-Man 2099. Do I think it's going to happen anytime soon? No, but do yeah. I think it needs to happen? Absolutely, Chief. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It won't, but it should. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about Brian Singer. Let's talk about a little bit about uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Let's do it. All right. Brian Singer is officially on board to direct X-Men Apocalypse. That was like the big announcement this week. Did, right. we, did we ever think that was going to be a fucking issue? Yeah, no. big shock of Rooney Big there, fucking right? shock. I know right. he had the fucking legal bullshit and all yeah. that stuff, whatever. It got thrown out. But did we ever think in a million years that fucking Fox was not going to bring back Brian Singer to direct X-Men Apocalypse? No. If he right. wanted to do it, he was going to be allowed to do it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. This guy, oh my God, you have redeemed yourself in so many ways with that beautiful movie, Days of Future Past. Brian Singer, he's officially on board directing X-Men Apocalypse, and the movie will start filming in April of next year for a summer 2016 release. Great news. The film is going to be set in the 80s. That is awesome. Following the old timeline from the X-Men Days of Future Past. Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, James McAvoy will be returning as well as a new, as new X-Men. Uh, they'll be returning, uh, yeah, and new X-Men are going to be coming into this, uh, into these films. It'll be the biggest X-Men movie yet. And, of course, it's going to feature the villain Apocalypse. Awesome. The biggest villain in the X-Men universe. Uh, yeah, I have another prediction, too. Yes, sir. We're going to get Dazzler. You how, think so? How can we not get Dazzler if we're doing an 80s X-Men Oh, movie? yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I, Absolutely. Do you think Dazzler – do you think – okay. Think about what fucking uh, Brian Singer did for the character of Quicksilver. Yeah. Do you think they're going to do the exact same thing with Dazzler in this film that they did with uh, now, with, with Quicksilver? I would love that if she was the breakout character Absolutely. of, of yeah. X-Men Apocalypse. 
So mm-hmm. that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And then that takes them out of the whole problem of like, okay, what do we have to do with Quicksilver? They don't have to make him the funny, neat, cool part. I don't think there's any problem with what they can do with Quicksilver. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that there's going to be a problem with it. I kind of get what you're saying. Are they going to put too much Quicksilver right, in yeah. it? Right, yeah. But I don't think any I, – I, I don't think there's a, a problem. I think it's like how are they going to introduce Dazzler? I think Dazzler could be the new breakout character in this. Right. It doesn't have to be – you don't have to recreate what you did with Quicksilver in the first film. Just have another breakout character that makes us want to see this character incorporated into other films. Right. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I yeah. can't imagine how they're not going to have her as one of the new characters with the setting and everything. Yeah. 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 So You have to have Dazzler. Dazzler's one of your favorite X-Men. Yeah, I love Dazzler. What do you love about Dazzler? I don't know. She was just a character that was prominent when I started reading X-Men comics as a kid. Like Longshot and Dazzler were both like the popular characters when I was a kid. So it's just all – it's grown up with me, you know. And they're underused in today's day and age. You don't see either of them in comics very often. You don't. You really don't. And so when I – And her look has changed quite a bit. Yeah. And And they tried to make her fit with the times a little bit more. Yeah, she's kind of stuck in the 80s a bit. Yeah, but but yeah, yeah, but they have updated her a little bit too. I think this is the perfect way to show her the way she should be seen because it is based in the 80s. She's the perfect character, like you said, for this. Yeah. I'm excited. Hopefully she's kicking some ass in some roller derby or some <laughs> disco or something, you know? Right. So, yeah, that'll be great. Now, writer Simon Kinberg, he wrote uh, Days of Future Past. He's saying that uh, this movie will conclude the trilogy that, you know, X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past started. Here are some of the uh, more interesting quotes that were taken away from his interview with Yahoo Movies. He says, the thrust of Apocalypse is really to complete the trilogy we began with First Class, to complete the stories of young Raven, young Hank, younger Charles and Eric, and complete this trilogy of four people who began the film sort of dis- uh, disparate and in different worlds and who we've followed through the span of decades. So that'll be the thrust. There will be familiar characters and new characters that we haven't seen ever, but it'll be the completion of what we began in first class. He then revealed that uh, Psylocke and Cable were included in discussions when it came to Days of Future Past, but the movie was just too big to include those characters. He says, Psylocke has a cool power. I know Brian thinks she's a neat character, so there's certainly a chance she'll be in X-Men, in an X-Men movie someday. Hopefully there'll be a lot of X-Men movies and there's a lot of mutants we're yet to fully explore on screen, even if they've had cameos before. My big question to you guys now after reading that, so, so if this concludes the trilogy... You know, he made he 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 really emphasized that when we re- when I read that right. Yeah, yeah I mean, was, he, that he, was strange. Yeah, he he really emphasized that this is going to be the conclusion to the trilogy. Um, my big question to you guys is, uh, you know, will Fassbender, McAvoy, and Lawrence return for future films? Because I, I, I you know, that's really what I took a, I took from this is just when he's talking about concluding this. It, it sounded kind of like uh, maybe they don't know where contract negotiations are with you know McAvoy, Fassbender, and Lawrence. Yeah. That maybe they they have to take a completely new direction, and uh, they won't be returning. That yeah. troubles me a little. I bit. I took that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they had a good run. I mean, it'll be a solid group of three movies. Hopefully, I mean, we obviously haven't seen the new one yet, but you know, the first two were so excellent. So I hope for the best for the third one. 
And you know, what do you go after that though? I mean, do you reboot it again? Yeah, but I think they've set up the reboot really nicely because it's not going to seem so forced to see a reboot X Men in modern day. Okay, since we've since we've been all around the board in these last three movies. Gotcha. All right, you know I was, what I'm saying I was it's not going to be point. like Spider Man, where like we see the trailer and it's like here's the trailer for the same movie we saw seven eight years ago. We're dealing right? with two different points in time. I get what you're saying. Yeah, gotcha. I think the reboot's going to seem a little bit fresher. Well, I mean, like, okay, let's see. You know, you've got the original Stanley, uh, you know, Kirby version of the X-Men mm-hmm. and you had like uh, that was kind of like X-Men First Class. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then from there, you know, you went uh, more into some of the newer characters. This could be like the handing of the torch, like even the comics when it went to Claremont and we got like, uh, you know, Nightcrawler and Colossus and all those mm-hmm. new characters. Guys, there are some great characters that they can focus on in even new X-Men films. It doesn't have to be, you know, you can hand the torch. We can cast the new Storm now. Yeah, we it, can cast the new Colossus. We can we can cast the new Nightcrawler. We can we can get they can say fuck it, let's get a completely mocap Nightcrawler. Yeah, and you know what? I think a big point is comic book movies are so popular now yeah. that you don't need Wolverine to sell an X-Men movie anymore. Right. You can sell an X-Men movie without Wolverine. Not that I don't love Wolverine, but having him in an X-Men movie it makes it impossible that he's not a giant focal point in the story of the X-Men movie. Right. Yeah. And I would really like to see an X-Men movie without Wolverine where we could have the focus on other stuff going on. Before Wolverine. Before Wolverine was introduced into the comics, who was like the X-Men that everybody kind of gravitated to in these in these fucking comics? Like Beast? Is that who you're... Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yeah. Nightcrawler. Everybody loved Nightcrawler, and then Wolverine got introduced. And Wolverine wasn't even introduced to be, like, the character that he is now. His, his character totally changed, you know, went from when he was first introduced. You know, Nightcrawler, like, everybody loved Nightcrawler in the comics, and then Nightcrawler took like a uh, he, he he was put on the he was put on the back burner once uh, a fucking Wolverine was introduced. Yeah, well, they were both introduced the same issue. Nightcrawler? Yeah, they both came in that giant size X Men number one. I'm Wolverine on the- was uh, in the Hulk issue. Well, not as far as their character appearances, but they both <gasps> yeah okay okay they okay. both became X Men in the yes. same issue. Yes, but who was more popular? Wolverine. You think so? At the beginning? Nightcrawler was always more of a popular character, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, Nightcrawler was always a huge fan favorite, but I feel like... He was like the swashbuckling character that everybody fucking loved. He was the swashbuckling swashbuckling character that I I think had like a lot of charisma that everybody liked, and then uh, everybody started to gravitate more towards like the gritty Wolverine after that. That's what I felt. Yeah, all those characters that were brought on the team and that giant size x-men number one are really beloved by people oh giant I mean, size x-men is one of the best comic books ever yeah you're also talking about the first storm as an x-men yeah. you're talking about the first colossus as an x-men and i mean it's it's stiff competition between all those characters saying which yeah. is the most beloved yeah so. i guess i'm just like personal experience you yeah. know i always thought i always gravitated more towards nightcrawler yeah well i would like an x-men movie without wolverine to see people like nightcrawler get more time this yeah. all seems like it makes sense to me because now this next uh movie could put an end i mean okay so is jackman gonna come back for anything after apocalypse I feel like Jackman won't ever leave until they tell him they're done with him. I'm thinking that that would be a good time. Uh, guys, I'm thinking that Jackman's going to come back for um, 
I, I think that Jackman's going to come back for uh, a Wolverine uh, sequel movie. I also think he's going to make a cameo in the fucking uh, Deadpool movie. Yeah, I wouldn't I do. be shocked. Uh, have you ever? Have you guys ever like done a search for the uh, Deadpool script that was leaked online? No, I haven't. No. Deadpool script that was leaked online. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, it, it included uh, a bunch of different X-Men characters. And, and the original script that was leaked online did break down that fourth wall that we were talking oh, about. Oh, nice. Um, you know, a- after uh, the Wolverine Origins movie came out, Deadpool actually in the script talks about what a shitty movie it was. <laughs> and that's, I think, what they're going to do in this movie. He's going to yeah. be totally aware of these movies he's going to be totally talking about hugh jackman's performance in that fucking movie i love that he's idea. going to be talking it's totally going to open up this nothing right. i think this is going to be totally what's different i think this is going to be basically i think deadpool is going to be uh fucking fox's guardians of the galaxy yeah it's going to be. be it's it's going to do something for these movies that nothing's ever done it's going to be totally aware of the mar of the cinematic universe on the Fox side, it's going to make fun of like X Men Origins Wolverine. It's going to make fun of this shit. I, I, I even hope it fucking makes fun of the fact that Ryan Reynolds played Green Lantern. Oh yeah, that would be great. Exactly. I think it's going to break down that fourth wall. People are going to be totally surprised when they watch this movie. But I think that Hugh Jackman is going to make a. Uh, and you know what? He might not even make an appearance as Wolverine. He might make it as Hugh Jackman, I, the man. I agree. Oh, wow. I was thinking the same thing when you were talking about breaking the fourth wall. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you guys will agree with my choice on what I picked, but I've started reading a comic. What, okay, what are you reading, man? Deadpool. Uh, which, uh, the Joe Kelly shit? Are you reading the Brian Posehn, uh, Jerry Dugan stuff? Uh, you know, I didn't look at who wrote it, but it came out in 2008. <laughs> okay. 2008, that would be the um, Daniel Way stuff, I believe. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm only four issues in, but it's it's awesome. The first issue was a wrap-up with Norman Osborn being in charge and yeah. stuff. Yeah, at the very end, yeah. you see him because uh, it scrolls invade. Yeah. And then Deadpool locks himself inside the stadium with him, and they're like, we have him trapped. He's like, no, you're trapped in here with me. But it's cool because almost every panel has... Uh, him talking to himself about how insane and crazy he is. That's great. And they did a really good job through the first three issues, which are all connected. Yeah. Um, of explaining that he has regenerative abilities, but, uh, it's the cancer in his body that balances it out. Yeah. So, yeah. The Daniel Way runs pretty good on Deadpool. Yeah. It's in between two better runs, I think, though. Right. I have I agree. A, I, I have agree. a little bit of uh, context now, though, when trying to figure out, like, the whole PG-13 R. Yeah, yeah. Based on this, I mean, I think they could do the PG-13 and make it okay. Yeah. But it wouldn't be nearly as good as if they could just go ahead and make it R. I think they should just make it R. I know. No, I, I wish I they saw, the, like, the page you posted on the Facebook page. Yeah, like, yeah. that's from, like, the Deadpool kills Marvel Universe stuff. Right. Where, like, the whole point of that comic was, like, it was kind of an Elseworlds. It didn't take place in 616. Yeah. And just, like, a what if Deadpool went off the chain and right. started blasting the fuck out of everybody. Yeah. So, I... I Dan West, uh, our listener, was just, like, he like he got, a cra- he got a kick out of, like, at the end of that trailer where it's... Where Deadpool says, "Ah, fuck me," and he wants to hear some more f bombs and stuff like that. Yeah, right. I, I, I think I, I think that uh, I think that I would just I would I would be 
I don't know. I think I'd be happy if they just said it is going to be rated R. Yeah. Can you cool. can you say can you honestly say like okay if they come out with a PG thirteen Deadpool I'm going to be fine with it. Yeah, I, me too. I'm not going to be like oh, what the fuck you're not doing the right. character justice. Yeah. But if they said you know what we're going to do an R rated Deadpool. I'd yeah. be completely fine with that too. Yeah. I'd be completely fine with it too because it'd be like at least somebody's trying to do something different. Yeah. They're just over the top exactly. graphic violence exactly. superhero movies. And if it's, right. a, if it's a good movie, it's going to do well. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't have to be R for me to watch it. I'm still going to, I'm still right. going to watch it. Yeah. And, and like a lot of what happens, and like I said, I'm only four issues in, but a lot of what happens is extreme because it's necessary to the story. Like in the first three issues, he gets them to clone him because they find out that he has all this regenerative tissue. Yeah. So they want their super scroll army to not be able to die. Well, they also happen to be fucking insane too. So, and he tells them a knock, knock joke and they're all like, knock, knock. Oh, and they shoot each other in the head. (laughs) So, I don't know. We we didn't get what you were looking for out of Guardians in the sense of him going blammo, blammo, killed you, uh, I murdered you. I don't know that you'd get uh, something like that out of a PG thirteen Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. I I still think they could do the character justice with the PG thirteen. But I and I understand where they're coming from. I mean, they want to line their pockets with as much money as possible. Too. Well, I mean, okay, that's yeah. unfortunate. Uh, yeah. The thing is, too, like if they introduce Deadpool and then they want to do like uh like another future X, uh, like an X Men film where they introduce him in there, it's going to be like he's going to go from an R rated film to like a PG thirteen film. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't you're combine gonna, it with the other stuff. Yeah, you're going to you're going to tone the character down a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. All right. So, um, yeah. Do you guys think that uh, Fast Bender, McAvoy, and Lawrence are going to return for future films? Do you think they're done? I think it's highly possible they're done. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, I can definitely see that. And both these other guys, they've got big things going on. They'll probably move on. Yeah, I think uh, I think if one of them leaves, I think they're all going to leave. Um, Fastbender, of course, has been. Uh, they're talking about. They pushed the. They pushed the date out. They don't know when they're going to come out. With uh, people, they're speculating that the Assassin's Creed movie is going to come out in 2016 now because they 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 did say mm. it was going to come out in 2015, but they haven't even started filming for it. So it's probably going to be 2016 at the earliest. So, you know, with Fastbender doing that, if that movie takes off, I see that the, I don't see Fastbender coming back. I think he's going to be locked up in that and doing some other films. You know what I mean? You're excited for that Assassin's Creed? Not movie? really. Yeah, me neither. Not really. Not That's really. one series I was never able to get into. Yeah. Oh, boy. Assassin's Creed the movie. Uh, he's locked into it, though. Uh, McAvoy. Uh, I think if Fastbender leaves, then McAvoy's gone. Uh, there's no reason to bring him back. I also think that if uh, – I think I think, I think uh, unless they give Jennifer Lawrence like her own like solo film, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I want to see a solo Mystique film. No. To be yeah. quite honest with you. I think she's gone too. And I'm fine with that. Let's introduce some new X-Men. Let's get Nightcrawler. Let's get like a Storm at the Forefront. Let's get some – I think uh, somebody, somebody mentioned like uh, – what's her name? Danae Gray from uh, fucking uh, – Walking Dead being the new Storm. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. I like it. You know, ma- yeah, that maybe would be great. Make her the new Storm. Uh, I also want to see Storm with white eyes. I want to see an actress mm-hmm. that doesn't give a shit about her eyes being white all the time. Uh, yeah, that's the way Storm should be. You know, like uh, I can yeah, Holly Berry, whatever. She wants to have her eyes only eyes only turn white until she starts using her powers. I want to see a white eyed Storm the the whole time. I agree. I want to see Mohawk Storm. 
Yeah, 80s X-Men. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, Simon Kinberg, he also talked about how Days of Future Past changed the timeline for the X-Men. He says, hmm. we changed the timeline for everything that came after Days of Future Past. So X-Men 1, 2, and 3, and even the Wolverine. So Jean Grey was not killed in The Last Stand, nor was Scott. We know that. We saw mm-hmm. the movie. And a whole lot of other things rippled. So, yeah, I mean, those movies are... Gone. Yeah, blank yep. slate. Blank slate, Start clean over. slate. With that clean slate comes maybe new characters and future films. Uh, this is a cool conclusion to the I, – I don't think that they're calling this a conclusion to the trilogy just for any reason. I think they're saying it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that that means that Fassbender, Lawrence, and McAvoy will not be back. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think it's actually time for this franchise to, to do some, some new stuff afterwards too. But – I don't think I don't think for a fucking minute that uh, Wolverine. I don't think Hugh Jackman's going anywhere. Oh, I said the same thing until until they tell him. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's a stage eight clinger to Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. not going. Nowhere. I'm glad. I'm glad he loves the character, but you know, he said before that it's rough to try to stay in Wolverine shape. Eventually, he won't be able to keep up with that anymore. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, who the fuck knows yeah, how long that's going to be? If, if he turns into Old Man Logan. Yeah, yeah say, old that's man true. Logan if he turns into Old Man Logan, it doesn't really matter. And it's kind of yeah. funny because of how old he is, him being the one linchpin that remains throughout all of them. Yeah, in all the future stories, you always see Wolverine. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, side note here, there will be a rogue cut of the Days of Future Past movie that will come out next year and give us those scenes that were cut out of the final film. Uh, those rogue scenes, I think they have to bust her out of some sort of a prison or something. Yeah, I remember that they completely just knocked her out of the film. Yeah, but we are going to get a rogue cut. Um, I am going to red box, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past when it does come out, but I am not going to drop any dimes on, uh, anything until they come out with the rogue cut or the, uh, extended edition. Yeah, probably a smart move. Yeah. My opinion on that is it's a little disappointing because they're announcing it now when the theatrical cut hasn't even been announced yet. That tells me they already have it or they have it in the works. Yeah. That's kind of just a cash grab At least it moved. Uh, yes and no. They're giving you the option. They didn't even have to tell us that there's going to be an extended edition. I mean, you know, if they really wanted to double dip, they wouldn't have said that there's going to be an extended point. edition. Right. I mean, I have the choice now to eat just like red box it, watch it, you know, and, right. uh, and then wait for this. Bef- I don't have to double dip. I can wait. I can wait. Yeah. If I want to see it, I can watch it on Redbox or I can, like, you know, rent it or something. Uh, right. And, and, and the theatrical has been announced. It comes out in a week or two. The 14th, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. What I'm saying is that uh, it's not out yet. Oh, yeah. And they're saying they've got the, the road cut. And I see yeah. what you're saying. If they was just to play a game and be like, oh, yeah. it doesn't exist, they'd get people to double dip. But, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. No. I understand They're not going the George Lucas route. Right, where they're going to bleed you every time. and yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's kind of like the Disney <laughs> trick. We got the vault. Get it now while it's available. Yeah, yeah. it's a good yeah. trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, I did post this on our Facebook page. Um, there are two Tumblr X-Men Days of Future Past Blu-ray viral sites. They were originally announced as uh, viral sites for X-Men Apocalypse. That's mm. bullshit. They are uh, Tumblr sites for X-Men Days of Future Past. They're viral sites. They've been released... 
The first is called uh, Tandem Initiative. It's a page that seeks to unite mutants all over the world. You can join too. Hmm. Um, You can load a picture of yourself, tell your story as a mutant, and also check out some images of others displaying their powers. Uh, The other um, uh, viral site on Tumblr is called M hyphen underground this page exists to expose those who wish to create a rift between humans and the genetically gifted or mutants uh, there are images reports and videos highlighting the various ways in which mutants have been made out to appear as a threat to humanity and apparently john f kennedy wasn't the only mutant in that family so check out these tumblr pages for fun fox always does a great job with their viral sites spoil spoil opinion. give me another historical figure dude i'm gonna say ted kennedy Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. come on. Oh, it's got to be Ted Kennedy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's got to be Ted. Oh, my God. That guy was always in the fucking media and yeah. shit. He was doing something crazy all the time. Oh, yeah. Come no kidding. Yeah, his mutant powers getting DUI. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. Let's move on to more Marvel news. Marvel Music and Hollywood uh, Records. uh, uh, Marvel Music and Hollywood Records. Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Volume 1. After eight weeks has now been certified gold. Mm. After selling more than 500,000 copies worldwide, the album has also hit the top spot on iTunes in 60 different territories. And if that's not enough, Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, has earned over $630 million worldwide, and it currently holds the record of having the biggest August debut of all time and is also the biggest release ever for the month of August. Yeah, it's it's a gargantuan. Holy shit, breaking records like a motherfucker. Yeah, and, that's, and the music thing, that's incredible for today's day and yeah. age. And it's not like it's original fucking music yeah, either. It's, right. it's like, oh, we gotta go out and get this Redbone song that's existed for 20 plus years. Exactly. It's, you know what, this fucking, you know what, this, this, this movie, it's breathed new life into these songs that have been out there forever. And it's because the way that they fucking incorporated this music into the movie, this movie is changing the way that people think about this. I see the fact, you know what? I'll be honest with you. And and I'm not saying that days of future past bit off this at all, but when they use time in a bottle, they use time in a bottle because probably days of future past and guardians of the galaxy were filming at the same time. Yeah. But when they use time in a bottle, Fuck, dude. I could give a rat's ass about Time in a Bottle by Cat Stevens. But when I fucking see it in that scene in Days of Future Past, it is amazeballs. It is fucking awesome. That makes that song badass. Just like these songs that you see in Guardians of the Galaxy, it just adds to the badassdom of these songs, the way that they put it on screen. I'm going to, you know, I fully expect a bunch of fucking cool 80s songs to be revealed in Days of Future Past as For well. Sure. Am I bad shit crazy? Espe- or was that- especially if Dazzler's going to be oh, in this. Oh, yeah. Am I bad shit crazy or was that You're bad shit Jim- crazy. Jim Croce and not Cat Stevens? Yeah, it was Jim Croce. I'm an okay. idiot. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm an idiot. The only other time I could, you're right, you're right. The only other time I could think of music being so successfully used is like it's very uh, Quentin Tarantino esque. Like he's so great at that, like Pulp Fiction and you and all Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Res- yeah, all of his movies. He does such a great job of using songs that you wouldn't give a fuck about exactly, normally. Exactly, exactly. But then when you see him incorporated into the music, yeah, like uh, what's the song that's being played uh, when uh, in Pulp and uh, Reservoir Dogs when uh, dude is cutting off the ear? Is it of the Magic cop? Carpet Ride? Is it? Or, 
No, what, what song is it? I got the oh. feeling that something ain't right. Oh, it's a, uh, oh gosh. Now, now it's, it's a uh, Joker. What, what, what the heck is it? Oh man. Stuck clowns on to the left. Yeah, clowns Jokers to the, to the right. Here I am stuck in, in the, the middle, middle with you. With you. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was on to it. I just had to bring it up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that, it reminds me a lot of that. Like, right. That's the only other example besides like Guardians through the whole movie and in the scene in X Men of music being so well incorporated. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely it's a right. Really great. You're event. absolutely right because that Reservoir Dog soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, you Pulp, know? Pulp Fiction was the same. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Even like Jackie Brown had a great soundtrack yeah. and everything. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Jeremy Renner. He plays Hawkeye in the Avengers. Uh, Jeremy Renner. He recently sat down with MTV and was asked uh, his thoughts on a Hawkeye solo film. Oof. And if he'd like to see something like that happen, and here's what he had to say. He says, I'm happy uh, to be the ensemble. I'm not scratching or clawing to do a solo movie by any means. I think he's a utility guy that can bounce around into other people's universes a little bit, especially like Cap 3. Ooh. And then he finishes that sentence and gives a wink to the interviewer. <laughs> it, it's not like he gives just one wink. They say he gives a few winks to the interviewer. <laughs> so from that, guys, Hawkeye is going to be in Cap 3. That's great news. Yeah, Defamundo. That is great news. So are they going to replace uh, Black Widow, and are we just going to see Hawkeye in Cap 3? No Black Widow. I don't know. I can't believe you're not upset about this as much as you hate Hawkeye. Fuck you. You son of a bitch. I don't hate Hawkeye. <laughs> Guys, for the record, I don't hate Hawkeye. <laughs> I'm sorry. The- <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. There was that episode. There was that episode. No, there was that episode. Guys, for the record, I don't hate Hawkeye. I don't hate Jeremy Renner. Hawkeye is my favorite Marvel book on the shelf right now. There you go. Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is great. I think if they could adapt that into a movie, I am there opening day. Yeah. I'm there opening day. Um, the fact, you know. Sorry, I interrupted you. The, no. the question was the replacing Black Widow for Hawkeye. Yeah, fuck that question. Okay, okay. The thing is, I think that Jeremy Renner's not looking at it from the Matt Fraction point of view. No. Um, he hasn't been given the correct direction. He hasn't been given the correct direction. But the problem is, I think he's done a movie where he's also played, you know, an action figure that doesn't have superhuman powers, and it kind of bombed. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Marvel Studios is looking at that. You know, he was uh, another Born yeah. in the Born Legacy film, and uh, maybe maybe that's the problem. Um, but I think had maybe he not done the Born Legacy film. Maybe that this is something that could have happened. I, I don't know. Marvel only does two movies a year, and it seems like they're going this like uh, route of like doing like major characters like Iron Man, and then following it up with like a more obscure character that we're not used to. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, we got Captain America, and then we got Guardians of the Galaxy this year. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're gonna get your money with Captain America if Guardians of the Galaxy does well. Hey man, that's just uh, extra money for your pocket. But I mean, you know, if you, I mean, yeah, Hawkeye's a big gamble. Hawkeye's a big gamble, and uh, you know, you've already seen Renner do fucking uh, the Bourne Legacy movie, which was like the least performing movie out of the Bourne movies. Um, 
I personally, if they said, you know what, we're going to do an adaptation of the fucking Matt Fraction Hawkeye series, I'm there day one. You still want Jeremy, Jeremy Renner in that role too for the Matt Fraction stuff? You think he's good for that? Or are we recasting Hawkeye? We're recasting. There you go. We're recasting. Yeah, I don't we're blame recasting. you. We're recasting. And you know what? We're, we're recasting. We're not using Jeremy Renner, and it's nothing against Jeremy Renner. I love Jeremy Renner. Hurt Locker is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'll watch Hurt Locker all day long. If it comes on TV, I'm going to watch it. I fucking love it. I love Jeremy Renner. But if they said, you know what? We're going to get somebody to do Hawkeye. And it's not going to be Jeremy Renner. It's going to be a Matt Fraction Jeremy Renner, an adaptation of the comic book that's going to be fun. It's going to show the, it's going to show Hawkeye without the Avengers. It's going to show Hawkeye on a street level without the Avengers. It's going to have humor and it's going to be awesome. And they say, you know what? We're going to say, fuck it. We're going to use somebody that we're already using in these movies. He plays the voice of a character. He plays the voice of Rocket Raccoon and they cast Bradley fucking Cooper as Hawkeye. I am there. Yeah. That would be a lot better. For that Matt, for the Matt Fraction run, yeah, that makes sense. You can keep it separate. Matt Fraction's uh, Bradley Cooper's a funny guy. Oh, I love Bradley oh, yeah. Cooper. Yeah. And, if, and if he could play Hawkeye in in a direct adaptation of uh, of that, I, I'm there. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. He would breathe a lot of life into that character. I yeah, think. I, I yeah. don't think you're wrong in faulting Jeremy Renner for kind of Hawkeye not being as popular as he needs to be in these movies. He just it doesn't seem like he has the charisma. He's a great actor, but he yeah. just doesn't have that stand out is it his fault though is it okay i'm playing devil's advocate i'm agreeing with you 100 is it his fault though or is it the fact that like hey guys i can tell you the worst 20 minutes of that fucking uh, avengers movie is the first 20 minutes yeah but i think in some ways maybe it is his fault though let's look at um days of future past in contrast i mean quicksilver has the same amount of time to work with and look what an impact he makes but look at the direction brian singer gave quicksilver yeah Okay, what they gave Jeremy Renner in that movie was uh, the fact that, like, within the first 20 minutes of that movie, you've got Loki showing up and possessing him. He wasn't right. he wasn't really the character that we want to see. Exactly. They took his legs right out from under him. He didn't have a chance to spend any time it portraying is, the It character. is true. And that hopefully with the Cap 3 thing, we actually get to see the character of Hawkeye. We've really almost yet to be yeah. privy to that at all well even more uh e- even more sooner fucking uh avengers age of ultron yeah exactly yeah, true. hopefully he'll get yeah. a lot more time in that right and we'll get to actually have a sense of his character and if that's a character we'd even want to see in a solo movie after seeing avengers 2 yeah but okay look let's look at the fucking uh, that's bull okay no that makes total sense but it's bullshit yeah. because we have seen a black widow that we love mm-hmm. she I wasn't a big fan of her in Iron Man 2. Me neither. Huge fan of her in Avengers. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of her in uh, fucking Winter Soldier. I agree. Why have they not green- greenlit a fucking Black Widow movie? Uh, come on, Marvel. You're, you're forward thinking. You gave Guardians of the Galaxy a movie. And now we got Spider-Man talking about doing a female-centric uh, uh, movie. Why have they not greenlit a uh, Black Widow film? Seems like a no-brainer as your first female lead movie for Marvel right now would be right. Black Widow. Yeah. A complete no-brainer. I mean, Miss Marvel, I mean, I understand that, but that's coming from nowhere. You've already got this established. Established. Right, established. Yeah. Yeah. So why not go for it? Exactly. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I can't argue that. Guys, God, I can't believe we're getting along. After last week's fucking Terry Crews shit, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that we are on the same fucking page with all this stuff. I was just watching this shit like ping pong back and forth. 
Yeah. But um, I think Renner's uh, comments speak a lot. He's scared. I don't think he has the confidence in in order to say, yeah, I'd want to do that. I don't think he I, – I it's not that I don't think he has the confidence in Hawkeye the character. I don't think it, 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 that he has the confidence in himself as right, an actor. Right. That's what I'm saying because okay, okay, of the okay, horn thing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he has the confidence in, uh, you know – uh, and I hate to say this, but the people writing Hawkeye, right? Yeah, and who's the? I guess who's to blame him at this point? We, they've really shown us nothing. But he his response was nice and neutral, yeah, and smart, pretty much because I'm sure he likes the paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it keeps him in there without you know making any waves. I agree. Wow, this is crazy. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, we kind of touched on this. Like, my next question was like the fact that there isn't a solo film is that because he doesn't want to do one. It's not that he doesn't want to do one, or is it the fact that uh, he? Uh, it's because of Marvel's direction. So it's, it's Marvel's. Direction. It's Marvel's direction. Um, I, and guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out. Uh, he 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 voiced his displeasure after Avengers came out that he didn't have a larger role. Uh, after Avengers came out, uh, was it 2012? Yeah. Yeah. He, he did voice his opinion. He said he, he was upset that they, that he didn't have a larger role, but that, uh, would make one think that he does want his own movie to rectify the character. Hmm. So it's weird that he says like, oh, you know, I don't see that happening. Uh, but you'd think that like he'd want his own fucking film to rectify all that bullshit that we saw in Avengers, the first film. Um, he's so, like a beaten and defeated man. Exactly. Or something. It makes me feel like maybe he's not really happy with the character. Yeah. Uh, to begin with, like you know, once his contract is done, he's out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen to these quotes from two years ago when he sat down with Hero Complex when doing interviews for the Born Legacy. Uh, he said, "At the end of the day, ninety percent of the movie." I'm not the character I signed on to play. I'm literally in there for two minutes. And then all of a sudden, all I could really work on was the physical part of it all because that didn't change. That was just the biggest challenge to overcome in playing the guy. Also, we're pretty much introducing a new superhero character to everyone in a movie where there's a thousand superheroes. So there's not a lot of backstory or understanding we can really tell about who Clint Barton is or Hawkeye. And and is he working for S.H.I.E.L.D. or not? There's a lot of unanswered questions, even for me. And I was okay with that. At least I was still in the movie, and I was glad for that. The closest thing I could really link to was Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow, because they have a history. And that definitely plays in the movie, I think. And and obviously, you can't go into two much just because there's so much story to tell but you definitely get a sense that they're connected and that there's something really really important that ties them together and i could try to summarize it but it can go a lot of places that excites me though that there's room for other things um yeah i mean the thing is it's like uh he he, he makes a great point i'm gonna agree with renner here uh he says uh and is he working for shield or not they could have answered that yeah. in those deleted uh scenes that they didn't well they didn't even film them that from the screenplay they could have answered that shit is he really working for shield or not with those deleted scenes from uh cap 2 mm-hmm. where he was supposed to fight captain america but then basically tell captain america hey take me out <sighs> take me out and uh you know you go and do what you need to do because you're doing what you're doing is for the greater good I, yeah. I, I don't even know if i can trust shield at this point they left that out they are fucking renner over yeah in my opinion with this they're not given uh the character of hawkeye due diligence and from those quotes he obviously knows it 
Right. I think, you know. He's he's self aware of what's going on. Right. Um It's a shame. It is a shame. Um he also wasn't a fan of the bad guy Hawkeye for whatever that's worth. He wasn't a fan of uh, the whole Loki taking him over thing. Yeah. Uh, Renner also uh, talked to Axis Hollywood recently about his role in the Avengers Age of Ultron film, and this is what he had to say. Right. Um, the Avengers, what can we expect? I think uh, that one can be bigger and better and also more intimate. I think everything that worked in the first one, is exponentially going to be better in this one. I think the, the comedic relief, I think the action is going to be big, bigger. I think there's going to be more times, there is more time spent with all the Avengers together as as unit uh, on and off the clock, if you will, which is actually really fun. Um, a lot of secrets are revealed and more secrets are, are posed. Why doesn't Hawkeye have a superpower? And, well, it's, he, never, he never did, nor does Black wow. Widow. thank you. He just have a high skill set. That's why I, I wanted to play Hawkeye anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, oh, really? I relate to that. I can understand. Wow. A guy with just a high skill set, okay, I get it. But I could never do what, like, Hemsworth does, fly around with a hammer and sell that. But he, he can do it. I can't. All right. Well, you sell Hawkeye, so I give it a go. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more of Hawkeye in this one too, so it's great fun. Oh, good. Yeah. She sounds like somebody's grandma. Yeah. Why doesn't this Hawkeye hey, have a superpower? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, it's exactly. Murder. Exactly. Yeah, it's Frank's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. You know, I love his response after she asked, like, why Hawkeye doesn't have any superpowers. Like, he's all like the comic book nerd, and he yeah. says, you know, well, he never had any to start with. You fucking idiot. Yeah, listen, right? dummy. That's the whole reason I like this character. Exactly. Exactly, he's grounded. He's a he's a he's a he's a he's a human. He's just got a very 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 high skill set. Why don't you ruin the one thing that's neat about the character? <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking idiot this interviewer was! Oh, right? I know. Come on, brush up on your shit. Yeah. That's the dumbest question ever. I would love to sit down with him and just pick his brain because you know what? We might, we might, you know, me or Jake or, or Frank sitting down with this guy, we might be able to actually get some fucking like real responses out of this guy instead of him just fucking saying things that everybody already fucking knows, you dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called her a bitch. I don't know her from anybody, but I think it was a stupid question. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you have a power? <laughs> Yeah, it's like sitting down with Christian Bale and saying, why don't you have a, a superpower as Batman? Yeah, why don't you have powers like those Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, Batman, why don't you have a talking raccoon? <laughs> <laughs> why aren't there any yeah. more you know, talking trees Where, than uh, Batman? Yeah, where's your talking bat sidekick, your talking bat comic relief sidekick? Right, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. some of these people, they... It's crazy. Holy idiotic interviews, Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No shit. Like, Renner pretty much answered the questions he wanted to be asked instead I love of what the way, she was asking him. Yeah. Too. I love how he, how he like listened to her question and then just like totally brushed it yeah, off. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like come on. Let like, me, you don't know this? Let me tell you some real stuff here. Yeah. yeah right. You can tell Renner knows the character. You, you, and uh, I think that's part of his reason for being upset about this whole thing is because he knows the character. He knows how the character needs to be portrayed. And he knows that the character wasn't given justice in those films. I agree. Love I the Avengers. Love Hawkeye. Don't like how he's portrayed. Yeah, they could definitely have done better. So far, it's like 
not much. You think yeah. there's going to be a redemption? Because like that's the big thing. Like, I hope they you they, they say there's going to be a lot more Hawkeye, a lot more Hulk in this. I hope, but I don't buy it. Well, I I kind of think if they actually focus on it, they can make it happen. They have the ability. They just they haven't tapped it yet. It's so hard to pull that camera away from uh, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. Yeah, that, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, James Spader. James Spader, uh, star of the Blacklist. He's uh, playing Ultron in next year's Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, this is just a fun story. Let's hear it. Okay. So this past July was his first year at Comic-Con. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, how did he react to it? I, I want to play a clip from uh, Jimmy Fallon talking about James Spader's San Diego Comic-Con experience. And guys... This is pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not playing. Dramatic pause. You don't lie. (laughs) All right, let me find this, guys. I might have, uh, I might have fucked this one up. So let me go ahead and, let me go ahead and pause it. It, uh, Trust me, it is awesome. All right, hey, we're back. We, I found it. Uh, I don't know why it didn't play, but here it is. James Spader. Eventually, <laughs> dude. Last time you were on the show, I th- want to say it was six months ago, and gosh, you've done so much since then. Yeah. You've done uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, uh, and and you are actually Ultron. I'm Ultron. Yeah, you're the big villain. I mean, and then you had to go to Comic Con. Eight foot robot. <laughs> that's all right. So that's correct. And then you you went to Comic Con and to promote it. We cause... finished the season of Blacklist, and two days later, I got on a plane, flew to London to shoot the Avengers. And then wrapped that, came back here to New York and flew immediately to Comic-Con and then flew back from Comic-Con to uh, start shooting the second season of Blacklist. Wow. And it was crazy. That was I mean, but Comic-Con is the most insane. Have any of you ever been to Comic-Con? Yeah, I've been. Oh, my gosh. You brave, brave souls. (laughs) It's exciting. Isn't it fun? It is crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, life really can't get strange enough for me, but I I mean, it is the craziest (laughs) place I have ever been. Yeah, because they're just ultimate fans just going out to just be fans. Well, yeah, and you're, you know, and in such a concentrated group, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're in a room with thousands of people, and I've spent my life going out to live music, going to rock concerts, going to jazz, and, you know, I mean, just going to all kinds of, you know, live music and, and live performance. But it's so different, you know, because the moment that, like, the band hits the stage, it's like a release already. And then it's just throughout a concert, you know, it's just like sort of multiple orgasmic experience culminating in this sort of tantric climax, you know, the other one. But it's wow. a release, you know. Yeah. And Comic-Con... <laughs> I was going to say, I, I you've, seen, you've seen me live. Oh, yeah, 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 very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, but Comic-Con, it's all anticipation. I mean, they're not getting a performance in any way, shape, or form. You to see people, really. It's a tease, you know, because it's all anticipatory. It's like foreplay for hours and days. I mean, it's three days. Wow. Three days of foreplay. Of foreplay. Yeah, very but what you don't realize is that it's not like, okay, at the end of the three days, you get that, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, this is a, they're, it's a, they're anticipating an event that's not going to happen for six months or a year. Wow. <laughs> it's really torturous for them, yeah. I mean, I mean, why would imagine. they put themselves through that? Yeah, they really hype themselves up. I, mean, I can imagine they're going back to the hotel after, like, the full day of, like, you know, just, they're just in a lather. I mean, I think you can get back 
to the hotel, like, have to take a cold shower and, like... <laughs> I mean... And none of that, no. And you can feel it. It's yeah. like, you know, blood coursing. You can hear it. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. No, we, we can see where it went. Just like tonight. Yeah, is I want to talk to you. Yeah, no, it is like tonight. Uh, but I, I want to. Uh, uh, you can feel it in the air. But uh, but, the, we're, but we're going to go all the way tonight, James. Here we go. This is, uh, uh, we're going to reach that tantric climax. Yeah, yeah, this is not. This is New York City. We know how to do it right now. <laughs> that was great. That's great, man. You know, basically, that's so funny. Great points. It's yeah. great points because, like, uh, seriously, like uh, San Diego Comic Con. When, when you come to think about it, it really is like the ultimate blue balls experience. Yeah, it's just a bunch of teases right <laughs> exactly yeah tease after tease after exactly tease. but you know what we we fall into that group like uh you know when they show like the batman v superman teaser trailer like we go fucking nuts you know we he- just hear d- we haven't even seen the fucking uh age of ultron fucking trailer and yet we fucking go nuts about this shit right it's like a yeah. fucking strip club yeah <laughs> no, it is. What's the analogy? I don't know. They arouse you to get money out of you. Oh, no, okay. See, the thing is, Frank. Like, if any, if Jake would have said that, there would have been like an instant laugh. When you say it, it's awkward. <laughs> Why? I don't, well, yeah, it was awkward. I don't know what happened. I don't understand. There. It's, it's because it's Frank. It's like you never know where Frank is going to go. I didn't sense. know. I was waiting to hear where he was going to go. With like, it. like what dirty road are you going to take this? It down? wasn't that bad. They don't take your money. You don't. You don't put dollar bills in. Robert Downey Jr.'s pants at San Diego Comic Con. I don't get the analogy, kinda. No, they, I, they get, I get it. They I, tease you exactly. to get okay. more money. Out. I exactly, you, I it's yeah. exactly. No matter, you know, I don't know which clubs you're going to, but like, no matter how much like uh, ones you stuff down her uh, g-string, she's not going to jack you off. There's, right? Yeah. There's no release. I totally exactly. get that, Frank. I yeah. totally get it. It's, it's the long con. I it, gotcha. in, in short, they're just making it hard. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah. I thought I just thought that was a great way for uh, Spader to view San Diego Comic Con. I think he like summed it up there perfectly. Yeah, that was great. That's awesome, San Diego Comic Con, the ultimate blue balls experience. Yeah, <laughs> so loving it. That's awesome. That was awesome. Um, let's see here. Why does you know what? This show is so goddamn unprofessional. What do we do? What do we do? No, it's like my notes, like it skips, it like moves back on the stuff I've already talked about. And so I gotta find like, uh, I gotta find my bearings here, like where I'm at. Gotcha, get a little seasick of the notes, huh? Exactly. Um, let's see here. Star Wars news. Uh, we're gonna move on to some Star Wars news here. Let's see if that fucking uh, thing will drop. Am I having problems with this? What's going on with this? Yeah, I don't know. There we go. <laughs> What the Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. I am not true. That's impossible. With all the arousal talk, I'm glad. I'm <laughs> oh, glad stop. That I'm, I'm going to stop you right now. <laughs> I'm just glad it didn't finish early. It didn't didn't happen early. It was late. (laughs) Frank's funny. Okay. Anyway, Um, yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nah, 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 nah. Hey, hey, hey. goodbye. (laughs) Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. Okay. um, Yeah. 
Frank, don't quit your day job. I think I just got voted off the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tribe has spoken. Um, let's see here. Star Wars Episode Seven actor I, uh, Oscar Isaac. He's one of the new actors that's been cast in Star Wars. Uh, sat down with Entertainment Weekly and he talked a little Star Wars and how his character, whoever that may be, we have no idea who he's playing in Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, shares some screen time with both Han and Leia. Mm. And he had this to say. Yes, I have. Uh, they're such funny people. Carrie is hilarious and doing such cool work. Harrison is back. He went on hiatus for a little while, <laughs> but he's 150% back. It's pretty amazing to see him bounce back. He looks incredible. Everyone's having a really good time. JJ sets that tone. Uh, the actor, he then uh, talked about how much uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of heart to the shoot and no cynicism. He also mentioned scenes with, quote, hundreds of stormtroopers and hundreds of extras and all the ships, hmm. noting that Abrams is doing, as previously reported, as much on-camera practical effects works as possible. He says, you can actually see it. It's all real. Everyone can interact with the world. All right, um... So what he said, what are the positives that you took out of that? What are any negatives? I mean, uh, really from that, what are the positives? I mean, well, negatives. It, so he's with Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher in the same shot together? Yes, it sounds like they, they asked him, uh, you know, uh, it, it sounds like that he shared some screen time with them. They were together uh, for filming and he says, yes, I have. They're such funny people. Hmm. Yeah, I, a lot of stuff you said there was great. I really liked the quote you said about there not being any cynicism on the set and everyone's just having such a great time with it and it not feeling forced and everything. It sounds like a really great atmosphere to make a movie. That's great because, I mean, we're talking about Harrison Ford here banging back on Star Wars. Like, yeah. this is a character, this is a, this is an actor that, like, when they filmed the whole, like, uh, Harrison Ford Han Solo being frozen in the carbonite, mm -hmm. he didn't know if he was going to come back. For Return of the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Or if he's just going to be frozen in carbonite, that's going to be the end of his story because he wasn't really fond of the character of Han Solo to begin with. Mm -hmm. So this is great news. That is great news. Yeah, you're right about that. He wanted Lucas to kill him off in Return of the Jedi. Yes, he did. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I can't... I like the hundreds of stormtroopers quote too. Yeah, what's we'll going on with that? Absolutely. What I liked about this. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I didn't really have a whole lot to add. I, I agree with all the points that Jake made. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome that he's into it. What I like about this is like you've got an actress like Carrie Fisher, mm -hmm. and um, you know I, I was worried about them taking this into like uh, Carrie Fisher's character being like a more serious Carrie Fisher, a more gritty character in these films oh she's older she has to be more mature and gritty and <laughs> grounded and all that shit like you know natalie portman in my opinion i, I think she's a great actress mm -hmm. i don't think she was fun in those movies yeah i can see that complaint carrie right. fisher was fun she was a lot of fun and you know i'll be honest with you like i watch her in other movies i was just watching uh when harry met sally today mm -hmm. okay fuck shoot me whatever i love those fucking billy crystal meg ryan fucking romance movies and i loved when harry met sally carrie fisher's in this movie and she's great yeah she is so funny and so candid 
And that's what I want to see more of. I don't want to see just because she's older now, her being like a more serious character and not being the same fucking uh, Leia that we fell in love with in these earlier films. I want her to be the same fucking character. I want to see her interacting with Han the same way that she did. I want to see them argue. Just like a, That'd be awesome. Just like a couple would argue. If there is like, if there's a, if, if, if Luke Skywalker has been gone for 10 years, I want to see a, a reunion scene of those two together again and hugging and them being brother and sister and and not just this being a serious thing. I, I want to see it be fun. I want to see some emotion out of her and being like, oh my God, here's my brother, my twin brother. I'm so happy to see you. And like maybe even like just smack him. Where the hell have you been? Right. I miss you. Yeah. You know, where I the hell see, have you been? I want to see some heartbreak too. Yeah. Some tragedy. Yeah. And but it, it, it's good that he said Carrie is hilarious because she is funny. Guys, right. have you seen the Blues Brothers? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, even in the original Star Wars movies, she's she's she funny. She is yeah, funny, absolutely. Is she broke out of the mold of what you'd think a princess would be. Yeah. She's treating Luke like he has no idea how to rescue a princess. It's funny. Oh, and her her, her interplay with Harrison Ford in Empire Strikes Back during the whole movie is oh, just yeah. hilarious. It's great. She's not your typical damsel yeah. in distress. Right. You know, she'll she can pick, take care of herself. She'll pick up a blaster just like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she'll join in with the boys and she'll fucking blast from some stormtroopers herself. And I, right. that's what I loved about her and that's what I want to see from this. And I like Natalie Portman, but I don't think that she comes from a, from such a, uh, she, she's, she just doesn't have like a comedy background. She's just not naturally funny like right. Carrie Fisher is. Carrie Fisher is funny. She's written books and she's funny. I know she's had problems with fucking like prescription drugs mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck in the past. But Carrie Fisher is a very talented actress. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see Princess Leia that we fucking fell in love with in these movies. Just because she's older doesn't mean she has to be more serious and boring and put us to fucking sleep. Right. I agree. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I bet she will be very lively and funny in this movie. I, I imagine her being a source of some comedy. Oh, I hope yeah. you're right, man. Agreed. Yeah. That's what I got out of uh, Oscar Isaac's quote. I don't even know who the fuck he's playing, but I'm thank I'm thankful that he did that he did drop those few lines because it makes me feel a little bit better about the movie. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you mentioned, Jake, that you took away, he said hundreds of stormtroopers and hundreds of extras and all the ships. That makes me excited too. You're happy to see that as well. Yeah, what's going on? I just want to, you know, it, hundreds of stormtroopers. Yeah, who are they working for? Whose it, side are they yes. on? Right. So, yeah, it raises all kinds of questions. And, and I love stormtroopers. I'm excited we're getting back to the stormtroopers. And it's not like we're getting just the same old stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, I did show on Facebook the uh, chrome. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. picture of the chrome stormtrooper, which they've uh, alluded that this chrome stormtrooper is uh, going to have like this uh, an invisibility cloak technology built in within the suit. And I, I find that exciting too. Yeah, that yeah. is cool. How are you going to battle Jedi? How are you going to battle Jedi that have almost, that have a sixth sense? You know, you got to, if, you, if you're working with science, you've got to find another way to fucking sneak up on these guys. And maybe, maybe invisibility cloak is the way to go. Yeah, since they can't aim very well or shoot very well in episodes four yeah, five and six yeah, they gotta yeah. they gotta turn invisible so they can get you point blank on that end <laughs> i don't know that i agree only in the sense that a jedi is not gonna need his eyes to know where a trooper's at That's he's gonna good, feel him with the force yeah but like how many jedi are gonna be in this new universe other than luke i mean uh, has he been gone for 30 years and there not are no jedi or has he just been gone like we said in previous episodes for 10 years and maybe trained a few jedi 
Right. Yeah, I agree with that. It's hard. It's hard saying. We know so little about like the big details like that. Right. About yeah. The amount of Jedi and how yeah. powerful the Jedi will be that yeah. will be featured in this movie. Yeah, because we've seen Vader. You know, like in certain scenes, he'll be like, uh, "I feel a presence that I haven't felt in a long time," and mm-hmm. like he felt the presence of uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and even Luke, like the only like one of the only Jedi's we have in like Episode Four, is getting blasted while he's got the blindfold on by yeah. the by the thing shooting the lasers. Yeah, so yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Is Luke going to be able to sense the presence of stormtroopers? Like, oh, I I, pr- I I sense the presence of something that doesn't really have a uh, good uh, as far as like uh, being a good kill shot. Yeah, <laughs> so, something that like that's not like a master uh, you know marksman. Oh, Strength in numbers too. I mean, if there's like twenty of these things invisible, yeah. I mean, ah, you know, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that's really all I have for Star Wars news. There's really not a lot of Star Wars news that came out this week. Yeah, pretty soon we'll have October third. We'll have our um, that's what I was debut of the you. movie. I'm super excited for that. Yeah, we're gonna October third. Uh, we're getting the uh, Rebels uh, premiere. It's a one hour long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, what is it called? Spark of the Rebellion. Or yeah, something? I think that's right. Yeah, so we're getting that. Uh, that's the movie. They're going to kick it off with the movie, and then they're going to go with the regular series. Will that be Saturday? Am I right about that? Um, yeah, I, I think the movie premieres on like a weird day, but like the regular TV series is going to premiere on a on a different day. It's the not third gonna... is a Friday. You're right. Okay, it'll premiere on a Friday. And okay. then I think the regular series does that premiere on a Monday. Yeah, I think you might be right about and that. And then every Monday after that, we're going to get Star Wars Rebels. Um, Disney XD has been showing like nine minute shorts of each characters. Uh, I think I saw the character short of the character Zeb. Was it cool? It was kind of cool. Yeah, I like Zeb. Um, he's interesting. He's an interesting character. I like the visuals I've seen from this series so far. Yeah. And just the classic um, feel it has to it, you know? Yeah. Whereas Clone Wars felt very set in the prequels. This, yeah. This feels very set in the original trilogy. Yeah. And I really like that. They've been uh, advertising the robot. Uh, is it Clank? Or what's the robot's name? Um. From- Rebels? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head yet it, either. It, I've got Disney Junior on like twenty four seven at my house, mm. and I, I've like overheard that commercial like twenty times. No one else on that channel, but they. It's funny that they're dropping that one down onto Disney Junior. So I wonder how intense it's going to be. You know, they're Disney's kind of funny about all that. Remember, you talked about the scenes of peril or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah. You never know. I mean, Clone Wars get, got pretty intense and pretty right. dark. Yeah. So I don't see why this can't do the same. Well, it can. I'm just surprised that they're advertising it on Disney Junior if it's going to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Because they even put a warning up before Hercules that there's some scenes that made uh, frighten younger viewers. Yeah. So. They go to hell in that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, guys, I think this is uh, episode. Wow, episode sixty. Episode sixty, guys. We've done sixty episodes. That's fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We we did good. It's probably another four or five hour episode, right? It's always hard to tell from this vantage point of yeah. us just talking and just doing us, it. Yeah. We, we never know how long it really was. Uh, yeah, until I until I like piece everything together. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I guess we did another five hour. Right. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, guys, bad news next week. Oh, yeah. No Frank. No Frank. <laughs> it's leftover tryout week. Leftover <laughs> tryout yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, you may or may not be returning, Frank. Right. right. 
internet poll. We're going to see how Jared does. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have Jacob Harmon on here. Okay. What can you tell us about Power Rangers? Yeah. Maybe you should have set the bar a little higher, Frank. Yeah. Jason David Frank is an MMA fighter. Oh, Frank. Okay. You're you're definitely what? coming back. <laughs> he asked me something about Power Rangers. Jason David Frank played the uh, Green Ranger than the White Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, you just secured your spot. Oh, okay, cool. I'm no, I'm not being sarcastic. You secured your spot. Right. Welcome back, Frank. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Jake. Yes, Jake. yes, Jake. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you promised this was the last episode. I know. What are you saying that he's back now? <laughs> we've been texting. We've, we've been texting about this all week, right? <laughs> Yeah, we should keep this meeting to ourselves. I know. We'll talk, we'll talk later. God, it feels good, though, doesn't it? Yeah. I want to sing the song again already. I know. Like, <laughs> next week, we're going to have, like, oh, it's going to be a new song. Like, uh, it's going to be, like, Celebrate Good Times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Celebrate Good Times. No Frank. No Frank. <laughs> oh, man. I can't oh. wait for next week. Oh. I can't wait for next week. You know what, Frank? Like, next week when we record... Like right now, I'm staring straight into your eyes. But yeah. next week, you know what? I'm going to be staring at a fucking blank wall. Right. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, good <laughs> times. It is good times. Sure. Let's wrap this Let's wrap this up and get some food. All right. We're going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, episode 60, In the Can. Yeah, we're almost at retirement age. Act- yeah, yeah, <laughs> guys, uh, man, episode. Can you imagine like uh, episode one hundred? No, but we'll be there. Damn. Who do you think's still going to be here? Episode one hundred. Uh, I don't know. R two garbage can. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll still be here. Vader, maybe. I'm going to yeah. make a prediction. Episode one hundred will be the last episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. Oh wow. Yeah, that 101, that'll be fucked up shit, There will be no 101. (laughs) We're going to figure out, I have to figure out like what day that ends on. I'm, I'm gonna walk away from the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk away. He's gonna hang it up just like Spidey in the alley. Exactly. He's gonna hang up his webs. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna hang it up 101. We're gonna see where the show goes after that. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see if you guys can handle this without me. I see you walking down the alley dragging the microphone behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Disappearing into the shadows. <laughs> guys, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, I, I'm God. sure there would be some people that would be like happy if I fucking left, but. Yeah, don't I, scare me like that. What the hell, man? I'm not going anywhere. Don't give me that. I got nothing to say to that we're quitting at 100. No. <laughs> no, we're not going to quit at 100. I'm going to keep this going. I'm going to keep this going. You know what I'm worried about? You know, I thought about and We're going to wrap it up here soon. But, you yeah, know, what? I, thought, I, th- I thought about this today. I thought about this today. I was sitting outside and I was thinking about this. Like, you know, like as we get older, as we get older, are we going to lose this? Are we going to lose this fucking like, yeah, you know, like this passion? You've seen this from like, you know, people bitch all the time about like actors and like Adam Sandler getting older and not being as funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are we going to, as we get older, are we going to, are, are we going to be less relevant? You know, like, are we going to start to slow down? Are we going to be like less passionate about this shit as we get older? I don't like, think so. I don't want my mind to fucking slow down. I don't, I don't want to get to that point where I'm just like fucking boring the shit out of people right. when they listen to this thing. Well, that's what this show does and we do for each other, I think, kind of is. We, Stimulate each other yeah exactly right yeah so i think we can keep it up yeah. well, we're this old and this passionate about the stuff already so we, yeah we can keep this shit up another i don't even want to put a number out there yeah 
So. Right. I, I stopped growing up when I hit 12 years old. So yeah, we've all kind of have a little bit of the Peter Pan syndrome, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to like, uh, jump the shark. And I'm not saying like, uh, we've peaked or anything like that. We're like, we're amazing or whatever. Cause we're still, uh, I don't know. We're still shit. But like, you <laughs> For know, sure. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, it's like, I don't want to get to the point where like it goes from like us being like, you know, like we're crappy right now. I just don't want us to go from like crappy to like, uh, even more crappy. I don't want us to get older and like lose a passion for this shit. No, I totally agree. I've so. never been physically active. What the hell else am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, guys. Episode 60, it's in the can. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. We'll be back next week with episode 61. I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about. I'm probably going to watch Gone Girl, the new Ben Affleck movie. The David oh, the Fincher David Fincher yeah. movie. I'll go. I Please promise. Please watch it. Please I'll watch go. it. I'd love, to, I'd love to have somebody to talk about. I'm off Thursday. Hopefully they do the usual thing where I can go see it on Thursday. Go see it on Thursday night. Gone Girl. So, yeah, definitely going to be talking about Gone Girl. I'm going to be seeing it the week after. Probably going to be talking about Robert Downey Jr. and The Judge with oh. Robert Duvall. Nice, nice. So, um, yeah, guys, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Nice knowing you, Frank. Yeah, yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. Leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing your leftovers podcasts that are original and good have already been done before so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft the crap even though we're the shit we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap good and toss it good and taste it do we love it hey let's face it can't erase it let's embrace the tupperware party subculture spill over like a vulture carryover Culture pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, and we 
kids. What's his name's already been said. I'm still pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture, leftovers.